What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar. I'm with the great Sandor and Guru. Make sure to follow Sandor on Instagram at Sandor, also on Facebook. And we've got Guru at Rugby League Guru. Follow the Guru podcast on all good podcasting apps. We've got a mammoth episode for you today. I hope you guys enjoy it. Brought to you, as always, by Bloke in a Bar Beer. Get down to your local, grab a case of the most... uh, it's the official beer of sport, surely. I mean, tell me another beer that's giving you this much sport content and a beer that actually loves sport as much as we do. Get down to your local easy drinking smooth lager or if your local independent bottle doesn't stock it, you can go in, ask politely, hey, may you please order some bloke and bar via ALM or ILG. We actually deliver nationwide for that. So any state, uh, ALM or ILG. Uh, but as usual, oh, we've also got the bloke OG shirts, bloke OG shirts on bloke.shop. So the big bloke across the front, we've got the brown, black and gray. Uh, so make sure to head there. We've also got caps, we've got stubby coolers, we've got socks, all that good stuff at www.bloke.shop. Uh, but as usual, let's get straight into it, baby! Just a bloke in a bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of A Bloke in a Bar. And uh, his debut, it, was in, well, it wasn't really his debut, but it was his debut in the new format. I mean, a resounding 10 out of 10. They're talking Rookie of the Year, Shandor. <laughs> They're talk, already talking Rookie hey, of the I'll Year. I'll take it, I'll take it. No, it was a pleasure. I enjoyed it. I was, it was good fun. Uh, it was good to chat footy again with the boys yep. and uh, set me up this week, watching all the footy. I loved it. Like I, like I told you, it's good to just watch and have a perspective and analyse things and yep. look forward to catching up with you boys each and week. It and talk get you it. like back in the, the scene to a, to a degree. Like you get back in like the, the footy community. You also had a few Hunters, yeah, loving you up in Yui. <laughs> How good, mate! You get you get you get the odd chat, but random coming up. Oh, so bloke and a bar with you. <laughs> How good! People watching. Um, they were tossing up a fair bit that they watch it because uh, for their super coach as well. Like it's a little oh, bit really? late on um, that show coming out, so okay, pumping that as well. I was kind of like, coach. oh, it's not my not my thing. Not my thing. No, it's not my thing either. And that <laughs> that actually we speak about it all the time. I'm not, they're not my biggest fan because I used to make memes about them all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, how's the the airlocker going? Yeah, good man. Another good week training in airlocker. Uh, yeah. Oh, did you train this week? See. As you can see, just moving <laughs> <laughs> nah, it was good, but I've just been super busy. We got um yeah. just trying to build and yeah. opening up new studios. So I thought you were deloading, like nah, nothing. nah, never deloading. Oh, always okay. working, <laughs> living in altitude, you know. Uh, the great Garino, Garachi Kanguru. How you going, brother? Going good, mate. Missed my uh, airlocker session for the 29th year in a row this week. So. Oh, mate. <laughs> It's a good bit of gear to be sitting next to. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate, beauty is in the eye of beholder. Trust me, ask my missus. Um, but, yeah, great weekend of footy. Absolutely great weekend of footy. Uh, make sure to – brought to you by Bloke in a Bar. Make sure to grab a case of Bloke in a Bar down to your local. Got heaps of images on the weekend. People sitting back on their couch, watching the footy, loving the beer. It's an easy drinking lager. It's not fruity. It's not hoppy. It's, uh, it's actually a really high-quality beer. Actually, the brewer, the guy that made our recipe all those years ago, he's one of the best young brewers in the country. So this is a high-quality lager. Um, it's yeah, really easy drinking. It's not fruity or hoppy. It's, gonna, it's not one of those beers where it feels like you're drinking a thick shake or something. Now, uh, stores in the spotlight. Star Liquor, Bundok Townsville. Liquor Warehouse, Mount Isa. Reef Gateway Early Beach, Celebrations Boccarina Beach, Caxton Hotel on tap. I've got a few tags of the Caco. How oh, good. How good. Legends Hawker Drive, Canberra, Asquith Bottolo, Celebrations Cameron Park, Oldfield Cellars, Gosford, Exeter Cellars, Victoria, Norris Park, IGA, IGA Bandina. 
If you uh, want to know where to buy it, go to the, the blokeinabar.com, go to the store locator, you put in your postcode, it will show you the closest stockers. Or you can go into your independent bottler and ask them to order it via ALM or IOG. This is a beer, this is a beer from your generation. This is our beer, not one from 100 years ago. We created this beer. So get down, grab a case of Bloke in a Bar. Also, the Bloke shirts, they are now available on bloke.shop, the original Bloke shirts. We've got uh, new colours, black and grey, and obviously the classic OG brown. Uh, so get onto bloke.shop, grab a bloke shirt. We've got hats as well. We've got socks, we've got everything, or join the bloke club. Now into the, the big topics of the week. This happened earlier in the week and when it first got reported, I didn't put a post about it. I didn't talk about it. Cause I was like, that's a fucking cheap. There's no way that story is true. And it's just managers, I guess, mm. uh, putting pressure on the storm, basically trying to get months to the contract that, you know, I think we all feel he deserves. Uh, but it seems like it's been confirmed that Munster has been asked to take a pay cut at the Melbourne Storm. Now, Shander, obviously you're at the Storm. Yes. I can't, now, what's interesting about this, it's the context this has happened in. You've got Harry Grant that's going for a massive upgrade. You just had Holworth that signed a five-year deal. You've got Hughes who has said he's not taking the option. He's also going for an upgrade. Now, all those players, fantastic players. But I would argue Munster is the one player that shouldn't be taking a pay cut and should be getting a pay rise. Uh, you know, I understand he had his off-field incidents, but when you talk about blokes that have been there and done it, he's the only guy, you know, Hughes obviously won the one comp there in 2020. Yep. Uh, but Munster is the guy to take a pay cut, thoughts? Nah, Munster's the man, Munster's their leader, especially with the experience that's leaving the Bromwich brothers, Fanuke and these sort of guys. Plus he's come out this year and absolutely killed it. He's been massive. He looks unbelievable. I mean, a little bit of leverage with the Storm. Storm of Storm are great and culturally and their recruitment's always on point, but they're at a bit of a crossroads now where they're going to need to make some harsh decisions. Mm. As you said, the key players need to be upgraded. you got Pap. The spine is unbelievable. Yeah. To keep them all, I get it. But to ask Munster to take a pay cut, I get they've got the leverage of the off-field stuff. He's now a dad. He's rehabbed. He's mm. come out looking fitter than ever and playing great footy. It's just a scary time. I wouldn't be yeah, I wouldn't be running that race too long. With the Dolphins pressure on Munster. There? That's what I mean. Ooh. And you would not want to lose him. No no way you want to lose Cameron Munster. So, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see uh, how much truth there is to him actually considering taking a pay cut or just putting the pressure on Melbourne to do the right thing, I think. Comes yeah. down to you want to pay for success, I guess. Yep. Mm. I can't see this Melbourne side dropping off anytime soon. So, But in saying that, fuck out of the four guys in that spine, I don't think any of them deserve a pay cut, but Munster definitely doesn't. No. Well, the thing is, is I don't think any in the spine are taking a pay cut. That's where I find this a bit... Uh, I guess tough because I'm like Munster to go down. Like they're not, you know what I mean? It's well, again, to my understanding now, maybe the pay, the pay cut they're talking about is his market value is up and they're asking him to take less, but that's not really a pay cut. A pay cut is what you're on. And then the next year mm. you go down. So what I find really interesting about this is like, surely they can find that money by asking guys like Grant Hughes and Pappenhusen to go, look, mate, look guys, like we all three of you get together and say, look, Munster can't take a pay cut. He's our main guy. We need all three of you to take a small, less than what you're going to take upgrade to give him the contract he deserves. It's it's a, it's a very strange situation. And one where I thought like, oh, I just didn't see the Storm playing this hardball with their main guy mm. after the loss of, you know, over the years, they've lost Kronk, they've lost uh, Smith, they've lost Slater, they've lost Bromwich Brothers. Uh, they're going to lose the Cheese. It's... Uh, 
It's shocking, eh? It's really, really that shocking. That salary cap stuff always does my head in. Like, I can't quite work it out. Munster's been... You, got, you know what? Like, Munster, he did his apprenticeship. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. he was on a low wage for a long time. And yep. it only finally triggered. Harry Grant had to do the same thing. Mm. Perfect timing. Good business choices from the storm. Yep. Hughes, you've seen the slow rise. But he's arguably one of... If not, one of the best halfbacks in the comp. Mm. And then... You know, perhaps, well, the time, the writing was on the wall. You're going to lose your fullback. You're going yep. to, you had the crossroads with Hines. So, I don't know. To keep that st- spine is awesome. But at the same time, with the people who have left, I just don't understand how they're not kind of making it work. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't well, know the numbers, do you, but... Do you think it's because, you know, guys like Grant Hughes, you know, are demanding so much? Uh, you know, again, and it's, it's every right they have to demand so much. But I just out of all the blokes that take a pay cut, I just think that Cam Munster, you'd probably put him at the last... You know, and you'd probably go down the order of like experience mm. of, yeah, it's just at market they're all they're are they they're pretty much million yeah, dollar players pretty much like that's pretty much. <laughs> yeah, like, you look at Munster, he's got the runs on the board. I think his worst season, he's finished in a prelim final. Yeah, yeah, like it's crazy. And I don't know if I'm Munster, are you looking around going, do I want to take a pay cut? If it looks like Craig Bellamy's coaching career could be coming to an end as well. Personally, like if I'm Munster right now, and I've done everything I've done and achieved everything I've achieved. I probably don't take a pay cut. Like, it's mm. kind of like, this is, why well, take a pay cut now when I, I've been taking pay cuts my whole career? I'm the only one that's actually, you know, well, not the only one, but he's got the most runs on the board, played for his state, mm. played for his country, um, you know, obviously won multiple premierships. Is this the time to be taking pay cuts? Mm. Like, you're not taking a pay cut for a premiership because you've already won a few of them. And, uh, yeah, it's, it maybe it's hardball from the storm. I uh, get it. I get it from Melbourne's perspective sure, as a business. Sure. It's great timing for them to try that. And mm. on camera and as a leader and with a little bit of stuff in the off-season, like, it's the one you would go for. But, yeah, I'm the same. I don't believe Cameron should have to do that. And how they make it work, I don't know. But his value speaks for itself. And the, what he's doing right now, like, on the weekend, bro, he was... was so like, good. So good. He was everything for yeah. them, just everywhere. It's old camera mm. monster energy, so... And, and I just just with the, the off-field stuff with Munster, like... In a perfect world, he wouldn't have done those incidents off-field. But he also has delivered on the field for many years. Mm. So although the Storm have taken care of him, absolutely, and they could have moved him on, you know, ages ago, at the end of the day, when it came to playing footy, he delivered for the Storm week in, week out. So although they have taken care of him, I don't think it's as big of a... You know, you're there to win footy games. Like, and, you know, he's made some errors off the field, but have they been so egregious that, you know, I know they've hurt the, the brand and all, all that kind of stuff, but think of all the things he's done to help the brand, like to win comps and that. Now, you're a betting man. Let's just say the Storm refused to move. Let's say they're not. We're not, we're not moving, Munster. We're not moving. Would you, do you think Munster will end up at another club if you had to bet right now? I think the Dolphins are a really good shout. You reckon? Yeah, if they don't move... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shit. That's just crazy. It's, it's a crazy thought. Yeah, crazy to think Munster wouldn't be. I mean, I, I already, before this all happened, I already kind of saw Munster finishing his career up in, uh, in Brisbane. A Queensland team. Yeah, uh, a Queensland team. Brisbane most likely, but a Queensland team. I think the clincher, and you, you alluded to it before, you mentioned it before, the thing that's kept Munster there has been Bellamy, I think. Mm. And I think once Bellamy says, mate, I'm done, that's when... Uh, Munster will probably make his move because he, I, I don't know, you know Munster better than me. He seems like a guy that wants to finish in Queensland. That doesn't mean he will. It just seems like in a perfect scenario, if he could play his last games of footy in Queensland, from the outside looking in, it seems like that it would be sense. the case. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does okay. make sense. 
But it's yeah, it's crazy to think that he would have to take a pay cut. Uh, I know, but then you know, so's the last couple of years. Like I never thought, I never thought Dale would be leaving, and he like mm. he'd be he'd be having to test himself. Then the Bromwich brothers, mm. like crazy know, time, big storm. Cooper Crog, like it's just it's nonstop. Like yep. how they come out of this will be the biggest testament to them oh. in the last fifteen years. And depending on what Bellamy does, like it gets crazy, but. Yeah, I I, under, I definitely agree with you. It's no, it wouldn't be out of this realm to see Munster in a some sort of Queensland team jersey in the future. Well, that's my family now. The reality of this competition is that there's five coaches you genuinely want to be coached by. Mm. If Bellamy isn't going to be there long term, one of those other guys is Wayne Bennett, mm. and I, I think Munster knows that it's probably in his best interest to have a coach like that. He's probably got a relationship with Wayne. Yeah, for, for sure, for sure, for uh, sure. Yeah, it's also giving us more indication that. You know, teams taking pay cuts for each other. It seems like it is a dying. I don't think. Yeah, I don't it's think not it really exists. there anymore. No. Not when you can go to the market, especially with a new team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, we we saw. You know, and it's uh, Hughes' manager. We saw him come out saying that he's not taking his option up. Like what, twenty four months before the option triggers. Like you, I don't think you would see that. You know, fifteen years ago in a, a team that is winning premierships. Like that's a pretty bold move. Um, and and you know, it may work out for Hughes. I know when I came through at the Broncos. There was an active discussion between our top players of we all have to take pay cuts to stay together and win comps. I know Manly, the same situation happened mm. there and there was you know, quite a big falling out with the older players you know, having this kind of you know, unwritten agreement and then the younger players coming through and kind of feeling like, well, you know, I've got to get mine, which is understandable. You've, yeah, got, to, you've got to support your family. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I guess Melbourne are just... We, st- we spoke about it a few weeks ago, but they're finally starting. I feel like Smithy... Cronk and Slater really uh, kept those old traditions at the, the storm. They were like the, the, the guards at the gate saying, mm. we're going to keep this way. We're old traditional. We take pay cuts. Now that they're gone, very hard for that to happen because you don't have as, you know, Munster is still incredible, but he's not, you know, the greatest of all time in Cameron Smith and, and Billy Slater. Interesting times. Interesting times. I actually, and it may be a bias, but I actually think the Broncos will make a play at Munster not just the Dolphins, mm. because you've got, let's say he comes off contract the end of next year, correct? Yes. Yep. That, that's also, he'll only have, the Broncos only have a year with Reynolds there. Uh, so I, I honestly think the Broncos will make a massive play. And, and I think, you know, look, looking yesterday, you know, we probably need, we still need to recruit. It hasn't all been done. But anyway, interesting times, interesting times. Yeah. If any club can get it done though, it's the Storm. Mm. If any club can get it done. What I hope, what I really do hope is that this is more just posturing from both parties and they come to a, some, some sort of compromise. Yeah, I agree. That's what I'd love to see. Uh, now, really interesting coming out. Uh, the great Kangaroo and myself, we've been speaking about this for a little bit. I think you were the one that, to bring it up, about Warriors go back to New Zealand soon. And a concern that we had was, do the Australian players stay? And we were speaking specifically about Reese Walsh, basically like he has a family. When he signed with the Warriors, he didn't have a kid. So things change when you have kids, obviously. We get our first player in Ewan Aiken coming out and getting an early release from his contract next year without even another club lined up because he doesn't want to go and live in New Zealand. Uh, now, you know, I think it's uh, what I think is really good about this is the Warriors, again, proving what a great club they are, not standing in his way. But I also like the honesty about it all. Like, I like that Ewan didn't come out and say, you know, I'm, str- you know, personal reasons and all that. He just honestly came out and said, I want to stay in Australia. What are your thoughts about their situation, Guru? Yeah, I, I think it's good that Ewan's actually come out and be honest. Like, it would shit me so much if we see them finally get back to New Zealand and we have 15 homesick players. Yeah. And then they mm. get the rug pulled from under them there. But 
this was always a worry for us and I mean, I, the amount of people that told me that it was a stupid take, that I, like, it matters where you live. Mate, trust me. I live there. And Half of these guys that are playing for the Warriors, they've never set foot in New Zealand. Mm. Like, it's... And it's not about New Zealand, the place. Yeah, it's... It's just a foreign place and you don't yeah. have the family there to, to, to enjoy it. Like, it's yeah. tough. Mate, I've, if, I, if I had to move there tomorrow, nothing against New Zealand, but I'd battle. Mm. Like, it's, it's a tough gig and... Yeah, I, I think there'll be a few more to follow. Josh Curran re-signed the other day. That's a good sign. That's for a massive them. sign. That's a huge yeah. one. That's a really Bucky's good. good. He's he so is good, good. Eh? mate. What about his uh, the yarn that uh, Freddie has him in for a Smokey in Origin? Oh, I just think Nico's got that fourteen spot. Yeah, surely, surely. But yeah, so with the Warriors, so what about you, Shandor? Do you feel that this may become a concern and they're kind of, I guess, rushing to fix it early rather than later? What, mm. what do you think? Yeah, it is concerning. I, feel, I do kind of feel for them after everything they've been through. If it's a yeah. bit of a domino effect and players just start falling off the bus. But I do also sympathise. Like, I think the big kicker is the fact that if they've been in Australia, so that's all they know, and now this like weird transition period where you have mm. to move, you haven't had the normal luxuries of like moving in an off-season, getting accustomed, getting to know everyone. Mm. So I don't know. I still I don't love it, but I do re- appreciate and respect the honesty and the authenticity about how he went about it. But, yeah, I just I feel for the Warriors, man. That's the last thing they need. And something like Curran, that's great, but mm. they need more people coming towards them and getting around them as they transition back because no doubt they've done a lot for the playing group as well. But it's a tough one, man. Yeah, it's tough. And, and it's like it's little things. Like if you're a young bloke that moves over there, like for me personally, when I moved over there, like I was dealing with like, you know, I had a missus still in Australia and she wasn't the best. And so I'm up late at night and she's carrying, you know what I mean? Like all these things as a young man, you deal with actual real life shit. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) That you deal with and, and you know, you're dealing with relationship issues and you haven't seen your family in quite a while. And it's like a lot of Kiwi boys that come over here. Mm. It, It just affects your game so much. Very, very rarely do you see a player struggling off the field, playing good footy. Um, and when I first got there, you know, the Warriors were an incredible club. Like, I cannot speak highly enough of their admin. They were so, so good. But, you know, you're sitting in a unit by yourself. As I said, you know, your missus is still over there. All your mates are still over there. You don't really know the boys yet. It's, it's just a, it's a tough time. It's a tough time. And you're thinking, you know, then you start taking flights back because you want to see your family and that makes it worse. You almost should just stay in New Zealand. So it's, you know, whereas if you live in like New South Wales and Queensland, a little bit different because you're kind of like in the same country. Mm. You can just like get straight, get straight there. Um, Bro, we don't have many references. Like even I was thinking about Super Rugby, but at what point does the NRL like maybe assist in a transition without giving them advantage for the Warriors? But like after everything they've been through the last two years, how do we make this a little bit more mm. appealing yeah. and, you know, just give a little bit more support? Because at the end of the day, what other sports do we have to reference to? Like, this is an Australian sport. Mm. We have a New Zealand team. Yeah. They come over, a lot of sacrifice. So I just worry if this is going to be the biggest issue for the Warriors going forward. Well, interesting that you say that because the AFL, if my memory serves me correctly, when the uh, Greater Western Sydney team came in. Yes. I'm pretty sure they gave them extra salary cut. They did. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And so, it, and I don't want to insult the Warriors by saying they need the extra cap and they're not good because they're still on the edges of the top eight. But I think you're right. Like, could we look at ways to... Now, I know a lot of fans will be like, nah, stuff that or whatever. But when you're looking at the growth of the game, when you're looking at a, an island that has so many... That, that delivers so many good players to the NRL... Yep. Is there a way where we can just give them a little bit of a leg up to help promote the game in New Zealand, especially after the years that they've been through the last couple of years? Yeah. Uh, I would, I would not be opposed to them getting, you know, maybe extra salary cap. I wouldn't be opposed to them getting every single home game for the next year, yep. um, just to help because 
put it this way, if the Greater Western Sydney side doesn't get that extra salary cap, they probably just come in and get towed up, you know, like every single week. Didn't they win the comp in like the first three years or they got close or something like yeah. that? Yeah, they did. And like that helps so much, building fan bases, all that. So I wonder, I wonder with the Warriors whether they consider exploring those options or even like, you know, the Dolphins, for example, if you're a new club, you get three years of extra cap space or, or something along those lines just to, to give them a real fair crack at, you know, evening the playing field. Uh, but yeah, interesting times now. Uh, so hopefully the Warriors, again, I think we all agree, they should literally play every single game in New Zealand and they should play most of them at, well, I don't know if it's Mount Smart anymore, but then travel New Zealand country and start yeah. preparing for that second team. They're Just on that with the Warriors too, the other thing you've got to consider is that, you know, every guy that has signed there over the last three years, they would have had a conversation with Peter O'Sullivan, Phil Gould, yeah. the captain, Roger Tuovasashek, mm. all three are gone now. Yeah. A lot of them would have had a conversation with Todd Payton as well, yeah. gone as well. Yeah, so tough, there's man. a lot of guys in that squad right now that one, haven't been to New Zealand, and two, the guys that are making the decisions aren't the guys that they mm. signed with originally. That's a good point. It is, it's a really tough situation. Especially when they've built so much. You know, they've built so much through such a trying time. Uh, but, yeah, the great kangaroo. You've got a deep dive for us, mate. Uh, let's go. Let's go. Let's get deep in the stat. Let's get the numbers out, baby. Locked myself deep in mum's basement yesterday. <laughs> and uh, pretty crazy. Obviously, this year we've seen that there's been less points scored. Games have been closer, uh, which off the back of last year has been fantastic. So, last year in the first three rounds, mm. um, the teams that won... They averaged 28 points per game yeah, in, the, in the first three rounds last year. It was the same the year before that under the new rules. This year, teams that are winning, they're averaging 23 points. Wow. Yeah? So it's about a, a, a try less mm. in the first three weeks. Uh, teams that lost the last two years, they've averaged 10 points. This year, they're averaging 14. Okay. So the gap has closed there quite a bit. Over the last 10 years, which is as far back as I went, um, the average differential is about 16 points per game in the first three rounds. Mm. This year, it's nine. How good is that? So That's over mad. the last 10 yeah, years, that, eh? it's so cool. the average differential in the first three weeks has never been a 1-12 to 12 score. Wow. It's always been 13 plus. Mm. Mm. This year, it's down to nine. So good. To go a little bit deeper, this year, there's one undefeated team left, mm. Penny Panthers. There's one team with no wins, the West Tigers. It's the first year that there's only been one undefeated team after three weeks in eight years. Wow. Uh, no wins, the Tigers. Last year at the end of round three, there was three teams without a win. Mm. The year before that, there was four teams. So what it means that right now after round three, there's 14 teams in this competition that either have one or two wins. Yeah. Last year, there was 11. The year before that, there was 10. There's never been more than 13 in the last decade. Wow. Wow. So we're, we're basically experiencing the the most exciting footy in a while in the sense that like you're in games. It's the most competitive competition in a decade by a long way. Yeah, wow. that's awesome. That's so I mean, good. when you look at the Tigers, who are the only team without a win, on average, the team coming last with no wins at the end of round three, mm. over the last decade, their average for and against is minus 56. Mm. The Tigers is minus 36. They're actually the best team of the last decade to not have a win. Wow. So even the bottom team yeah, wow. is the best of all those teams that have been really unsuccessful in that time. And obviously, you know, it comes down to who plays who. For example, we had the Warriors and the Tigers play each other this yeah. week. If they would have played different opposition and lose, that's, that's different. But it's the way the draw goes. Mm. You could also argue that maybe rains play a factor. We've had have had a lot of wet games, mm. but mate, for the differential to go from seventeen last year on average to nine, yeah, it's halved. Yeah. That's insane. That's yeah, massive. Like when you, you know, when you're talking about numbers like that, it's 
much more dramatic than it may seem. Like when you say, oh, it's only, you know, it's only seven points or eight points or whatever. Eight points on an average is much bigger than eight points by itself. You know what I mean? Across 24 games. That's crazy. Crazy. I mean, that's so good. And what's really interesting is in the offseason, we did discuss how we felt that the lower teams had recruited really well and brought up their standard compared to the top teams where, you know, they maybe didn't make as much of a, a leap, which is fair enough there at the top. Uh, wow, that's interesting. Really interesting. And, like, and you yeah. can feel it too. Oh, mate, you can, like th- this year, the teams that have won so far, all their points together is 563. Mm. It's the first time it's been under 600 in a decade. Wow. How good's that? And it's well and truly under 600. It's 40 points under. Yeah, which is a lot. Which is a lot. Fuck, that's a good... I'm picturing you in Mama's basement, actually. <laughs> you Russell Crowe's like doing yeah. the numbers. I was a sitting beautiful there, I Maddie's going to cut this clip. I was sitting there just like, oh, yeah. With sweet. the rain <laughs> going on, <laughs> yeah. Made uh, the hangover that that uh, yeah, yeah, when he's coming it. down the fucking escalators, <laughs> the great Gurino. Um, but we've got a close competition. We've got an exciting competition. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, the, the Warriors and the Tigers. I would say that the, at the moment they've been the most disappointing sides. I still find it hard to tip against them next week, whoever they're playing. The Tigers mm. play the Titans next week. Mm. I'm going to tip the Titans, but I'm not hyper confident. Are yeah. we transitioning into the new game, Guru? The new rules, the, so. new, the new style of football, so. is that what you think? Oh, it'll be interesting to see in six weeks' time mm. once coaches have more time mm. to work it out. See, I, they I just think we've taken a step back. Like, let's say we took two steps f- away from the old game. I think we've taken one step back and we've met somewhere in the middle. Yeah, Especially those penalties in the first 40. It's helped so much. Well, that's the other thing as well. When you consider, like, compared to the last two years, you know, obviously heightened scores and everything, but the six years before that, we weren't getting sin bins like we are now. Yeah, and we've sense. seen the impact that they have on games. Yeah. Dragons, for example, they had a sin bin. All of a sudden, they're down 18-0 yeah, when it was nil all. Like, when you consider how many sin bins are happening and the influence that, that has on our game and the differential is still just nine points. Mm. That's, I mean, the Knights played the defending premiers who were the un- only undefeated team on the weekend yep. and lost by, what, 16 points or something? Like, it's crazy. Down. They uh, Imagine if the Knights lost a player in the 25th minute last year to the Penrith Panthers. It would have been a cricket score. 60, yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow, like yeah. No, you're totally right. You're totally right. Wow. Um, it's great. It's so good. And, and I think round one or two, we did discuss how uh, it felt like the, the comp was more competitive. It felt like, you know, the teams weren't just blowing other teams. Like, even you look at the, the Knights-Panthers – the last 20, obviously, the Panthers ran away with it. But, like, 60 minutes of that game, even when they were a man down, was a cracking game. And I think it proved the Knights were actually, you know, are, are the, real, the real deal of a top eight side. And if you have a look at this weekend, just this weekend alone, which is a third of our numbers here, the average differential was 13. So across yeah. the first two weeks, it's been even lower than nine. Far out. Wow. That's, uh, that's awesome. It's so Crazy. good. So I've got, I mean, it's now we'll, we'll probably see coaches, you know, uh, get even more used to the 40-metre tackle, all that kind of stuff. But right now, it looks like we've got the game in, in some of the best shape it's been in in quite a while. Because like there was a period there with the wrestle where it's just like, oh, my God, yeah. man, just shoot me now. It's just so boring. Um, great great insight, Kangaroo. Yes, great insight. Work, my man. Now, time for the teams of the week. This was so fucking hard. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon I spent an hour going, taking players in, taking players out. Like, Dearden was in at seven, and then I was like, oh, Fuck, maybe you should put Hines there. And then I was like, but then you've got like, you've got Brown and White and should have put Brown and White at six and seven. Anyway, I'll say mine first. We'll go to the Kangaroo oh, and then your creativity Shindor. here in the back line. Mate, I, like I, that. I had to move it yeah, around. Yeah, I like that. So usually, usually, and I apologize, I should have let you know. Yeah, I've oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, boys. Sorry, boys. That was, was my bad. I've gone rogue here. I've gone rogue. 
apologies. Um, but usually it's it's that position. Like they played that position, <laughs> they got it. But you have to admit these boys played so well in I, centre. I agree. They had to be put in the side. It's true. So I I can give you as I speak <laughs> right now, I give you time to make changes if you want to make changes. So apologies. But Tavoyevich at one, Manu at two. He he had to be in the side. I know he played centre, but. There's no way he couldn't be in the side. Killed it's a it. huge clash. He had the issue last year with his cheekbone, comes back, even got knocked in the cheekbone, comes out, sets up a try, scores a try. Uh, Tago, I mean, he's he's incredible. He's it. so fucking good. He's such a throbber in centre uh, against a guy, Dan Gagai, who's in arguably career best form. You know, there was one time when Gagai got around him early. He mm. ends up fighting back and then probably won the battle in the end, which is really impressive. Got Timoko, uh, Timoko. Now he was a gun, we all know that. Uh, great ball running, I think seven tackle breaks, couple of tries. Holmes, uh, wow. 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 Vintage, vintage Holmes. That guy, I'm on the Holmes center bandwagon. Yeah, well, I mean, we did say in the trials, we said that he looks like he's getting more and more used to that position and he looked unbelievable. unbelievable. So Holmes on the wing. Now, this was Super tough, uh, it's number six. Uh, I had to go with Brown, though. I thought mm. Dylan Brown, huge clash. Goes down to Melbourne, plays the way he did. Uh, he was incredible. Again, this next one was tough as well. Hines, Paolo uh, at eight. Starling at nine, which was really tough. Could have had Cook there. Tough. RCG at 10. Nanai at 11. Stone at 12. Cam Murray at 13. Whiten at 14. Cotter at 15. <laughs> Papali'i at 16, Keon at 17, and Dearden at 18. And I'm telling you, there's probably 10 other blokes who could have made the side. What do you got there, Kanguru? Kicking him out of the wingers association here. Oh, oh wow. Wow. Okay, he didn't pick any. Wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, fullback, I've gone for Ryan Pappenhausen on the wings. Uh, I went Taylor May, and I went Ikevalu from Cronulla. Had really had a lot of trouble picking a second winger there, but watching that Sharks game, I thought Ikevalu went well. Same centres as you, I went Tago and Tomoko. Six, I was tossing up Munster and Brown. I ended up just lining their stats up next to each other and I ended up going Munster. Really? But I could go either way on that one. Even though Brown got the win? Yeah, even though Brown got the W, yeah. Wow. As I said, I wouldn't There's push no back on you either anyway, way, mate. Yeah, can, I almost picked him on the wing. <laughs> Seven, I went for Nico Hines. And then in the front row, uh, I went Josh King and I went Tino. Two guys that played 13, but they play as middles. Damien Hang Cook on a sec. Nine. Hang hey, on. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Hang on a fucking sec. I just got pizzled for moving centers to the wing and you've moved a fucking lock to the front row. This is bullshit. This is bullshit. No, we I We proceed. Papalei <laughs> in the second row with Colum and Tungy. Cam Murray, I thought he was the player of the week in Jersey 13. My bench, I went Dylan Brown, Nanai, Haas, Kurtman, and then I had about 15 names on my extended. Crazy, Manu, yeah. Holmes, Cotter, Cheese, did and all were sensational. Yeah, Cheese was great too. Yeah, is on an away trip. He's taken half the squad there <laughs> yeah. in 18 to 22. <laughs> it's top 30 squad. Mate, it was so fucking tough this week. It, tough. Like I, I could change. I could literally nearly name a whole new new side. Yeah. Like it was crazy. What do you got there, Shandle? Mate, I went Paps. It was a tough choice. I thought Turbo, he yeah. dug in for them. Um, but Paps was just everywhere. It was uh, special for me. Wingers were tough this week, so I stuck true to the traditional wingers. <laughs> I actually went Milne. I liked him. I think he had an impact. Yeah, Genuine yeah. Impact no, on he, the did. Wing. he did. So I chose him and May. Um, May awesome good. to see him. What, what a game. Holmes and Tago for me. Holmes I was just so impressed with. And Tago, I'm a big fan now. I'm definitely on that train. Brown as well. That was tough for me. Uh, Hines. I went Paulo. Nine I had a tough time with, but I went Cook, Paulo and Tino in the uh, prop position. Oh, fucking <laughs> hell. These, these cunts. I don't think it counts for Paul. Oh, fuck. Bro, I just hell. wanted to make sure I got his name right. <laughs> Talakai. Second row for yeah, the Sharks. Yeah, he's really good. Talakai. Bro, he's, he's he a gun. 
absolutely took the piss. You yeah. can't play a better game. So, sorry. Apologies to you, mate, with the uh, boys' team of the week. Nanai, he was a gun. Murray, Papali'i, Stone had to get in there. Um, come on, had a huge impact. And then I've gone uh, Deard and Munster, the two little blokes to round off my You've got a little, little bench. <laughs> like it. That's a small bench. It's a utility bench. I tell you what. Watching, Shout out to Wakeham and Manu as well. Watching uh, Tago and May kill it, I'm just sitting there going, me and Guru are geniuses. May's my boy. <laughs> Tago's his boy, and we've been fucking talking him up for so yeah, long. Yeah, how good. And uh, they came out and absolutely – I mean, talk about – the confidence of this young crew at Penrith is just off its head. And they're like athletes, but they're also footy. Like, I just, to be able to replace Brian Toll with fucking talent, mate, is outrageous. If back I'm a to club. Your conversation, bro, a few weeks yeah. ago, that's, it goes back to this is now, this is a franchise. Like, Penrith are yeah. back. That, when you have that depth, that's another massive marker. Yep, absolutely. You, you think about that side last year. They had the Dallium Centre of the Year and the Dallium Winger of the Year. They lose both of them and these two step in and we do not miss a beat. It's stupid. It's insane. Not only do we not miss a beat, five fucking tries between them. And Tago got denied one in the first half. Yeah. It could and have he was been up six. against Gagai. Yeah, and Gagai burned them early. That's what I love about Tago. He, he came back. Yeah, Gutho got him good like a few that. weeks ago. Yes, early, in the trial. And he bounced back yeah. and just went, fuck it, I'll, I'll Actually, be right. I, I think, remember I messaged you, I said, oh, his reads are a bit uh, off in defence. And yep. then he came back and obviously played really well. I mean, yeah, these guys, if, I, if I'm a recruitment officer and, you know, bottom, you know, bottom eight, got a bit of coin for outside backs, I am, like, directing a lot of attention. I think Talon May is off contract. He hasn't re-signed yet. Wow. I'm directing a lot. Now, he has an error or two, but you can sort that out. The things that you can't teach, he has. If I'm a, yeah, if I'm looking for a gun winger that's going to get me a bunch of metres, going to be a great finisher, I'm looking at Talon May. And also, I'm inquiring as to how long Tago's contract is. I think he just re-signed recently. Do you, do you know Yes, that? yeah, he re-signed. Yeah. Right, that's which, great timing. Just, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. If when Toto comes back, is there a world where you play him on the right? See, I already had Talon May. I thought he should have started. Yeah. The Can problem, he play any I side? think he probably could, surely. Yeah. Like wings. Yeah. Um, but the problem is, is Stain's probably had his best game Probably the best game of his career. I know he scored four tries, but a lot of those, you know, they were good finishes. But, you know, getting through that work as a winger, I thought he had probably his best game. He's never got through that much work. Before. Never, never. And clearly he's got to, you know, rock it up his ass because yeah, Talon is so. there. Yes. So I think you've got to probably keep Staines there. But I do believe that there's enough games to, to take away loyalty and be like, look, mm. you've got four games or three games between you. Whoever plays better is going to – and you're going to get the best out of him, which is really good. Uh, but, yeah, it's just – the depth Staying these guys safety have. net is going to be forming a combination with Crichton. That's yes. his biggest attribute over the next few yep. weeks. If he can establish that, that'll keep it. Because I do like him. I think he's good. Yeah, oh, he's, yeah, 100%. But we've already seen in the past, too, that Crichton and Toto can work well together really well. Yeah, I know. So that's the – mate, uh, oh, I thought Crichton was great coming out of his own end the other day, too. So man, when they're full strength, Toto, Tago, May, Crichton. It's crazy. Edwards. It's crazy. It might be the best coming out of your own end back five yeah. ever. Crichton, it's crazy. Like, Crichton – I feel like even though he's a star, he's flying under the radar. I don't believe like No, you know, I know what you mean. You know I what agree. I mean? Yeah, like yeah, he's yeah. not he doesn't get talked about and pumped up as much as he should. Like you have to look you look back at the games where they went through the finals. I without a doubt, hand on heart believe, without Crichton in their side, they don't win the grand final. Yep. They don't win against the Eels. He took multiple he made multiple big plays from intercepts to try saving tackles that we don't even talk about. It's it's bizarre. Like I, I get it, he's in a team of stars, so it's like very hard to it's like it's like the Broncos effect early 2000s. Like you had like Sean Berrigan and you, would, you wouldn't even talk about him and he's playing for Australia uh, and he's one of the greatest utilities to ever play the game. They go out in straight sets without him last year. Yeah. 100%, 100%. Remember Crichton got that early limelight though? 
He was yeah. sort of yeah. when he yeah. came on the scene, yeah. he didn't have to compete with the other boys. But yeah. I, I, I think it's actually a great thing that he's now just a little bit low key and yeah. just doing his thing and and chipping away, working mm. hard, doing a lot of labour. Yep, and just fix like as you know, Shandor, like the first few years is it's basically about like you've got all those like best parts of your game mm. that you bring, and it's like. For example, me, I was quick. So I was always good at quick and footwork. But it's about shoring up all the parts of your game that aren't great. And that's what Crichton is going through right now. Like, he's going through solid defense. He's really good at def- like, He's a really good defender. Yeah. Uh, he's going through getting through his work. Just getting that real good foundation of a rugby league player that's going to last the next 10 years. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Crichton. And, and I think that we'll probably continue to be hyped about Tago and May. But just don't lose sight of a guy like Crichton that's doing big plays regularly. I thought Crichton too, and you remember that trial against Parramatta. He mm. got given a bath that day. Yes, in defence, and I think day. it was sensational for him. Yeah, yeah. I agree because yeah. that was that's probably one of the big question marks. I'm wondering, well, what position is he actually going to fall in? Yeah, he wants to play fullback, but he can play wing. Mm. Is he a centre? Can he defend? So yeah. to see that shape up, he clearly is taking it on board and yep. just keen to get better, which is mad. And the it's most important like thing of all about Crichton is. He's hot as fuck. <laughs> That's the most important thing. Big, hot, tall guy. Fuck that Big, guy. Big, hot, tall guy. Fuck that tall, hot guy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's like six foot seven, fucking perfect smile, beautiful fade, skin. He's got everything. I'll chop his ankles. I'll get real low. Matty, I'll get real low and dirty with the cunt. Real low and dirty. He thinks he's from the West. He hasn't been out to Mudgerborough on the Gold Coast, <laughs> Matty. It's fucking rough. So, Crying, you want to have a crack at the king? <laughs> no, don't, don't you tell me up. Don't you tell me up. <laughs> no, he, he's a fucking gun. Um, I think my team was the best team of the week, but respect your opinion, boys. Respect your opinion. Uh, is it the rebirth of the centre, like fully? Oh, we were You know what I mean? Mate, yeah, how the good battles is it? are back. Yeah, back. Holy Genuine fuck. Genuine centres. I think yeah. it's partly the game, but actual centre battles. Legit, not like, oh. you know, chucking a second rower out there that can tackle his dick off. Like, legit centres. Pointing out to the other centre and battling each other. You it's, know what we're yeah. saying? Sorry, Gary, you go. No, nah, it, it feels like, you know, back in the early 2000s where you'd have Hodjo and Tonga. I was going to say the same Every thing. week exactly. there would yeah. be something. Watching Tago and Gagai go at each other, like, I just absolutely loved it. Holmes and Stags, like, as much as Stags didn't play his best game, it was still an unreal battle there. Mm. You really are seeing those one-on-ones come back into I'll it. I'll tell you what's back. Halves just bang, long ball to yes. the centre. Like yes. That is happening regularly yep. each week. And Luai, no one does it better than him. Yep. Just Mate. feeding the centre now. And you're just seeing like, oh, it's that good. Yeah, that, those it. battles that we just hadn't seen for so long because it was so structured. But yeah, early ball to allow the just players to. I mean, and we haven't even spoken about like a guy like Lomax who's down in the Dragons. What about his flick passes? <laughs> They're outrageous, bro. How good is it? They're outrageous. On to the reviews. Sharks v the Dragons. Mm. It's a derby. It's Thursday night. It's piss and rain. Nico Hines' hair is so wet. It's so <laughs> wet. I can't believe it was, it was already wet before it rained. He became Aquaman. He is the Aquaman. He's the real Aquaman. I love that. Uh, he came out. He slicked his hair with gallons of, uh, basically gallons of gel that make your hair wet. But it didn't affect his ball grip, though, which is interesting. Uh, you know what? He should bring out a Dax Wax, but for, obviously, the new generation. Because I'd buy it. I didn't even have long hair. I'd buy it. Uh, but Nico Hines comes Dax out. Wax. And he is now sitting equal third on the Dallium uh, leaderboard. And he was absolutely incredible. Uh, he's someone that, again, we have to remember, this guy wasn't even bought as a seven. He wasn't even bought as a seven. He was forced there because the other boys didn't seem to fit there. And he's come out in a derby. After winning the week before, match winning kick, 
comes out again and puts on that kind of performance. He's a gun. He is an absolute gun, especially for a guy that couldn't even get a run for the first few years of his career. Like he sat on the bench for a whole grand final. Like crazy, insane, crazy. insane. Yeah. Got a, the best story ever. Look, Sharkies, I know I've been high on them for uh, quite a while now. What, what do you reckon, Matt? Like six, seven months now that I've been saying the Sharkies are... Yeah, pr- pretty much since John Morris got sacked and then they showed a bit of grit last year, probably, yeah, middle, middle of last year, I reckon. Yeah, and they got Fitzgibbon and I was yeah. like... And then once they got Dale and I was like, oh, okay, okay. Uh, look, yeah, Sharkies look even better than I thought they would. I think the best thing about Hines is that, you know, we always worry when guys come out of the Melbourne system, are they going to be as good as what they were? Not only is he as good as he was, but he's lifting everyone else around him. He is just, I can't believe how well coached they look and well structured they look. So it was pissing rain the other night Mm. and all their plays that they're pulling off on both edges, they must be a nightmare to try and mark up against. Yeah. Absolutely. His kicking game, bro. Like that was one of the best. Well, it was the definitely the best kicking game performance of the round. Yeah. But that was the difference for me. I thought it was unbelievable, and I know he's done some work on that, but legit. Yeah. Like what you can, what I love watching Hines play is you can see that how seriously he's taken his role. Like mm. be, very often, young players will come through, they get their big contract, and they're like, "I'm a gun. I'm just going to keep being a gun or whatever." I feel like Nico Hines has truly been like. I've got this big contract, but with that comes massive responsibility. And he's gone out and done everything he can to be that guy. From he's hired a mental fitness coach. Uh, you know, how, how often have you ever heard a player that's going to a new club not hiring it because he needs it? He's already played incredibly. Mm-hmm. Hiring it because he knows the responsibility he now has, and he wants to be the best version of himself. And you can see it in every part of his game, from his kicking game to his passing to how involved he gets. He is truly like a professional to the to a t like I, I guarantee he's probably training as much as any player in the nrl right now well 100 you know what i mean 100 uh it's just incredible to watch and the sharkies they look great now the dragons yes they did fall, fall away but sharkies right now are playing right now if you just went off the first three rounds i would say they are a top four side standard wise now yeah. long season ahead but i would put them ahead of quite a lot of you know, right now, you'd probably go Panthers, Knights and Sharks, or probably Sharkies above the, the Knights, you know what I mean? That's mm. how, that's how yeah, high, would, yeah. high they are up. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts about the game? Yeah, oh, I thought Nico Hines, as you said, the other thing about him, 63 touches he had. Wow. Like, he is just everywhere. And I remember watching him the, the week before on that play that they scored off to win the game. He took him down the right edge. He dropped it off. He then touched it three more times. The crab back along the field. Like I just, I love how involved he is. I think Will Kennedy has been unreal as well. That try saver on Ben Hunt. Yes. Um, wow. Kennedy just does things every week that no one talks about. Mm. I can't. He. I think he's such a good fullback, and he's so he's. I think probably him and Dill Edwards are probably the best value fullbacks. Oh, absolutely. In our game. Yeah. Uh, Will Kennedy's been incredible. And yeah, I agree. With I have this Shark side as a top four team at the moment. I know it's early and I know that it's a long season, but they've already lost Wade Graham. They lost Cam McInnes. Mm. I mean, it hasn't, they, they missed Connor Tracy early. It's not like they haven't already been up against it. Mm. Teague, that's like they've already had to bring in Sipitalakai into the back row. Like, mm. They've already faced injuries and overcome them. Once they get their full squad, mm. Wade Graham isn't in this team yet. I know. Yeah, Wade Graham, their captain. That's crazy. The captain. Uh, another guy I want to shout out, Braley. He has just gone to a whole new level. There was one set that 
So you guys will probably remember this set where they score the try. But basically, the intricacies of what he did where he went uh, short ball to a forward, short ball to a forward the other side, short ball to – and you're kind of thinking, bro, this is shit footy. Like, why do you keep doing this? But all he was doing is bringing everyone in, bringing everyone in. And then on the fourth player, he puts in that grubber when he has that short ball again. The defence rushes up thinking, fuck, we've got to – compress, rush up to stop them from scoring, puts a grubber in, they score a try. That was A, a set a set, set. so that would have been called by Brayley. Let's do the set. And it, it involved no one else except for Brayley and forwards. That's it. Mm. And I just think that the maturity to be able to, in the middle of a game, understand we're on the line. Most most hookers, very easy to step back and go, look, I've got Nico Hines there. I've got uh, Moylan on the other side. Look, I'll just let them do it. But he's gone, nah, give me the ball. I'm going to go right of the post, left of the post, right of the post, left of the post, Grubbing behind. I, I just think that he's re- like sometimes players' career can be like this. I just think he's slowly just getting better and okay. better every single week. And I think the beauty of it this year, we spoke about it. Jaden Beryl's arrived there. Yeah. Blake Braley's always been the guy there. He knows that he, he, the hooker's has always been here. Now that there's another genuine gun in that squad, I think it's pushed him to the level that we've all been waiting he's for. So good. So they good. need him to perform. We actually seen three of those tries this week. I was going to bring it up. So, like, for people's insight, there's there is a call that goes out when the when the fullback is caught in the line or at marker. Yeah, okay. But to identify him caught at marker and then come through, there was I think there was three or four mm. of those lead line forward tries with a grubber. Whether that is like you said a set play that they're identifying mm. before, but I know from experience you're looking at fullbacks who mm. get caught in the line Townsend, or get caught Townsend at marker. Did it to the yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's a thing, and there's there's calls in place that. So I think we're going to see that more often. But I agree for them to succeed, they're going to need him. But my big standout was. Hey, talent guy. He's, he's a beast. A freak. Yeah, he's a beast. I was looking at him just going, how, first of all, how are you in a second row? Yeah. And then, mate, he, was, he just got to the point where he was taking the piss that much. He was catching overhead bombs for tries. Like, he, he was man of the match for me. He was a joke. Like, just killed it. Yeah, oh, he was a beast. Especially, Dragons came out really aggressive. Like, mm. really aggressive. And they, they are the most aggressive pack They're, they're, they're massive. Like, their in line's defense, been, absolutely. Because Hook's all about dominating. It's However crazy. you can do it. Uh and so what I loved about Talakai is it's very easy for big players like him, you know, at the end of the game when the ruck's loose, everyone's a bit tired, they become heroes. It was actually his first 30 where he really laid the platform for uh, the Sharkies because the, the Dragons probably, I reckon they out-enthused him the first few sets just energy-wise. And the, the amount of times like Talakai would take a hit up and then just release a bunch of pressure – uh, he was massive in the first 30, so I totally agree. It was probably one of his better games. Uh, he just matured. Crazy. We, we, saw, we finally saw the Talakai, the best version of him. We've seen, like, glimpses. Uh, if he puts it together, he can be a top 10 forward. Yeah, he's, he's 100% he's a like beast. that game. I mean, he's always had it in him. He's just mm. consistency is just his, his worry, Siffa. And he's, he's a guy that, you know, we've spoken about before. He's had to go around the hard way. Got brushed by South. He was at Newtown. He played reserve grade for three years before the Sharks picked him up. I love guys like that. Mm, absolutely. Uh, a few other little points that I've got here. Uh, Sharks really lost their way once uh, Brayley went off. Mm. Shows you how important he is around the ruck. Uh, Trindle looked really rusty. I think that Trindle probably needs a couple of games in reserve grade just to get the flow back in things. I was really high on Trindle. I thought that um, it's just really hard as a bench player when you're normally a six or a seven to come on and play 14. It's much harder than pe- people think, oh, it's footy. Just get out there, tackle, pass the ball around. It's, it's way more complicated than that. And I think that they're probably going to be best served with Trindle in reserve grade leading a team around until, you know, if, if Matt Moylan's form drops or injuries or whatever, and then bring him in. I just don't think you get the value out of him bringing him off at 14, especially when you've got such a stacked bench already. Uh, I thought 
Uh, Nico uh, Hines try saver on Suli with uh, a minute to go, and they're thirty six twelve up. Unreal. Like it's just unreal. His attitude's incredible. Um, yeah, I, I just it was such a complete performance. Probably one of the most complete performances by the Sharks in a, in a quite a while, and it's just. It's just so good to see the Sharks. They've just got such a good foundation and their, their cap isn't even that tight right now. You know, they're going to lose players that aren't even in their real top 17 or, you know, top 13 at least. They're just in such a good position. And I think that the tough years, the last five years of the salary cap uh, issues and then losing Bronson Sherry, losing the Morris, all that kind of stuff, I think it's actually really uh, done them wonders and given them a grit that they may not have had if things were easy. Uh, but, yeah, incredible by, by the Sharkies. Uh, I agree with you. Will Kennedy is uh, fantastic. Ikevalu, outside of one or two errors, I thought he was, you know, really good for them. Uh, made a couple of line breaks, heaps of tackle breaks. Um, I, I just think it was interesting as well with the Sharks that first 10 minutes, they withstood a lot of pressure from the Dragons. But uh, we have to speak about the Dragons. What did you guys think about the Dragons? Yeah, I thought, unfortunately, the Jaden Sewer Simbin. Yeah, that's... Uh, I almost decided this one to some mm. extent. Uh, mate, it was, I think it was in the 18th minute. It was nil all at this point. Uh, at half time, I think the Sharks went up 18 nil up. So uh, it had a massive influence, as it should. I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a tough one. I mean, honestly, like a lot of people disagree with it. I think last week was an absolute joke that he got sent for 10. Absolute joke. But unfortunately, I, I do think it was a correct call. To, that was with force. They kept saying, like, Dale Finucane ducked into it. It's like he's bumping. Like, yeah, he, he, he has that forward lean, but still no excuse. Like, yeah. if, if Dale Finucane's running at you, he's got a forward lean, you got to get lower. You Absolutely. And also, like, he, he's, it's, going like that to bump is very different, to, do you know what I mean, mm. to ducking like that. Like, going like that is almost expected. Um, now, it's, I, I feel sorry for Sewer, but I, I did think it was 10 in the bin. Like, I, I really did. I agree, and if that's going to be the call from now on, we have to stick with it. But yeah. I feel like if that was Matt Moylan that made that shot, mm. I'll be honest with you, I'm not sure if he goes. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, I agree. That's a fair point. Um, you, so you feel Sewer kind of is starting to get a bit of a target? Oh, on I his... think there, you know, and it's been the reality in rugby league for a long time. There are guys that get targeted yeah. to some extent, and I think he's one of them. As I said, if Moyser makes that shot with Finucane sort of leaning into it, I probably don't think that call happens. See, I just think... I agree with you. That's a good point uh, that there was a chance that he wouldn't get sent. But I think whoever makes a shot, that, that specific shot, I do think it's 10 in the bin. Like, it's dangerous. Yeah, it should be. You're yeah. going for the risky shot. Didn't come off. Uh, it's just in today's game, like, if you take us back a few years, I'd be like, look, it's footy. Give a penalty. We move on. Finucane's sweet. He's up. He's all good. But I think in today's game, again, last week was ridiculous. This week, I can kind of understand where the rest are coming from. But I do agree with you. There does seem he's not going to get any breaks like the refs are not going to give him any breaks someone needs to have a word to him like games yeah. are won and lost off the back of these sim bins don't don't curb your aggression because i love the way he plays but yeah. i think it was noted there's been like over 24 points scored in his two sim bins like you're losing the game for mm. man it's not your intention but yeah. you need to dial it back somehow especially with how hard they're going on sim bins yeah yep. it's yeah it's just a tough reality of the situation we're in right now i agree with you i don't want to see him fully dial it back mm. I, I do want to keep his aggression but if you're going for a big play like that, I guess you've just got to weigh up the... You've just got to be so sure about it, so sure that you're not going to hit the head. Um, now, there was, I guess, a bit of controversy because later in the game, I don't know who it was, but there was another head high. And Jesse people, Ramian. Jesse Ramian. Did he get sent off? Sent for 10? No. Nah. No. Nah. But there was, they, they did eventually get someone sent for 10, though, didn't they? 
Yeah, for feeder eventually. For feeder yeah. eventually. So I can understand Dragon's frustration of like, this is two weeks 78th now. 78th minute or something. Yeah. Though, so. This is two weeks now. We've had Sinbin. The first one was ridiculous. I think we all agree it was ridiculous. But it's two weeks in a row where, you know, incorrect calls and you could argue tough calls have really affected the result. So I can understand why Dragons fans feel a bit frustrated, especially when later in the match there's a not as bad but similar-ish head high and he doesn't get sent for 10. Mm. I can understand Dragons fans' frustration. And I think it gets really tough for defenders too. Like a guy like Dale, as you said, he, he braces up like this and all of a sudden the ball is that far away from his head. Mm. I mean, if Sewer goes low and chops him and he offloads, the coach says to Sewer, what the fuck We have to doing? reward low, low, low tackles in my opinion. Yeah, but how, how do you do it? Do I, do I reckon it? you allow him to just hold on to the like, legs for an le- extra couple of seconds or something. Like the way that guys offload now, yeah, though, I know. it's hard. I it's, know. it's so hard to – you have to wrap the ball up or you're playing second-phase footy and then you're on the back foot for the rest of the set. Yeah, no, no, I agree. It's a, it's a tough – we've got ourselves in a tough situation where – but the, th- the thing as well, though, like even with this crackdown, I, I still believe that could have been 10 of the bin before the crackdown. Like I, it was quite yeah. forceful and it did hit – like fully Shoulder hit his head. head. Contact, yeah. that's been around for a while for sure. Um, but I don't know what the answer is and I can understand why the Dragons would be frustrated. Uh, now, outside of that, the Dragons – look, the first half – until that point, they looked good. They looked mm. strong. They looked solid. I thought Benny Hunt was playing a good game of footy. Uh, Zach Lomax, wow. He's so Silky good. A. He's so good. Every game, you're like, nah, there's no way he's going to flick pass away. They've got, they would have watched a million hours of video on him, and he still just hides it so well. He just like, it just comes out of nowhere, boom, and it's straight on his wingers. It's just, yeah, I'm such a fan of Lomax. So I've got a question for you, bro. I was thinking about this. It was something for someone else, but for Lomax. Mm. One player in the NRL you could pull out of a team that hasn't had success, who would it be? And put mm. him in, you know, your Roosters, your Storm, your Panthers. Oh. He's one of them. Yeah, he's – oh, he's like absolutely I'd just love to see what happens. The other one I thought of that made me trigger this question was Herbie. Yeah. I just – like, he's just done his apprenticeship with the Broncos yeah. and just doing that shit. Yeah. Who would you – well, I mean, Payne Haas is a good one. Like, yeah, fuck, a imagine him down. Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, the sky's the limit when you start to pull those players out of those yeah, um, struggling teams. Are oh. you and Aitken to be another good one too? Yeah, to see how He's you've never been in club. a top-shelf side, take him out. Yeah, Zach, Zach Lomax for me is just – it's uh, he's just – any centre today that's a New South Welshman, it's just like, fuck, sorry, bro. There's going to be so many good centres that are going to miss out on – like, yep. I just can't see a world where – Bradman Best, Lomax, Stephen Crichton, where are they all going to fit into these rep teams? Yeah, maybe Tony, on the wing. Like, like, it's just, there's so many talented guys that you just know, it's, you're not going to get a geek. Mm. It's tough. It's, uh, yeah, especially when they're such good players. Uh, outside of that, the Dragons. Um, what did you yeah. think of Bird, bro? I thought, I thought it was yeah. a bit of a coming out game for him. I was watching him going, is this the right move? Him second round, I thought he had a much better game, much well, improved. The thing with Bird is he's been doing this for a couple of years. Like, mm. he just, I don't know, he just doesn't get the, I guess, um, what's the word, like, you know certain players, like, they, they, they have hype and they die off for a bit, they get injured or whatever. Mm. And they never seem to be able to get that hype again, even if they're playing really good footy. Like, I would argue his footy right now is similar-ish to his footy when he was at the Sharks. You know, his numbers probably stuck up the same. Uh, so, it, Bird's a really interesting one. I, I agree too. I thought he was fantastic. Yeah. And what I love nice about game. Bird is, like, he takes it to every team. Like, every time he plays, he's ripping and tearing. Mm. Um, and I think that, like, if he gets through this season, the argument of, oh, he's injury-prone or whatever, kind of dissipates like you know he may get injured injured again but 
I think people are hesitant to get on the Bird bandwagon just because they're like, oh, he may get injured soon because he had those couple of years at the Broncos. Mm. But yeah, I agree. There's very rarely a game when Bird plays in the drag for the Dragons and he's not in their top five players. So I agree. I thought Bird was really good uh, as well. I think the whole injury thing's hard with Bird as well because he's got um. Yeah, that uh, he's got like some disease with his bones yeah, or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like it's like I remember when he when he like I, I still reckon he's the best junior I've ever seen. Jack mm. Bird, he was unbelievable. But they were saying that I remember when he was like 15, 16, They were saying he might only play till he's twenty five, mm. twenty six. So I think they were saying that even when he started playing in a yeah, role. like he's got I don't know what it is. You you don't have to do. It's your a form reason. of arthritis. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Fuck. How tough you got to be to play, play through that shit? But like they reckon that when he was young, the Dragons had to spend a heap of money just to get him on the field when he was 16 or really? so. Yeah. Wow. Pretty incredible that he's been able to... Oh, mate, considering get... what he's been through, the other shit he's had to face. Yeah. Like it's not that long ago he was a fullback doing his ACL for the Broncos. Yeah, uh, true. Now, reportedly, you don't know how you know accurate it is, but reportedly the Eels have pulled their offer for Jack Bird. The reports are, can you check this so, Matt? is that they've pulled it because Britain Nakora may be on the market. Uh, thoughts, if that is true, and where do you think Bird will end up? Tough. I think <clears throat> there's a potential – does he want to leave? I think he wants to stay, but, yeah. like, so, so he, from his perspective – He's doing himself – like, he's, you know, he's doing himself a favour yes. by playing the way he is. So his perspective was, and he came out – so the initial uh, leaks and reports and sources was that basically they put an offer to him – uh, and he was like just out, you know, testing the market and almost, I guess, they felt like, well, if you're going to stuff us around, we'll pull the contract. But from his perspective, he said, I just want to clear the air. They offered me a contract and I, they said, I've got five days to sign it. And he felt like, bro, I need more than five days to think of such a big life decision. And, and that's absolutely true. Yeah. And so, and I can see that happening now. Who do you believe? I don't, I don't know, but... I have a tendency to believe the player. Obviously, I'm a player. I'm, I'm going to be biased towards him. I can't see why Jack would be lying about that. It is a regular negotiation tactic by clubs to basically pressure you to go, oh, fuck, all right. If, if I don't... Because think about it. If you're Jack Bird and you've been through everything he's been through, what if he gets injured the next week? Mm. You know, what if, what if he doesn't sign that contract and he gets injured? So, you know, clubs... And the clubs are just doing what's best for themselves. So I totally understand it. They're going, let's play on that insecurity and get him for you know, what we feel he is, which is part of negotiations. Exactly right. Negotiations are all about playing on each other's insecurities. It's just the way it is. Um, but apparently the Dragons have come back to the table. So it's just a very, you know, when you pull a contract, but then come back and put it back on it, I don't know, does that send a good message going forward in negotiations? Are you going to have other players turn around and go, well, I know you're going to come back. You know what I mean? If yeah. you're not firm with it. Uh, but I'm sure there's way more to it that we don't know about. I think he probably will stay at the Dragons. I think they... For now, it's my understanding that he was offered uh, a reduced amount, and that and he's happy-ish with that amount. Uh, I think that he probably will stay for that reduced amount, and I think the Dragons probably do need him at the moment. What do you got there, Matt? Yeah, pretty much everything you said is right. He, he, apparently, the Dolphins are interested, but um, I'm reading that he doesn't really want to move out of New South Wales, and the Dragons officials seem to be confident. This is all reportedly, obviously, mm. seem to be confident to to be re-signing him. But you were right. Um, the Eels are now looking at, uh, looking at Britain Akora. Yeah, so... You don't blame him, but... I yeah. think if all things go well for Bird, he stays there. I, I, I think it's a good move for him. I like it. Oh, I, I think he should stay there as well. Yeah. I think he should I, absolutely stay yeah. there. Oh, I'd personally love to see him go somewhere where he's going to be the 13. Mm. I think at Parramatta, if they were to sign him and play him at lock... Yeah, that could like, work. I, 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 I think he is a lock forward. 
but I personally think Jack DeBellin is more suited to playing 13 at the Dragons, which is where it gets difficult. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I like I look at the way that like a Jordan Rapana, how he was playing for the drag, how he was playing for the Raiders the other night, and like Bird's got that same sort of I just play off my head. I'm unpredictable. Yeah. I can just bounce off tackle. Just let him roam. Mm-hmm. I reckon like in a Parramatta side, that might be something that they're they're missing. They got so many like for like um, forwards in that pack and in that back row. Throw a Bird in there as your wild card. Help those halves out. I reckon it could be anything there. No, I agree with that actually. Him at thirteen with with that pack around him. He would actually be quite dangerous and probably add that extra dimension yep. that they have. But clearly, the, the Eels don't see him as a 13. I, I, like, it's hard. I, I thought he was a 13, but he played a few games there and it just didn't seem to work for him. I'd, I'd, he probably has to suit a specific type of play, I think. Maybe have a really dominant half that he just steps in now and then to help him out. Uh, but yeah, interesting times. I, I think he'll stay. I think he'll stay. I think it's good for both, both parties. Uh, now, uh, so Dragons, look, tough loss. I think this is going to be the, – the, they lost a player for 10, so it's very hard to measure mm. how they would have gone with that player on the field. So I, I wouldn't be too upset as Dragons fans. Yes, it was a blowout in the end, but at the end of the day, they lost a the player for 10 minutes and they were absolutely in the match. I think this is what we're going to kind of see from the Dragons, just like gritty performances. Hopefully no one gets sent 10. Uh, I still have them as a smoky for the eight, but – they probably went down just a tad in my, um, I guess, my opinion of them pushing into that eight. Um, especially when you've got teams like the Knights and the Sharks looking so good with, you know, the Rabbitohs also, ba- you know, bouncing back into form. All of a sudden, that eight is starting to get quite crowded. Uh, so I wouldn't be too worried as Dragons fans. You lost a player for 10. You've been really unlucky the cut past two weeks. The good thing is, is we can at least see an identity at the Dragons, I think. Very aggressive forward pack, work for each other. So interesting times, interesting times. Not not the end of the world, though, not at all. Now, uh, on to Tigers v Warriors. Mm. I just want to – I wrote this at the after Dane Laurie. He obviously had, you know, probably the worst game he's played. Well, not probably. He had the worst game he played in a role. And I just want to say, like, if you ever wanted an example of how a nothing story can impact someone's mental health, a young man that did nothing wrong, that's name's been absolutely plastered through the papers – for going to the pokies. Like, look, think about what we're talking about here. Having a pub feed and playing the pokies. Now, maybe it's a coincidence, but I don't think it is. I think it's no coincidence that the next week he turns out and he has a Barry Crocker. Because it's tough on a, on a young man, especially when it's a nothing story that you didn't do anything wrong. And, and it just, it takes up extra mental energy on top of the fact the Tiger's already struggling. Uh, it doesn't excuse the performance. We're all professionals and you get rated on your performances. But I just... I guess if you ever wanted to know how much it can affect a young man, you, you might think, oh, it's a nothing story. If you did nothing wrong, don't worry about it. But when you're getting texts from people, people saying, this is bullshit, how'd you do this? And then you're getting comments on every Friday, oh, how was a pokey? He's had a slut row. It's going to affect you. So some may say, see it as a harmless story, but I think that this is the negative impact of stories being written. Now, there's a ton of good journals out there, and I think most journals are actually pretty good. But... When a story comes out like this that has no meat to it, it's unnecessary. That's when you need to say, should we really be writing a story like that? Should we, it, how does this help the game and help the player? Uh, under, now, look, if he had done actually something wrong and it was a story, fair enough. We write the story. It's part of the game. The media's part of it. But I just thought it was a good example of how, how much it can rattle a young guy. Because there's no what You can't tell me that that wasn't at least some contributor to the way Dane Laurie played. Fuck, they love pulling the pokies out of the swag after no. a loss, don't they? 
It has to be the shittest narrative. Yeah. Imagine you know you're struggling when you have to pull out the pokey before the game story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Give some context. As you said, can be like, bruh, the amount of lifestyle factors, who knows what's going on in Dane Laurie's life. You you alluded to it. Relationships, mm. like family, anything. And mm. then you throw in a shitty story like that in a team that's already not going well. Getting there's smashed. probably disruptions. Like it's the last thing you need. And the fact that we're reporting on that and people get around it. I, we're never going to see a result, I don't think. I think mm. the NRL is at the mercy of the media. Somehow, we can't get away from that. But mm. what I'd love to see is the fans' perspective change and like not even buy into yeah. a shitty story like that mm. with no context because the more we feed into that sort of clickbait environment, yep. the harder it's going to be. But, yeah, it's like you said, it's a shame to see that you know, connect a player to a poor game, which mm. I, I think it definitely would have it an impact. It definitely had an impact. It's a shame. I, everything he's, it's, it's hard enough it is, as it is. And I want to be extremely clear here. If a player stuffs up, it is newsworthy. Yes. And fair enough, journos write about it. And that that's absolutely part of the gig. But when we're creating negative stories, mm. that's when I start going, hang on a sec. Like there's so much other things you can talk about at the Tigers that are going wrong than a young man having a feed of the uh, pub and then having a slap at the pokies till 10 o'clock at night like 10 o'clock at night boys and unfortunately tiger's going to be front and center for this type of media yeah. for for a little bit of i mean yeah, they've got the next story out we won't talk about it because it's a nothing story yeah. but they've got another story coming out about bullshit happening to tigers that there's no real evidence that anyway sorry but like if the melbourne boys lose a game and they're breaking cards the night before do we hear about it no it's just we like it's, just, it's yeah it's a bullshit narrative and so now now it's a spiral for laurie he not only did he have to do with that now he played an absolute shocker so his headspace is just like completely off right and now. on that note the amount of tigers fans that i saw online giving him shit saying he should be out of the side oh fucking wake up to yourself he was he's been just, one of your yes. best players for yes. the last two years he's a young guy coming into first grade mm. i mean fuck, he's gonna have bad games it's yeah gonna happen and it wasn't like he had a bad game because he didn't want to be there yeah he was trying his dick off the entire yeah. game it just wasn't going his way he kept making mistakes he kept trying harder mm. Look, if there's the only way you're going to get off the bottom of the table is by supporting your young players that are guns when they go through tough times. Because when Dane Laurie leaves because he gets shit from you all and he goes somewhere else, he turns into a superstar, you're all going to fucking whinge then. And you're yeah. right, bro. He tries his ass no, off That's all he was game. doing. But yeah. you know what? If you look at it, the two crucial things in my mind were the two drop balls. Like, that's distracted. Yeah. You know that's what I mean. That's like, what I mean. He just... Yeah. He's, just catch the ball, put it down, and then that pass to finish off that last play. All destruction. Edge. That's what I mean. That's yeah. so. That's interesting. That's switching off for a second because mm. you're mentally not focused. Yes. It, so yeah, uh, totally sweet for you know if you're making errors as a player or whatever. But I just think the creation of when you're trying to create a narrative that doesn't exist, I think I I just wish the NRL would be like, mate, do you need to write that article? Like they went to the pokies, that's their right, whatever. And I understand, you know. We need them. We absolutely need the media, as we've said a million times. I actually like most stuff Fox Lee mm. do. I really like the most stuff Nine do. There's a ton of absolute <laughs> legends there. It just sucks that there's you know sometimes once or twice, once or twice, this story gets put out mm. there that doesn't probably need to get it put out there. Now look, if he was on the beers the night before and you had like you know and you knew like they were drinking and carrying on and that, then I'd be like, yeah, fair enough. That's a story that should yeah. be written because he shouldn't be doing that. But yeah, stuff on the pokies. But now, Tigers v Warriors. Uh, another controversy that comes out of this. Uh, why not go to the bunker right. on the uh, the Leilua try? I just and what's crazy is I don't even know if it was a try. Like I don't, honestly don't I'm even know. Try. Oh, I actually thought they got. I'd it give right. it a try. Oh, I wouldn't have given it, really? but I sure as fuck would have sent it upstairs. That's what I mean. Just send it. We go yeah. upstairs. We go upstairs. Over, there's literally there go, yeah. games being stopped from a tackle 
three sets before, like or a set before, we're stopping games, and the the bunker couldn't stop and just look at it. Like if the fact that we are split on what the result mm. was means that it should have gone to the bunker. And and the th- the thing that's frustrating now is that if you're a Warriors fan and you, you keep hearing, oh, they didn't go to the bunker, that, when in reality they go to the bunker. Let's say they let's say they ruled it no try. Most Tigers fans, I assume, would have just been like, okay, no try. It was a 50-50 call, whatever. But now it's like they didn't go to the bunker. Like, what's going on? You know what I mean? It creates a whole uh, issue that probably shouldn't be there. Mm. And I, we're talking I, about the bunker, which is unnecessary. Oh, and they stopped the game for, like, such minor things. Like, like a player will get hit maybe a tad high, but he'll get up and start running again. And I just – oh, man, sometimes we're our own worst enemy. I, I, maybe, maybe they looked at it in replay and they just thought – we're not going to give it a try, so we go on. But I just think it would have eased a lot Even of people's minds. for the perception mind. of the game, bro, I'm yeah. sitting there going, no, 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 let's pull this up so yeah. we can give yeah. full clarity because as a bunker, like the perception that we want the fans to have, we need to make some improvements. So oh. let's pull it up. Let's have a look. Let's get a definitive decision. Yep. But to just roll it off, that was shit to watch. As crazy as it sounds, I think if Leilua stands up and jumps around and really puts on a big celebration, then, then they probably look at it, which is so stupid. Yeah, and you Tell me if there players. wasn't 13 Tigers in a huddle celebrating and everything and the game had to stop, he wouldn't have looked at it. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and like people wonder why players – lie and say they got to try this is why this is why because if you don't you know if you get hit in the head and you bounce straight back up then you you know you're not going to like it's just so many reasons like there's so many reasons why players act the way they do because of this entire you would be telling Leilua every time you nearly score a try I want you to celebrate like your life depends on a backflip because maybe they wouldn't have won but I tell you what when points are hard to come by in a game like that that could have most likely being the difference. And it changed the flow of the game. Yeah, that's what I mean. It would have at least changed the course of the game. Changed everything. So I, I definitely, you know, in a, a Tigers team that's already struggling, that was absolutely the wrong call in my opinion. They should have at least looked at it. If they still said no try, which I can understand because it, it looked like that he barely had – he didn't have definitely didn't have control and only slight downward pressure. I, I'm still confused. Though. I thought it used to be downward pressure. But now is it controlled and downward pressure? Yeah, well, downward pressure used to be very grey. Like, you like, just had to have... Yeah, but I'm, my thing was, I don't think there was separation. So that's why mm, I'm saying try. There's no control. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, I don't know. Am I... Like, I could be wrong. Listen on the comment section. Or, Maddie, do you know, is it controlled you downward down pressure? Control, can you? I remember back in the day when Bill Harrigan was explaining, it, it literally, as you said, Sandor, used to be skin to ball to grass. Yeah. But then they changed that. And now there's like... Which, obviously, that can't be it. But now they've changed I don't mind it. that. At oh. speed, a grubber on the dead ball line, he gets to it yeah. and doesn't ever take his hand off the ball. Like, bro, that's a try. Well, see, I, I don't mind skin to ball to ground. I actually don't mind that because it's real fucking yeah, clear. black and white. Real clear. If, the, if he's touching it, it's try. Whereas this one, is, so is it control? Is it not control? Well, they've changed it. I don't know specifically, like, if there's even a definition, but it's probably just up to the bunker's discretion if well, he's yeah, controlled it. My understanding is it's controlled downward pressure. That's my understanding. So we'll have to look into that. We'll definitely progress because downward pressure used to – it was a bit of a license there where you just had to – Yeah, yeah I, I like that better, but I understand why they – you know, there were some tries where you're like, oh, shit, how'd that get down? But, you know, in, in the Tigers' defence, George uh, Tomberg's try against them a couple of years ago was like pretty much exactly the same. So I can understand what Ty's frustrated. Now, their performance, um, look, uh, I, I just feel they look like a team that has no energy, no 
they don't look happy. Mm. They don't look like they are enjoying their footy. They look uh, overtrained or or undertrained. It's either one. They're either undertrained or overtrained. They're either not fit enough, or they're training so hard that they don't have a lot of energy going into games. And you, you know, you can actually you speak about it, Sandor. Yes. How you can build and peak and build and peak. Like what a team's trying to do each week to get to a game. Yeah. Well, I thought about this exact conversation. What you're saying. Yeah. Definitely. You want to peaks and troughs for sure, and you want to work around games. The big thing, the big indicator you want to work around is: Are you going Sunday to Friday? Are you going Sunday to Sunday? You know mm. what I mean? These are the opportunities where you have to push an extra session or pull back, yeah. or strategically who you're playing, travel, things like that. So that comes into play. But we're at round three. You've had the whole preseason to prepare. Let's say, I think we would all agree, that they are more leaning towards the overtrain. So they are super fit. Mm. My thing is, what I want to see is the reflection of a good team that is super fit, your top three teams, your Roosters, your Panthers, your Melbourne, they're taking that fitness into all of the effort areas. Mm. So you're seeing all the small things, on the no, all the non-negotiables. They're constantly there for each other. Yep. Players are doing everything they possibly can. That's what I'm not seeing at the Tigers. So I'm expecting this really fit team mm. to be doing all the little things really well. Yep. Maybe they're not pulling off the big moves and the com- combinations, that's okay. But what we're seeing is all the effort areas mm. are basically non-existent. Mm. So that has to go back to just a lack of connection a lack of confidence maybe a lack of buy-in I don't want to say that that's what's happening but you just don't know. I just believe that they're coming in probably more prepared given the history of Madge yeah. so I just I don't know what the training is or what's going on but I'd like to see that be reflected in the effort areas yeah. that's where I'd like to see it you know so yeah. the fact well, that we're not seeing that that's that's the most concerning thing for me one one team I you know I know the doggies have struggled but when you look at the dogs you look at the Tigers you look at their rosters doggies obviously better roster now but Doggies always rip and tear. Mm. Like, even when they were at the bottom of the table, could barely put any points on the board, they would still, you know, the coach would always come in and say they've ripped and teared. And I, I just, when I watch the Tigers run out, they're not yipping and yahooing. They're not fucking like, let's fucking dominate. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, mm. just that energy. So I wonder whether it's less is more with them. You know, maybe pull back the amount of work they're doing to try and, just enjoy their footy again. What do you reckon, Guru, from a fan's perspective? Mate, I'm, I'm just looking through stats here. Uh, Warriors scored two tries off kicks. Tigers ran for more metres. They had more post-contact. They had four line breaks to one. The Tigers only missed 10 tackles. Mm. Warriors missed 30. Um, Which would, That would kind of suggest that they're not doing the 1% then because they're the things you can't measure. It's, it's actually a really weird week. Out of the eight teams that won this week, five of them had more missed tackles. Than their opposition, so it's that scrambling for each other. Oh, scrambling, I know, yeah. You know, at the Broncos, we we used to miss tackles all the time, but it was this scramble defence. You look at um, the Rabbitohs on the weekend; the amount of times they yep. would shoot out of the line and then have that scramble defence across. Uh, and so, I guess that probably does point to the fact that the one percentage so, you can't so measure. So, just to use them as an example: yeah. the Bunnies missed forty-three tackles on the weekend; the Tigers missed ten. Wow! Cowboys missed forty-seven. So it's just a scramble, like the people, they're winning the scramble. And a disconnect, you know, I think I had one big word I had down here was game management. Mm. Like what we were seeing in crucial times where they had an opportunity, there was just nothing. And it was very individual. Mm. There's just a disconnect there where I don't know whether it's structure, whether it's at a level of buy-in from the strategy and the coaching Mm. or whether players, you know, some players, maybe they have had enough, but I just... I don't want to write the Tigers off, and I know they're going through a tough transition, but I genuinely just think we're seeing that disconnect within the club, within the playing group, mm. at all levels, and unfortunately it's just been reflected on the field. Mm. There's, there's opportunity there, but it's not to say they're not trying, but I think it's just weighing way too heavily on their on-field performance. Yeah. Look, I just, what's, it's just 
they're in such a bad situation because I we spoke about this earlier. If Jackson Hastings plays, yeah, I reckon they win thirty to sixteen. They win comfortably. And we're talking about his his genuine coming out yeah. party. It's just like because he's the guy that will go, boys, get on. Like this is exactly what we're doing. Everyone get on board. Whereas you're right, they had uh, Montoya get sent for ten. And at the time, I was like, Montoya, that's the stupidest penalty I've ever seen in my life. You just got 7 for 10. You knew you were going to get 7 that for 10. That was bad. Like, bro, what are you thinking? Like, what are you thinking? You know that that's a 10 in the bin. Yeah. And yet, it was actually genius. It was genius because if he had got up, they would have scored. So it was actually like, he's actually rolled the dice and fucking proved everyone wrong. Bro, Tigers out of their own end, throw two offloads. Oh. They lose the ball. They attack that edge one time during that 10 minutes and drop the ball. It was just crazy to see. And we spoke about, I just don't understand. I couldn't get my head around, like, even we were saying as wingers, like, we got no pull, no say, yeah. should know fucking nothing. Yeah. But I would have been screaming for the ball, boys, let's just go, come back, go, come back. Yeah. It was just no strategy, no game, like, nothing. Just simple. Like, I couldn't understand it. Go, like, literally get two forwards, run in pairs. Next play is just a two-pass to our wide running forward, at, at the very least, like, and hit, hit the tram line. We'll look up. And we'll see if they've put too much on the short side. It, yeah, it's very easy to sit here. You know, you're in the heat of battle and everything. But I, there just seems to be at the Tigers, they're, they're just calling out for someone to go, boys, this is the way. Mm. Get on me back. And Hastings is that guy, unfortunately. Um, to be honest, I would go as far as just giving the captaincy to Hastings. Like, I, I think he's shown enough leadership in such a short time for a team that is desperate for that. He's the guy that he's so comfortable in himself. He's willing to take take the if it's on him, he'll yeah. cop it kind of thing. I think he's matured um, to that point. I'd love to see it too. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if you said to me who are their mo two most important players for me, it's Hastings and Dewey. Stefano. Yeah, and They're Dewey. both out for the next and few Dewey weeks. Oh, well. and Dewey, who's out too? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they've got the short short turnaround this week, playing the Titans off the back of getting embarrassed last week. Uh, and then the week after that, they play Cronulla without those guys as well at Shark Park. Ooh. Yeah, it's tough. Man. Wow. It's a it's tough, tough gig. It is brutal. So, and, I mean, we, we mentioned before the Sharks how well they handled that 10 minutes without Jaden Sewer. Surely, the, sorry, when they were playing against the Dragons without Sewer, the Tigers have got to sit down and watch that 10 minutes, don't they? Mm. Right. 100%. Just yeah. watch that 10 minutes and see what you can take away. Just, yeah. But Hastings is not – he's not affiliated with any of that bullshit. Any mm. of the history with the club. Yeah. He's coming there. He's just a clean slate. You, see, you're seeing a reflection of him just playing footy. That's all mm. he's worried about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you look, some shining lights. Uh, in 30 minutes, 30 minutes, Stefano had 132 metres, 55 post-contact, 12 runs, 20 tackles, yeah. zero missiles. So I know it's a tough time for the Tigers, but I, I just want to go through a few shining lights because it is tough times. Um, I thought Stafford Toa had a pretty good, um, a pretty good club debut. Uh, 10 tackle breaks. Uh, I thought uh, Oliver Gildart had probably his best game. He was great. 200 yeah. metres, uh, four tackle breaks, two line breaks. So there is shining lights there. Like, it's a very tough time. I think if you put Stefano, Hastings, Dewey in that side, there is, like, a way forward. You know, there is, like, there can be shining lights. So I think as Tigers fans, look, just focus on those things, that you've got these players that can mm. put up good numbers, that can play well even when you're playing poorly. Uh, but, yeah, they desperately need Dewey or Hastings back. They desperately do. Uh, now, on to the Warriors. Uh, this was – man, it's so hard to, like, to get a gauge from this game because it was such a poor game. Mm. Uh, look, I thought uh, there was a great try saved by Walsh on half-time. Uh, 
yeah, I, there's not much to say about this game because it was just so messy. And, and the, the Warriors just, I'm, I'm sure they're looking at each other going, how did we win that game? Like it was, you know, we were making unforced errors in crucial oh. times. Like we had them on the back foot with 10 men and we're like, wow. uh, we're sorry, with 12 men. And we were like dropping the ball and throwing, you know, just- The offloads, like just yeah. genuine, just throwing hopes, just proper grenades, like going nowhere and I, in the worst times. Yeah. I was just watching this game and just waiting for someone to lose it. And when Montoya went off, I went, okay, we're done here. Mm. And then, God, it was a hard 10 minutes to watch. Yeah, well, the last 10 minutes, it was like, Warriors were like completed six from 12 or like six from 10 or something along those lines and Tigers completed four from nine. So it was just a, a shit, just a shit show. Like they were just making errors left, right and center. Uh, Warriors fans, a win's a win. Yeah, you, you know, take it. Just take, take it, day. get the fuck out of there and just regroup for next week. <laughs> One of the, those are the kind of games where as a coach, in my opinion, you don't even look at the video. You don't even, you don't even it's done. It was dog shit. We all know it was dog shit, but we, we defended our asses off with one man down. We got the win. Let's just let's just move forward. So they play next week? No, they play. Brisbane. Oh, well, that's going to be an, a big game. Because <laughs> both teams, uh, yeah, didn't play too well. At least they got the win. Uh, Broncos-Warriors is usually a big game too because Brisbane has a lot of uh, – is it – it's in – oh, it would be in nah, Brisbane. It's, it's at Redcliffe, yeah. Redcliffe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, interesting. Very interesting. Uh, so yeah, not much to say. Look, to be honest, I actually thought the Warriors missed Ash Taylor. I thought he was really good the yep. week before. Yeah, I thought he was really good. Uh, I, I like how Reese Walsh continues to just have a crack, yeah, even when he, you know they're struggling. He, he, he really was still electric. He's still playing real good footy. He's still affecting games. Uh, he's still having an impact. Egan, who I thought had a, like a really good start to the year, I thought he really let you know a couple of crucial errors. I thought Matt Lodge a couple of crucial errors. Mm. Uh, so yeah, put it in the put it in the a box that says shit games that we won and never think about it again. Never and just go back to the system. Assuming that the halves line up the same this week, it'll be the first time this season they've had the same halves pairing two weeks in a row. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Three games in, three different halves pairing. The fullbacks played two games now. Mm. so And they lost SJ, who they worked with the entire preseason. Yep, absolutely. So, yeah, you, you got the win. I, I think credit has to be given to the Warriors for holding out the just Tigers. Sticking, oh you know yeah, what I mean? Just hanging in there. Sure. Yep. Yeah. And mate, that, even look, we talk about game management, you've got to look at them as a reflection. The things they were doing. So the things the Tigers weren't doing, the things they were doing in that time period, mm. just throwing the ball around, like, just stop. I was wild. thinking, it's wild. like, you know, obviously the storm, the last environment, so many things come to mind without giving everything they do away. But mm. um, there's like, the amount of scenario-based training we did yeah. on specific moments. So like man down, they've got a man down constantly. I was sitting there going, there's no way some of these teams have, have done that, done that ever. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Because it's a full, not only is there calls, there's chat, mm. there's specific points in the field to get to. Yeah. Like all of these things, there's no way that that level of detail, that scenario-based training is going on. Yeah. C- considering how the modern game is played and how many times there is a player sin binned, how is that not just yeah, stock standard in training? I don't... Mm. Like where bizarre. you get to on the field, what, where, what are you trying to gain in field position with your kicking game? All of these things, that's basically the full focus. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And it's, it also, if they do train it, why aren't the leaders in the team yeah. making sure it's implemented? So, tough, tough night for both teams. The positive is Tigers didn't get blown out. And the Warriors got the win. Mm. That, that's the shining lights. And also, there was some good individual performances, uh, especially for the Tigers, which is really interesting. Uh, Josh Curran continues to be a shining light for yeah, the I'm so good the Warriors fan. have got in. I'm a huge, huge fan. Uh, 
you know, there, there were some shining lights there. As I said, Reese Walsh continues to, you know, even if the game isn't going in his favour, he continues to turn up and try to change the game, which is a, a big thing. So hopefully both teams can bounce back next week. Now, on to a massive clash. What, what a, you know, it, it almost feels like now every time they play, it like goes down in folklore, these kind of games. It's, <laughs> it's, there's so much drama in, involved. You've got big superstars like Manu, Trell, all that kind of stuff. Now, we came out of the Melbourne Storm be the Rabbitohs, saying that there was actually a lot of good things to take away from the Rabbitohs. When you actually look at the stats, although the, 70, the 60 minutes or so that they played, it was like, it seemed like shocking footy. They made so many errors. When you looked at the stats, they won every single stat that mattered except for the scoreboard. So there were signs that, you know, and we also spoke about the centimetres. Like, it wasn't like they were two metres off mm. the passes. They were centimetres off. So if they can just fix it by a centimetre, all of a sudden things change really quickly. I didn't think it was going to change this quickly, though. I didn't think that they were going to go from a team that looked busted to a team that looked nearly as damaging as 2021. What did you think, Shandra, of this game? I had them tipped. I, I thought they were going to win, and yeah. I thought off, at the back of our chat last week was very timely. Mm. Um, it was surprising. You know, a guy like Manu, I'll tell you what it says on his tip sheet. Left end, right foot. Like, that's literally what he does every time. So the way mm. I was surprised at just how he took the piss so mm. easily with some of those things, it was a bit of a lack of defence with South, but... Um, overall, yeah, I, I seen it coming. I thought they played really well. I had, I just had, Murray's influence in the game is ridiculous at the moment. I thought that was unbelievable. In my opinion, I feel like we're seeing the game take on, like second rowers are becoming some of the most crucial yep. players on the field. Like the impact they're having and the variations they're showing around like different moves, lead lines. We've seen, how many lead lines have we seen this week where a man's coming on the inside shoulder, drifts out. How many tr tries have we seen yeah. from that this week? So his impact on that. Um, and just, yeah, I was, some of the battles we spoke about, Campbell Graham Mommers, both really underrated, yep. but what a battle seeing those centre battles. Um, and lock, lastly, Lockie Ilias. I thought uh, literally, I mean, we're, we're saying some good things on this show, but last week I think we said one thing, like go back to basics, just let him go, let him mature. Mm. And I thought, yeah, he had a few things that was, you know, a bit off, but just a big improvement, just mm. looking at his confidence, the way he got into the game, did what he needed to do. So I thought that was awesome. And yeah, I was I was impressed, but I did think um, I did think we were going to see that. He needed that, Elias. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. What's crazy is, you know, as a teen, he's a teenager still, correct? Yeah. Yep. He was the best half on the field, in my opinion. He's the best half in the field. Uh, in, a, in a derby, in a huge clash. He has a massive crack. He takes it in line. And, you know, a lot of people were really off him last week. But you have to look back at, like, Nathan Cleary, for example. There were many years where people were, like, so overrated, this, that, mm. next thing. It's actually incredible how far Lockie was able to come in such a short time. Does this mean he's going to do it week in, week out? We don't know. But very rarely do you see a rookie half stand up in a derby game like that and control the game, control the game. Just to clarify, he's 21. He's 21. 21. So you don't have to look much further than Dearden and Jake Clifford. Yeah. I would argue they came in with more ability than Elias, mm. but it just takes time. you just yeah. got to be patient with these guys. Yep. Now, I want to show you something that is crazy. It's crazy. Got this sent to me. Look at the difference, and I guess, you know, the huge play from last year's game, last year's game was obviously the Littrell situation. So I just want to watch this video. We probably won't be able to put the video on the YouTube, I don't, I don't want to get done for copyright or whatever, but um, maybe we'll just put some stills maybe, stills images. 
So we'll have to watch this a couple of times. Look, this is the exact same play, one year apart. So you've got obviously going to line, you've got Kiri there, you've got Manu. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so Manu steps back in. In the top one, they score. The top one, they score. That is obviously on uh, mm. that last night. Now look at the bottom one. It's the same play, but Latrell is aggressive. It's exactly the same play, but Latrell is aggressive. Boom, shuts it down. And it just shows you how like, it's a game of inches, but also how Latrell has clearly, you know, I guess learnt from last night. He didn't want to hurt him again, but he could have gone aggressive again and he would have shut the play down. Exact same play, Latrell stands off in the first, uh, last night. In the, the, the year before he's aggressive as fuck and doesn't hesitate, he shuts the play down. Now granted, he hit his head, which was fucked. Mm. But it just shows you that it's, it's truly a game of inches. Like it's yeah. truly a game of he hesitated for a second because he didn't want to hurt him again. I'd assume anyway, maybe it wasn't. Exact same play, everything happened the same. But because he wasn't aggressive, it gave Joey enough time to pass inside to Tedesco. And that's where when you start making players play differently and question the way they play, you, you may get certain scenarios where they act differently and, and a try is scored. But I just thought it was really interesting that the same play happened and, you know, a lot of people disliked the way Latrell handled it last year or whatever, but you look at this play, he handled differently. He didn't go in aggressive. Yeah. He didn't want to hurt his mate. Um, and that shows a bloke that clearly cared about what happened last year. Like, he clearly cared that, he, that Joey Manu was hurt by the situation. Um, now, uh, on to the, the actual game. Uh, yeah, Ilias, I thought, was fantastic. We yeah. saw the class from him. Joey Manu was, you know... So the first run Troll gets, he runs back at him, steps him. They nick each other's faces. He hits his cheekbone. Joey Manu, you can see, he's like, oh, shit, oh, shit. Because you know when you, you may get injured, you don't know. But for him to come out for the rest of the game and play the way he did, it, this guy, there's a reason why he is the number one centre in the game. And at the moment, you just can't challenge him. Even if he has a couple of quiet games, he does this so often, so regularly. In big games, Joey Manu will come in and do a big play. I just, I'm just such a massive fan. And I thought... I, I really I like that he got that, you know, throwing the ball down back. That's all part of it. It's all part of the drama. Latrell even shared that. He loves that as well. And then Latrell gets that breakaway try and scores. I, I loved it. I thought it was a great game to watch. Great game to watch. Now, uh, we'll, let's speak about Roosters before we speak about Rabbitohs. Actually. Oh, actually, we'll go about uh, Rabbitohs and then we'll get into Yep. Who else stood out for you? I thought Cookie had his best game of the year. Yeah, 100%. I thought that was potentially the game of Cam Murray's career so far. So good. I thought he so was good. And yeah, I, I've said it before. He he reminds me so much of Brad Clyde. It's mm. not even funny. Just yeah. he can just do it all. He's got a huge engine. He can ball play. He can go through the line. Even just the awareness. That one that Ilias put him through, and he turned his back. Like just to have the awareness to be able to line up Teddy like that, take him out of the play and hit Walker. He's just he's something else, Murray. Sorry, just before I forget that video, and we probably won't play the video. We'll just play the stills. And for people listening with the Manu Latrell situation, basically what happens is last year he went aggressive. At, Manu and Manu couldn't mm. offload. This year he held back. Manu got the offload, Tedesco scored. But that video was from the Try Line podcast. So thanks, the Try Line podcast. Uh, yeah, Cam Murray, uh, he's incredible. To run that outline like a oh. center and hit Walker on the inside. That lead line variation, mm. it's, mate, it's dominating. I love it. Yeah, it's it, is, it is, isn't it? That, because yeah. from a fan's perspective, you've got to understand the way we're coached and trained is you have triggers. So if someone's running at your inside shoulder, that is not only a trigger for yourself to come in, but for your outside men. So mm. to now see these variations either on the outside man or the ball player, 
it's dangerous and so, and they would have identified you can mm. clearly see walker's a jammer mm. like he's someone who comes up and in mm. yep. so they would have run that play just like it would have hurt them just as much with that manu try because bro i'm telling you that the amount of times they would have watched Watch that. clips oh. of him just going boom left hand yeah <laughs> oh. <laughs> now um cam murray plays one of the best games of his career against victor adley mm. do you think that murray you know, Radley's getting a lot of raps, and rightly so. Radley's a fantastic player. I love to see the competitive beast come out in players, and I think, you know, Cam Murray is such a gentleman that often, and he's such a hot cunt, you often don't see him as that crazy. Put it this way, if Cam Murray looked like a, a country farm boy, he'd be seen as, like, tough and gritty because he yes. gets through 50 tackles a game, rah, rah. But because he's such a good sort, you don't see him like that. But he's a competitive beast, a beast. And I thought it was really interesting the first try that Cam Murray scores was straight through Victor Adley. So I actually think two things. I thought that battle for Cam meant a lot. I also think Victor Radley next week is going to have an absolute pearl of a game. I've never seen Rads miss a tackle. Not like that. that. Get shown yeah, like that. There was that. a lot of defensive efforts, to be honest with you, with the Roosters. And, you know, they'll bounce back from it. But Radley and Satili Tupanua, I thought their defence was yeah. probably the worst I've seen. Mm from them so far in their career, which is, you know, especially for Satili, it's interesting because you've got Angus Crichton sitting on the bench. Mm. I thought Nat Butcher was really good for Ace. Uh, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, you know, Robbo to start this season, switched his back rowers over, mm. then moved Angus to the bench and started Nat Butcher. It'll be very interesting to see what he does over the next few weeks with that back row. I... He's starting to distance himself, yeah. in my opinion, from other players. He's uh, just starting to go into his own. Who's that, sorry? Murray. Oh, he's starting to go yeah. into his own. Well, him role. and Yo, like him and yeah. Yo, are just so good. But they're so different at the same yeah, time. Yeah, it's weird. Murray's Yo, just got Radley's like the game. in between of both of them. Yeah, but they, these two are. Yeah. Now, I'm reluctant to say this because I, you know, such a huge fan of the Roosters and everything they've built, but I just think they are missing Boyd Cordner, friend, the Morris brothers. I don't think it's appreciated enough how much experience they've lost over the last two years because Trent Robinson is so good at putting that the front on of, not a front, but there is no excuses. And last year, I think it may have kind of band-aided the situation a bit because they were so courageous and they played- Depleted. In, they, they were so, so courageous and played so depleted mm. that we, we didn't really stop and take stock of, hang on a sec, they just lost Jake Friend, Boyd Cordner, both the Morris brothers, that's crap. You know what I mean? How like much that, work is that too? Do you know oh, how much work they do? The Morris mate. brothers, friend, Cordner, like, pff, yeah. and how I many just hit ups and tackles is that? Exactly, and just the experience on the mm. field, and, and when you, when you put, when you drop those four players into a side, it's almost like a glue. <laughs> Bro, yeah. 100%. You know, it's almost like a glue for the entire side. And I, I just when I watch the the Roosters and when teams turn up the tempo a little bit. How often would we see friend or Boyd go, oh, you want to go up a tempo? We'll go up another tempo mm. and, and fight fire with fire. And at the moment with the Roosters, when the Rabbitohs turned the tempo up, got the line speed going, I just didn't think that – I don't think they've found their mojo yet of who is going to lead. Like, Because Hargreaves is currently coming off the bench. He can only do so much. Who's going to lead that battle and who's going to do it as well as Boyd? I actually think Boyd's one of the most underrated captains we've ever seen in the yeah. game. There's so many things in – there's so many games you watch at the Roosters that he takes these crazy hit-ups. Jake Friend, uh, Orbo also retired. That's mm. another – you know, like that yeah. core. But the Morris brothers too, they had such a massive yeah. impact at massive the back impact. of the Roosters. And I just think we're not giving 
we're not Roosters fans as, and, and fans in general. We, we have such high stands for the Roosters. We're not actually giving them enough slack for how much they've lost. And I, they, I'm sure the Roosters wouldn't want slack. I'm sure they'd be like, no, nah, there's no excuses here. But the reality is they've lost some legends of the game. But that's the thing. Like they, they don't show it. Yeah, they don't. Like, yeah, because they keep themselves to such a high standard, you don't realise how much they've lost. But yeah. if you were to take those blokes out of any other team... Mm. Mate, you'd be a bottom four side like that. Like you shouldn't even yeah. be in the conversation. These guys, on yeah, they've got a lot more improvement in them. Robbo will sort it out, but Hargraves for them is like that last little bit of taste of that. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like you yeah. can't you can't buy a Hargrave even at half time. You know, he's, yeah. he grabbed Ilias. He knows he's a rookie. He's yeah. buttoning him, roughing yeah. him up. Like he's, you need that. You need that aggression to the Roosters. But that that sort of mentality that you're talking about, that old school experience mentality, yeah. like you stripped a lot of that away from the Roosters. <sighs> I probably didn't even. Think about that. Yeah, but 24 months. Wow. Or, like, think of the number of games you lost. Orbo, in the last 24 months, Orbo, Friend, uh, Cordner, and the, the, the uh, Morris brothers, like, what would that be? Like, a fat, what, 800 games together, maybe? For sure. Yeah, over a thousand. That's so much footy in, in big games. So And it's experience, it's game yeah. management, it's all those things you were talking about. And so I just think that it will click for the Roosters, but I think it's going to take... At the, at the moment, with the information we have, it's going to take most of the year to click. But when they do click, they've got such good cattle there and there's glimpses. Like, for example, even Teddy's a little bit down at the moment, like, you know, uh, energy-wise. He seems, you know, he didn't have the best game the other night. And so, I, I, as I said in round one, I just think Robbo's tinkering with something. He's trying to figure out, like, what's – it's like a mini rebuild without a rebuild because mm. he's not going to – he would never say it's a rebuild. So I, I think this year Robbo is really tinkering with, okay, who's the leaders? Who's this, you know, who's going to lead us forward? Who's going to take us through the darker times or the tough times on the field? You know, guys like Lindsay Collins who, you know, he's into his second or third year, but it's not, he's not in his sixth or seventh year, so he's going to learn a lot. Uh, so not, not warning signs at all uh, for the, the Roosters. I will say it is getting interesting how much teams are spotting up their edges, like their Kiri and Walker. And I, I'm beginning to wonder, like, would you consider bringing Manu in at six or seven defensively just to shore up the size on the edges there? Because they are getting, like, spotted. Mm, they're small. You know, they're, they're a small halves pairing, probably the smallest halves pairing yeah. in the comp. Mm. And they're both so courageous and so tough. But I wondered, does it help shoring up their size? Like, for example, last year, Drew Hutchinson was the six for a lot of time. His big body, very hard to get through. Uh, so yeah, I think there's a lot of tinkering going on. I don't think it's warning sa- warning signs at all. No, no. When you've got Angus Crichton on the bench, it shows how good your your side is. Your side is. When you've got Tedesco, who I think, regardless if he retires tomorrow, is one of the greatest fullbacks of all time. Uh, yeah, I just think they're tinkering. It's going to be a little bit, but they are absolutely missing the guys like Boyd Corner. Just, just to go one step deeper to the guys they're missing. I mean, it wasn't that long ago Cooper Cronk was the halfback. Yeah. Since then, Luke Curie's played 25 games of first grade. Yep. Kyle Flanagan played a whole season there. He left. Sam Walker came in with no experience whatsoever, playing off the top of his head, essentially. I mean, I, I still think there's a hole been left there by Kronk as mm. well. It's, it's going to take time. insane. Yeah. yeah. I think, if anything, their, cult, their culture and standards has – they're actually overachieving. You yeah. know what I mean? They're overachieving. Well, they definitely like, are. Well, like, like, yeah. Look at last yeah. year. Yeah. Last year was incredible. Yeah, right. So, I think Trent – it's not as bad as like 2016 for them, mm. but I do think this is a year where I thought they were going to come out. I actually had them as one of the favourites to win the comp. Now I look at them, I go, they absolutely have the team to win the comp. It's whether Trent can tinker his way to what he wants to go forward mm. quick enough or soon enough. Uh, 
But yeah, I, they still they're still an incredible side. Still an incredible I won't side. Won't bet against them. Speaking well, of oh, coaching, absolutely. did you see? Uh, did you know Jason Rolls was there? Yeah, I think I so. After I like, Fitzgibbon, I didn't, oh, I yeah, didn't realize left, that. I think uh, Rolls that's went massive there. for me too because I honestly thought he was going to be next Melbourne coach. <laughs> yeah, he's that good, is he? Well, yeah, yeah he's got massive raps. and he went to England, obviously. But I was like, oh fuck, um, it's a good little addition. Well, something that we've spoken about, you know, like yeah, right. Every single guy that is playing a position at the Roosters, they've got a former legend hanging around training, helping mm. them. Like it just yeah, like Rolls. Yeah, you've got mad. Brett Morris, Josh Morris, Boyd Cordner, Jake Friend, Cooper Cronk. I mean, fuck it, like. Mm. It's it's such an incredible system organization. That doing. Mm. Uh, I for the Rabbitohs, um, he's a good example of like testing someone's edges. It doesn't have to always be physical. It can be testing an edge's trust. And what I mean by that is, so Rabbitohs Rabbitohs identified Walker's edge as a new edge together. They got Sicilian Walker who haven't played that much footy together, and that was actually all about trust. Of does Sicily trust Walker to stay out or come in? And Rabbitohs identified that of they haven't built that trust yet of knowing, you know, will Walker make his tackle or will he will he jam in? Will he shoot up? And as I said, it's it's not sometimes it's not about physical. It's about like the mental side of things. Of we'll play chicken with you, kind of like you know Walker and Satilla, you're new. Walker, you know we're coming at you. So how are you going to react mentally to us running an out ball on you? Are you going to you know jam in? Are you, uh, Satilla, are you going to be there soon enough? So I thought that was really interesting. Um, yeah. I, I think uh, they're still an incredible side. It's not absolutely not panic stations at all, the Roosters. I think that once it does click, they're going to be fucking scary as anything. Uh, Rabbitohs, I thought Arrow was really good. Cook's best game. Uh, Murray, incredible. Uh, I thought Milne was actually really good on, yeah. the, on the wing, made some big uh, defensive reads. They're stuck Col- there again now. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean, like yeah. you spoke about this. Like, what do they? What do they do? I still don't think they've got the solution for that centre side. But I'm not. Ta- I'm not taking Milne off the wing there. Yeah, I know. I'm they're, leaving him. It's they're in a tough spot He's because aggressive. they just. It doesn't seem like they've prepared well enough for life without Gagai at the moment. Mm. They were so focused on the Reynolds situation. In saying that, the job was done. They won mm. the derby. They looked really good. They probably they could did, have been yeah. up. They had a quite. It was a few try. Like Keon drops the ball. Then I think there's another try. Yeah, AJ. Um, Put a kick in, but he hit the floor first. Yeah, so yep. So there's two tries disallowed. So it was actually quite a dominant win by the Rabbitohs. Uh, Latrell, uh, what's it's just so interesting that you can say people can talk as much as they want, as just for as long as they want, and you can dislike him and you can this that. You know, he didn't play that well for 60, 70 minutes, but at the end of the day, Latrell's footy does the talking. Mm. You know what I mean? How many times does he make the big play? that ends, that finishes a game or gets them back into it. Can you name a player that's better at just blocking out noise? Yeah, so good at it. Like it just, nothing seems to impact him. He's the most polarising player in the, in the, the By game. far and By, away. Not, like I, I don't post a lot of the stuff with him because I don't want the negative stuff in the comment section. Like I don't want, I just don't want that negative energy. And I'm not, I don't want to use his name to get likes and clicks. It's very easy to, you know, the trail yeah. post comes up. So I try to keep it at a minimum because it's just like, no matter what happens, there are going to be people that just for some reason, just not for some reason, I'm sure they've got their reasons, but it's just really negative. And, and I just think that, that you know, people can talk what they want. Latrell st- has stepped up in big moments so many times over so many years. It's, he just, he's, there's nothing to say, you know, there's nothing to say. He does it. I mean, like what he kicked a 48 metre field goal last week, a two pointer, and people went, why is he celebrating like a wanker? It's like, <laughs> 
You for real? <laughs> He's just pinged it at Melbourne and Craig Bellamy. He's Bellamy's done something that only what three guys have ever done before. Yeah. He puts it into the fifteenth row of the crowd, and you're upset because he celebrated. Yeah. It's, it's just so yeah, it's bizarre. And yeah, we've seen enough now to know that he's got a good heart. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. So no one, you can't really say that. Oh, he's just a shit bloke. Like, yeah, he, I know. You know, he's a, he is a good. I know him. He's a yeah, good bloke. He's a but legend. Even of a his bloke. perception now, what he gives off, like you can see, and he's learned learned from his mistakes, mm. and he's trying to. You know what I mean? So, I just think, as you said, bro, he's there to do the big money plays, but. As a South fan, ultimate Latrell, would I love to see him combine that with just a little bit more work? Oh, for and, sure. You know, just really he's underdone off his right game. Now. Yeah, it he, would be so nice. He's, but he's going to get there. Yeah, he's he's definitely underdone. Definitely. And you know, you would love to see him. You know, a bit fitter, not having to go out in the wing. Absolutely, there is no no denying that. It's just he just when the big players are there. I, I'm trying to think of another player that has consistently pulled off big plays in different ways, whether it's a field goal, whether it's a try, whether it's a flick pass. He's just so talented. So I, I, what I loved, again, about that game is Manu had his moment yeah. and then Latrell had his moment at the end and he got to experience it. And it just adds to the narrative because even though it was quite a blowout for the next game, we are still going to be so keen to see the next game. What's interesting as well, it was only two points different to its uh, round three last year. It was 26-16. Mm. And this round three was 28-16. Yeah. It shows you. I thought that thing you posted there. That other was Maddie's thing. I'll give Maddie his due. Yeah, fuck, that was unbelievable. Yeah, Maddie. Three points <laughs> ever separating them yeah. before that game Incredible. Off. Incredible. In 100 odd years? Yep. Yeah. Wild. That's crazy. Yeah. So well done, Matt. One good thing. Fuck me. <laughs> 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 no, that, that was a really, really good post. That was really good. He put that all together. Even I was like, that, how is that possible? How? Especially with all the dark years at the Rabbitohs. Yeah. Um, it's all wrong anyways. But, you know, the math's wrong. <laughs> Fuck shit post. Shit post. Um, yeah, so great game. I thought it added to the, the whole narrative. Rabbitohs, fuck. Like, I, I was walking to the gym the day after. I actually go to the gym. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, I go to the gym. <laughs> fuck. Looking big, bro. Um, it's, not, it's not altitude, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyway, walking to the gym and, and I was like, you know what? Rabbitohs are the only team, I think, that we are absolutely going to have to judge week to week. Mm. Like, they could go on the, a shit run for six weeks and then just turn it around and all of a sudden be good again. When you compare the standard of footy from their first two rounds to the standard of footy to round three, it's two different teams. And so I just think that – and they've always – you know, well, not always, but the last few years they've been like this where – you just can't predict it. You looked at last year, they lost by 50 and two, yeah, yeah, two or three yeah. times, all of a sudden went on a run. Who have they got next weekend? Penrith. Penrith. Massive like if man. they win next weekend, we're having a way different combo about South. And we're going back to the point we made, which is new coach, new combinations. They were very close in, yeah. round, in round two. And we're saying, well, that was just their little progression. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, The Rabbitohs are just, the, I really believe they're the only team in the comp that even if they go on a losing streak, they are still going to be a threat. Because like those first two games, I honestly was sitting there going, I'm beginning to be worried they missed the eight. And then they come out, like I didn't think they would, but I was like, I think they might. Like, you know, when you think of worst case scenarios, I know we spoke about it at the preseason chat. We were like, if everything goes bad, this could turn yeah, into like snowball out of control. And then I watch them the other night and I'm like, that's a top three side. Yeah. Like bashing the roosters and... Uh, yeah, so they're, they're such an exciting team. So Rabbitohs are looking good. The good thing is, is at least now we know that they can play close to the standard that they were last year. Whether they can do it week in, week out, we don't know, but we know they can do it. In saying that, they've had a tough draw to start. Oh, massive, 100%. It's been brutal. 
Latrell didn't play round one, which meant they had to move AJ to fullback. So their combinations have been a little bit out of whack. Mm. The two games we've seen them with their full squad, they've beaten the Chooks and they've taken Melbourne to extra time when mm. they got off the bus in the 65th minute. Yeah. Well, so that, but that's what I like. Even that the Storm game reflects that whole. You, ca- yep. you can't even judge a minute to minute. Like mm. they can literally. I mean, Matt, you can speak it. Am I chatting nonsense, or do you feel that as a Rabbitohs fan? What do you feel? Well, think about the think about the three games that they've played. They were shocking in round one. Yeah, they were incredible last on, against the Roosters, and then against the Storm, it was like an absolute mixed bag. So yeah, if you go on just off that, like. I don't know what team's going to go off the bus, but I am happy that we started, I guess, a little bit poorly and then gotten better each week. I, like, what's bizarre is, like, I actually think this is a better start to the year than I thought was going to happen, even though oh, yeah, yeah. they were so poor. It's just weird. They're such a strange team, and that's what makes them so exciting. So, again, good, good signs for the Rabbitohs. It's, it's just incredible. Big game. Oh, well, you're assuming Cleary and Fisher-Harris walk back into this side too, so mm. it's going to be a massive game next mm. week. Oh, huge game. Huge game. I can't wait. And I think Ilias – I think by the end of the year, I think a lot of people are going to be on the Ilias bandwagon. Yeah, I, I really like what I saw. I agree. I really like what I saw. And it bounced back like that in a derby. Now, on to Panthers v Knights. Uh Wow, what a strange game. Like we'll get the uh, the big news out of the way. Obviously, Barnett puts his elbow up. Um, concussions. Uh, Smith, I think it was. Smith? Chris Smith? Look, internally, I want to say all the like, that's terrible and all that kind of stuff. But it's we all know how bad it was. So what else can we really say? You know, he's going to face the punishment. Uh, he's going to face the music. Um and I think that there's no one that's probably, you know, obviously Smith, you know, couldn't play the game. So we've got to think about him. He's the victim of all this. But Barnett, uh, it's, it's got to be a fork in the road for him this moment. Because mm. if, if this kind of little st- stuff happens again, I don't think fans will, like, it'll be almost, if he does something like this again, it'll almost be hard for fans to really get behind him. You, you know, for this situation, you can sit there and go, okay, it was really poor act. It, you know, it wasn't the right thing to do, but we all make some pretty poor decisions in our lives. Hopefully he can bounce back. Um, but outside of that, I don't want to pile on him because nah. what's, what's the point of that? But I think we can just all acknowledge that it was terrible play, shouldn't have happened. And there's a difference between accidentally head-highing someone and, you know, being aggressive and then an action like that. You know, you can all – like that, that action, it just cannot be part of the game. So I'm sure he's more devastated than anyone. Um, and it just, can, it just cannot happen again. No. It's going to hurt his own career, mm. and it, it hurts the boys. And also, Smith is lucky that he's sweet because yep. that was really, really dangerous. So I don't want to pile on, but you've just got to acknowledge that it was really poor. I hope he learns from it. What were your guys' thoughts on the situation? Mate, Newcastle, what they did the other day was so impressive. Yeah, I, and I, I know it's a big call or whatever. I think if Barnett stays on the field, they could have won this game. I agree. Mm. They were going with them 100%, and that's – eating a heap of humble pie for me. Mm. Uh, I just, I thought they were so impressive. And I mean, when, when you consider that they were without a player, without a back rower for that long, and they, they only got beat by what, 18 points against Penrith Panthers. Who, who was I know I'm missing, team, missing yeah. players, but they're a gun side yeah. with or without those guys. I thought it was just so impressive by Newcastle. I, I had people that have messaged me saying, oh, I told you Panthers 13 plus. It's like... Yes. Look at the actual reality the of well. the game. Yeah. Like they played with 12. Kurt was, Mann got sent off for getting hit in the dick. Yeah, it was just... Like, bruh. 
My dick's not they, that big. They play. Yeah, fucking hell. It's up near your head. Your dick's near your head. I tell you what, you're fucking doing all right. Shouldn't be playing footy, dude. Fucking Guinness World, Guinness World Book of Records. They Fuck played with dead. 12 players against the defending premiers for the vast majority of that game. They missed 16 tackles, Newcastle. Yeah. Um, mate, I'm getting on the fucking new man way. Yeah, they showed a lot of character. To your point, it's unfortunate what happened. I think as well like with aggressive players like he's a known aggressive player but mm. at some point whether rule changes or not at some point you just need to harbour in like you can't keep doing this and mm. be tagged for that and now we're literally seeing like you you're going to throw a game if you do something that stupid but mm-hmm. like that's absolutely that's, that called the game then and mm. there and then he'll probably be gone for anywhere from six to ten weeks and we mentioned before sewer being a guy that could get targeted that's the same thing they're going to go after that, him now. that balance it's well, they're absolutely – again, and I'm not saying that you made this, this comparison, but I can – if you are an aggressive player and you're trying to pull off a big hit, that never reflects to me you as a person because it's like you're just an aggressive player mm. within the rules of the game. Of course. But when you do things like that where it's like it's not part of a hit, it's just purely malicious. It's brain snap. You know? Uh, it's, it's, it's not unforgivable, but it reflects more poorly on you than a head high kind of would. Mm-hmm. And I think that you're right, that refs are going to start looking like Barnett. He's going to have to be so squeaky clean because any little thing in today's game with the environment with the head knocks and that, like it's, it's almost the worst timing for him to do something like this. We're, we're constantly arguing about concussion. I just, yeah, it's uh, And this is where it now gets interesting for Newcastle. They lost um, Fitzgibbon last week. Mm. Fuck it. But they could be without Barnett for 10 weeks here. Mm. Potentially. It's going to be a big test for them out on that edge as well now. And it's, yeah, there's brain explosion. I hope he, he learns from it and his mistake. Um, but he's going to feel he's going to feel this so deeply, like, you know, online, people in the crowd. Like, he's going to – so anyone that wants to, I guess, pile on and, and you be, it, you know, really negative towards him, <coughs> it doesn't – change anything do you know what i mean like yeah, you can say it's bad without he did the wrong thing absolutely but i just just let's i hope as a community that we don't dogpile because how does that that doesn't help the situation doesn't help smith doesn't help him at all all it does is yeah anyway um so yeah it's tough because they need barnett on the field they need him playing good footy they they need aggressive guy in the middle that's going to get through all the tough work uh i mean if you had to estimate how much weeks you think he's going to get I would give him 10 weeks. 10 weeks, wow. How much you give him? I was thinking around more than like six to eight. Yeah, I, I was mean, thinking six to eight as well. It's not, it's not, you can't consider it careless, but yeah. it's not ideal. But well, what's the intentions behind I, I it? I would go heavy on it. The, yeah, I yeah, would go heavy on it just because we haven't seen happen. it in a long time. But it's one thing you don't want to risk seeing again. I, 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 I personally think you could go overs on yeah, it. Yeah, so like, for example, like you mean we don't want to see it again for a number of things, you know, sponsors, yep. you don't like that. And, and, and it's the one thing that, you know, does turn away young kids from the game. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, it's tough. So I, again, I, I hope he obviously learns from it and I hope he's, uh, I guess, justice is served. But at the same time, I hope that he's got the right people around him to learn and grow from this hmm. rather than allow it to yeah. And as an aggressive and competitive player, like you said, fork in the road, hopefully he takes this moment to understand, just need to get some of that out of my game, keep all the, all the good stuff, but find a balance, find that line. And then the other thing with all this, I know we don't really give people the platform, we don't promote it, but the more players, if he comes out and owns that, I stuffed up, this is the type of player I am, this is the type of person I am, won't happen again. I've now got to pay my dues and earn the respect of my teammates and whatnot. But I always am really... I, I, 
preference to see players come out on the front foot and own the story as opposed to someone else running that narrative. So a little bit of ownership. He's, he has to earn back the respect from fans and teammates, but I'm sure he will. And mm. then just find that balance in his game because you can't afford to be given away a sim bin, let alone being sent off or yeah. miss 10 weeks, eight weeks, whatever it yeah. is. And if he can find that balance, fuck, he's a good footballer. Yeah, he's a gun. He he's a great footy he player. And you, and you need aggressive players inside. You I, do. I, I like your, your uh, suggestion there. It's also, it could be an opportunity for him yeah. to, you know, he's only going to be doing just training and that now, not playing for, for a substantial amount of time. You know, maybe there is some kind of public program he could do or do extra promos going to school and, you know, teaching young men about the difference between those kind of actions. And that's, that's, uh, that's not the way men act. And this is the way we can kind of work through it. So, yeah, hope, hopefully he, he can learn from it because he's a great footy player. I mean, yeah. he was getting considered, you know, on the fringes for origin there for a bit. He's I know, tough, I know man. he's tough as anything, gets through a bunch of work. Judge uh, him on his reaction, not his action. He's seen, he, yeah, you know, he's seen devastated. He, yeah, judge him on his reactions from now. Do, yeah. you know, don't, yeah. like you said, don't, don't pile it on when someone does something. Everyone mm. makes mistakes, fails, yeah. fucks up. So judge him on his reaction. And if it's good, let him earn his way back into the team yep. and the respect of everyone, fans and teammates. Absolutely agree. Uh, but, yeah, back to the Knights and, and the way they played. I, I love it. I love Kurt Mann at 13. Yeah. They showed a bunch of character. They showed grit. They showed... Um, they showed willingness to stick to standards regardless of the situation. A lot of teams, situations get tough. They take a way out. You know, you look at the Broncos, unfortunately, they, hang, they, they were hanging in the game. The situation got tough. It wasn't going their way. They fell apart. The Knights, on the other hand, even though there was a few you know, tries towards the end, for most of that game were extremely competitive and they nearly got the win with one man down. So much confidence to take from it. Okay, it's never going to get worse than that. Yeah. In Newcastle. Yeah. And they hung in there against the best team in this competition. Uh, so for the um, for the Knights, I thought, uh, obviously, Gagai had a really good start. I think uh, there was a period there where Dominic Young kind of fell back into his own, own old ways. He didn't chase yes. a, a grubber yep. in goal. Tago ended up scoring. I feel like he, if he was, you, you know, as a winger, even if you don't think you're going to get near the ball, you've constantly got to be willing to just chasing, be on your toes. Don't just sit back and allow things to happen. Um, Clune, uh pass to best was fantastic. Beautiful. Like, such, like ripper of a ball. Don't stop that. Uh, I thought it was the best game of Hoy's career. Yeah, Hoy, yeah, I mean, considering the hype that he had coming in, he probably has been a little bit underwhelming to yeah. start his career, but he came in with so much hype. Mm. It's not even funny. You know, it's tough, you know, every time he plays, he's filling in the boots of KP. It's a tough gig. Mm. Oh, I thought he was great the other night, the other day I'm as like, well. We're talking about a Knights team missing key, key players. Yeah. Key players. Yep. Uh, look, am I, am I fully on the Knights bandwagon as they're a top four side? Not yet. But if they don't make the top eight, with the way they're like, with what I've seen so far, I would be very surprised. And they're another team that has already faced issues as far as team selection. They've already, like, they don't have their hooker. They haven't had their fullback. They have missed at least one to two of their quality front rowers every single week. They're still performing. They've shown that they can overcome obstacles as well. It's... Very yeah. impressive. First three games, they play the Tigers, obviously, Tigers struggling, but they've played the Roosters and Penrith. Yep. Mm, now exactly. that's, they haven't played three low, t- low teams. Uh, so, and, and it's just, I think we're finally seeing what Adam O'Brien was trying to implement a few years ago. And I think all the boys are getting on board now. And, you know, he may have gone around it a, way, a longer way than he thought, but this is why you stick with coaches as well, I think, sometimes, where, especially when there's such a shallow amount of coaches in the thing. I, you know, very, very easy. I, th- I think his job was even under pressure, like last year for, for a bit. 
And I think that they're reaping the benefits of just buying into Adam O'Brien. I'm going to ask a question that I cannot believe I'm asking. You would have to assume to keep KP, they're going to have to pay a lot of money. Yeah. Is the first three weeks making them wonder if they need to spend that much money on KP? That's a hot take. That's uh, so spicy. No, no, oh, mate, especially from me. I, I don't want to get near that shit. That's so uh, spicy, baby. All right, so who, who are we signing? Jaden Campbell well, or uh, Reese Walsh? <laughs> that's so is that spicy, the point where they've shown that they, can, they are not a one-man team? It is so blatantly obvious. They're better with KP. There's no doubt about yeah. it. Yeah. But better with KP when you have to pay him $1.2 million when he hasn't <sighs> put together an entire full season yet. I'm, I've jumped over the other side of the right fence. Now. Yeah, it's a great question right now. Right yes. now, yeah. Oh, because I'm seeing, I'm seeing some of the things come to light where, like, the halves have had an opportunity to step up in a few other players. Yep. I want to see KP in the mix with this team that's brought into culture and everything else. But, yeah, the, you can't tell me they're not having the, the little I, the little I think they've got to be thinking about it, <laughs> but don't yeah, they? Yeah, I mean, with the question, I guess, you know, extension of your question... Do they pay overs for, for KP? That's what I'm trying to ask. Do you want to pay? Which you're going to have to pay overs. You're going to have to. Let's be honest. Well, that, that's the thing. Like, do they have to? Yeah, that's the question. That's you yeah. know, like, like six months ago they had to, whereas now it's like they're playing such good footy, and it's only three games. Like it's such a long season. We're all aware of that. But you're right. It is a let's say you know one is they have to pay overs. Ten is we don't need him. They probably were at two six months ago maybe even one probably one i'd say like that's how much they needed him to stay at the club but you would say that they have moved away from that one closer to i don't know three four whatever your number is that's that's the question you're asking it's a really interesting one and also like on the flip side they can go to kp and say look mate if you take a little bit of a pay cut we can recruit other people look how good we're going it's it's an interesting take and you're right you asked that at the start of the season. We were both of the mind. If the Knights lose KP, they put, they're back a decade. Yeah. Back a decade. Now, I, I think that you could make the argument that they don't need to pay 1.2 for him. You could make the argument that they only need to pay 900 to a mil. The reason why I would still go hard at this point in time for the Knights is, as we know, it is so hard to come by that generational talent that can break games apart. But... As you said, he hasn't really put together a full season in a substantial amount of time. Mm. That is a lot of money in your cap. Could you go into the market and get, you know, a Reese Walsh could be available or a, a Campbell could be available in a year or two. I mean, like you could offer, you know, yeah, and I'm just off the top of the head, you could offer Dylan Edwards probably 250K more than he's getting at Penrith mm. and pay him 400K less than what you'd probably have to pay Caelan Ponga yeah, to it's keep an, it's him, you know what I mean? It's really, really interesting. It's almost... It's almost put them in a harder position because they have they've got. It's a heaps team. harder yeah. position. Yeah, he's now your stuff. captain too. Yeah, <laughs> mate. If I'm KP, I'm staying. I'm. I'm yeah. like now, to, to yeah. knock Based off a premiership in Newcastle for him would be all time. Well, and also like, what are the options for KP? You go to the you go to the Dolphins and you're starting from scratch, and you know, ad nauseum, a year ago I was like. Uh, there's, I don't think he's going to stay. I don't think he's going to stay. And we, we kept on saying that the first six weeks for the, the Knights is like club-defining. <laughs> but we didn't think it would be club-defining in this direction. We didn't think it was going to be like, you know, KP, great player, really mature. He's getting much better in, in just filling in, in areas that he may have not before. But now it's kind of a question of, do you break the bank when you've got such a good system that seems to be working? I, I think that time isn't on their side. So I actually don't think they've got enough time 
to make the call that you're alluding to. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't have enough games to go, all right, we've put together 10. Because they could look at the Dragons like a couple of years ago. They played 10 games mm. at the top of the table mm. and then completely spiralled. And so I think if you're the Knights, you probably still have to pay what we KP We spoke about wants. Munster. What's your gut feeling with KP? I think he stays now. Yeah. Had, at the start of the season, I thought he was gone 100%. I, just got this, I don't know. I feel like Dolphins might nab him. Really? Just the connection yeah. of the Bromwich brothers. I mean, by all reports. Has Kevin Proctor signed there? Um, There's been talk of it, yeah? Yeah, he hasn't signed there. No, nah, but like... Sarko signed there, Bromwich brothers, mm. uh, Ray Stone. Um, Couple of young good halves. Felice Cafusi. Yeah. You reckon he goes to Dolphins? Maybe, yeah. Well, I, I want to see him say the Knights. I definitely yeah. like. I think he's he's developed himself. He's like he's a leader there now. Um, mm. And I think we spoke about this last week. Yeah. When Newcastle's going well, it's just good for rugby league. Mm. So I'd love to see him say. I just can't. I actually want to see him now in this Newcastle Knights yeah. team that we believe has is showing characteristics of being like actually buying into that Am O'Brien culture. Mm. So I want to see him inject himself in. Yeah. Maybe it takes a week or two to find his feet with the with the what they've developed, but well, I want to see it. That's the other thing. It's been a small sample size, but the games we have seen them play, and you know, granted, one or two of them were trials. They were getting around and sort of not using KP mm. as much as what. You, you would want a guy on 1.2 or whatever it is to be worth. So it's, I thought it would go the other way with Joey. So as did well. I. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, and I cannot believe we're having this conversation. Yeah, I no, can't believe right. where I'm sitting on this argument. Yeah. You like, started yeah. it though. Just as. Yeah. Just, I just say, oh, listeners, just to be clear, <laughs> we don't hate KP the way fucking Guru hates KP. Apparently, get that in quotations, <laughs> Matty. <laughs> no, it's, it's a great question. It's a great question. I think the, the, the Knights are in a much stronger position uh, negotiation wise. But I think them being experienced heads and seeing how long a season is, they just don't have a big enough sample size to go to the bank with that huge call, huge call. Is he back next week? Stop fucking teasing us, Adam. Don't know. Well, I, I guess you could argue another concern is the fact the injuries, you know, like they are starting to, you know, become a bit, bit more regular. Uh, I think the last, what, I think it's three years now that he hasn't, he's like 15, 16 games. I think 19 is the most. Um, I, I again, I think that the Knights still have to pay big bucks for him. You know, he's a marquee guy. Someone's going to. Yeah, we, we haven't. The, the positive with KP is like we haven't even scratched the surface with him. No. You know, he hasn't even gotten close to his potential. So imagine that, as you said, the Knights side with him killing it as well. That's how they could really be a top four threat. You know, you, you add the Knights the way they're playing now with KP playing career best footy. That's a top four side in my opinion. Yeah, you know? I think so. Um, and that's not even including Brayley comeback. That's the other thing you we know? haven't even spoken about Brayley. Yeah, haven't even spoken when about Brayley. Randall's been fantastic. Heard the name fantastic. Mitchell Pierce. Yeah, mm, and we need to. Yeah, I tell you, you what, Brayley though, massive credit to the Knights. I thought that was the wrong call. Clearly, was a, I mean, so far, first three rounds, saying Pierce, you know, go chase crumpets in Europe. I think it was right. <laughs> they were right. They, were, they proved a lot of people wrong, including myself. <laughs> Pierce is <laughs> really no. He's eating crumpets all day over there. Croissants or crumpets. <laughs> It's a, it's a podcast oh, it? joke. Yeah. <laughs> it may be another word for something else. Yeah, right. True, true. Okay. <laughs> got it, got it, got it. Uh, and PC, I think you'd love a European crumpet I with a bit so. of honey on it. A bit so. of honey on a crumpet. Who, who wouldn't? Butter? Butter your crumpet? Do you butter your muffin? What's that off again? Mean Girls, is it? Is it Mean Girls movie? You know that stuff. Yeah. Don't pretend. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't watch Mean Girls. You watch Mean Girls every week with your missus bar. Give me a break. Um, Just with Ponga, um, since Newcastle, he's gone 20 games, 20 games, 19, 15. Oh, mm. sorry. Left the 220 out there. Mm. Yeah, like, but still not a full, full season. Uh, it's, not gonna, it's not going to do him any favours. Yeah. 
it's it's not enough to say he's like I don't believe you would put him in injury prone right, category yeah, yet. I don't think so. I think that's hyperbolic, but I do believe that it's getting to the point where we want to you want to see a full and then KP would be the same. He'd want to see a full year out of it. Bro, I just want to see him play. A hundred percent. I just want to see him out there, just fit, killing it. Like he adds so much to rugby league when he's killing it. He's he's a superstar that other sports would envy that we have. Yeah, and it's often underappreciated how important superstars of the game are. They just attract those fringe uh, fans that may not be interested. Mm. They get involved. Like there would be tens of thousands of fans of KP that barely watch rugby league, but they love it because of him. And you look at like AFL, that that good sort with the long hair, I don't know what his name is, but imagine Bailey. the amount of, oh fuck, he's hot. He's, he's, he's so good looking, it's a joke, <laughs> it's, it's a joke. Um, and he's got the beautiful long hair. But imagine the amount of fringe people that watch because of superstars. So, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's a great question, Guru. Great question. Right. Uh, be interesting to see. And just for all the Knights fans, I cashed out my wooden spoon bet last week, and oh, I, really? I got a lot less back than I put in. Really? That's for wow. sure. Wow, wow. Uh, so you really were on the wooden <laughs> spoon? Back. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so you really were on that? That well, I got on them. I think they were at seventeens or something. Yeah. And then they came into thirteens, and I thought oh, I was a genius. I think they're out to about forties wow. now. So yeah, hello. Yeah, going to wear that one. Right. That's what I love about this year, though. It's just, you know, I'm happy to be wrong because it means that things are happening. You yes. know, I would hate to go into this year, kind of like last year, where we were like, this, we know what's going to happen here. Like, we know this year, it's really up in the air. Like, the Panthers haven't even hit their stride yet, really, in my opinion. I don't think they've played anywhere near where they, where they can play. Uh, but, but yeah, we'll get on to the Panthers now. Um, but yeah, the Knights going incredible. Uh, I thought it showed so much grit and determination. Uh, on the weekend now the Panthers uh, I just think they continue to show they are a system they are a franchise yeah. now they are a powerhouse and it is undeniable I'm on that train there's just no denying it yeah we, we, we listed guys the Roosters are missing from last year and they are of course just unbelievably high quality players but you look at, as far as guys go in the modern game Cleary I think he's the best player in our game right now Fisher Harris I think he's the most consistent front row in our game. I think he's the best alpha in our game. Liam Martin's a New South Wales representative. Yep. Brian Toto's the best winger in rugby league. And Leota, I think he's one of the more underrated front yeah, rowers. All guys that were missing in this game. And Crazy. Insane. Yeah. Like, and to put on a performance like that wasn't pretty, but they got the job done. And to bring in two rookies that can score five tries mm -hmm. together. Depth's uh, a huge marker of what you were talking about. Absolutely. A legit system, and I'm happy to put them in that bracket now. I honestly think that the, the Panthers are so good right now that they could probably field a reserve grade side and, or at least a mostly reserve grade side, with, sprinkled with a few first graders and compete with the, the bottom end. Mm. Like I really do. That's how good they are right now. Um, they're, leading, they're leading the New South Wales Cup. Well, there you go. I just talk shit for no reason. The beak's got some brains behind them. <laughs> That's why it's so big. It's got huh, they've it's got conceded 20 points all year in New South Wales Cup. Yeah, wow. In three games. Wow. And they're missing their halfback, Sean O'Sullivan. Oh, yeah. Holy yeah. shit. That's so impressive. Uh, yeah, it's undeniable. The Panthers are a powerhouse now, and it's going to take a disaster for them to not be a powerhouse because imagine, imagine a world where the Roosters of Storm had the nursery of Western Sydney. Imagine it. Mm. So Panthers almost like all you need to do is just keep this up keep the system in place it's just going to spread more and more where it's going to be like the broncos early 2000s where every player in the country would fly to brisbane just to play for the broncos yeah. that's on top of them having essentially an entire state to pull from uh and that's what's going to make the panthers such a dominant force and they've got one of the 
the best young halves we've ever seen in Cleary. So, yeah, massive wraps. Isaiah Yo now sits at top. He's won three points in every game this year. It's crazy. He's gone to a whole other level. I didn't think he had more in him, and he's gone to a whole other level. I still have Murray for me at the moment as the best lock in the game, but if if on one day I woke up and said, yo, I'd be okay with that too. He's so good. I, I think it depends how you want to play and the structure of your yeah, team too true. with uh, those two. But, yeah, you're, you're not going to be disappointed with either of them. There's, there is absolutely no doubt that it's either one of them. Like, yeah. there's no one else that comes – like no, that, then no one close. Yeah, They're those two, and then it's a, a gap, in my opinion, to third. Uh, but he's just – yeah, to be – I had a conversation in the comment section a few weeks ago where he was kind of the guy was implying that we were a bit, I guess, negative towards Yo, saying that he wasn't that good of a player coming through. I just want to, I guess, speak about that more in depth. He was a journeyman, like he was a good, solid first grader, but he wasn't a first grader where, you know, he just he was a good, solid first grader. He wasn't someone that you would pin, you would ever. I don't think anyone predicted that he would go on to become the best thirteen in the game, or arguably. But on top of that, is he might win a Dally M. If you said to me, Isaiah Yo, four or five years ago, will win a Dally M, you would have said, brah, with the, with the talent, are you telling me he's going to win a Dally M over Cam Munster? You know, over Jackie White? Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And he, so his development, I think if there's one player that represents how far the Panthers have come, it's him. Yeah, for sure. And if you would have said two years ago he'll be the first choice 13 for the Kangaroos, we would have got laughter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's crazy. It's incredible what they've done. And it's incredible what he's done for his game. And he has he, he's so well-rounded as well. So, yeah, Panthers, great win. Uh, they're going to be there or thereabouts when it comes. I mean, to think they don't even have Nathan Cleary yet. Nathan fucking Cleary. The great chin of the West. <laughs> the greatest. Just chinning blokes. <laughs> oh, man. Just out there chinning blokes. Fucking hell, what do you know? We got chinned a few blokes. Well, the um, impact he has for them is just ridiculous. So for them to be what, doing what they're doing, like, yeah, they're, they're sitting at the top. They're the team to oh, like. Imagine the pressure he's going to be putting on teams when he's just pinging them into oh. corners and they're just – and Fisher-Harris comes oh, – anyway, yeah, Panthers incredible. Uh, what a great win by them. Because uh, it would have been easy for them to kind of, I guess, be complacent when they lost a player and just start throwing the ball around. But they were clinical towards the end. I know it's early in the season, but have you ever seen a team get up for a grand final – come back, win it the year after, and then start the next. It's like, it's only it's the like storm. they don't get fatigued. Mm. Yeah, it's like only the storm. It's, yeah, it's a, dinner, yeah, it's a little dynasty yeah. starting here. Yeah. That's what's happening. And I just think that I just want to see their program. I want to see their strength and conditioning and fitness yeah. program because they must, like every time they come out in the field, they are so energised, so ready to play. They just must have, I know he's gone to Newcastle, which is, you know, we spoke about this, but yeah, they're just so impressive. I say, if Tago win centre of the year this year, I won't be surprised. That's how good he's going. And no one's talking about Matt Burton. They just lost the Dallium centre of the year. No one's even mentioned it. Yeah. It's Crazy. Insane. That's a couple of those are the couple of pillars. Like I think that next man up mentality. So when guys like that come into your side and you've just got these freak talents. Yeah. And then also guys who are undeveloped, unproven, unnamed and they come in and start playing well. Like Sean Sullivan's a good example of that. Yeah. Yep. I think that's a great example. And then just being able to put teams away regardless of the adversity, like all of these attributes Penrith have and it's fucking it's unreal to watch. Um oh fuck. Just want to get this up. Fuck Tago's gun. I had to. I had to post and tag him. I don't ever do that. But I was. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I even got a little bit fanboy when I when he wrote back. <laughs> <to me. laughs> it's weird how that yeah. happens, eh, bro? Yeah, I was it's like, so no, weird. you know what? You're a fucking gun. Yeah, he's a gun. <laughs> you know, it's weird. It's like when I started, I never tagged any of the boys because I didn't want to be like a Derek and like I guess bother them. 
But then a few of the boys like, bro, targets. I want, I want some fucking, yeah. some clout. I was just like, nah, you know what? You're fucking yeah. killing it. He is like, a gun. And that's, that's that center battle. That's fucking unreal to go up against gay guy. <sighs> Mate. The okay. center battles are fucking. Let sick. me. This is this is a, a a teenager. This is his stats for this year. Three appearances, three tries, two tries, thirteen tackle breaks, three line breaks. Tackle efficiency of 91.4% in the centers, in the centers. He's made 64 tackles and only missed six in the entire season so far. His average run meter is 130 and his average points are 55. Like this is a teenager, a teenager coming in and doing these kind of numbers. And also these well-rounded numbers. It's not just like he's got a million tackle breaks, but he misses six tackles a game. He's, it's just incredible. Um, and as you said, boys, reacting well to maybe poor decisions or yep. errors or whatever it may be, reacting well. Like you seeing that out of a young kid who's yep. also killing it, you're yeah. stoked. As someone that takes him as an anytime try scorer every goddamn week, he's mm. also been denied three tries. Yeah, that's insane. Right. Insane. Even telling me, just that duo is going to terrorize teams for a long time to come. Now, on to the Storm versus the Eels. I actually, what's funny is I picked the Knights, and so I was like devastated when Barnett gets sent off because I'm like, man, I would have seen, I would have been a genius <laughs> if they had a one, if they had a one. Uh, but I actually picked the Eels. Mm. Yeah. I picked the Eels. Um, it's hard not to after they'd a bit depleted the Storm. Cheese, yeah. cheese kind of got me a bit more excited about yeah. the Storm's chances, but mm. off the back of extra time. Eels tough. are the bogey team for them. Mate, exactly. And I just thought, you know, the, the Storm just haven't looked convincing yet. They're mm. just playing patches. Mm. They're just finding their groove. Uh, but what a game of footy. This was a cracking game. Like, this is why we watch footy. To think that Ray Stone, the man that, you know, played out of position last year in the final, that, you know, people were just pizzling him because he had a poor game. He's playing hooker. He's not a hooker. Then he comes out against the Storm. Two of his tries are purely just chasing. Just competing. Just eh? competing. That's it. <laughs> Does his ACL, suspected ACL, scoring the try, his last game, like, confirmed, that's his last. Confirmed ACL. It's confirmed yeah, ACL. The leg just yeah, I, I thought it was, people were like, oh, he's getting up and walking. I was like, yeah, but sometimes ACL, you can yeah, get you up have, and walk. Yeah, you can, yeah. <laughs> I did think that was. To score a try, that's the last play. Like, just to leave the club like that, I know it sucks that he's not going to play again, but to, there's ways to go out. That's pretty high up there. It is. Pretty high up there. We were texting at the time, and when he scored, I, I texted you and I said, "Poor bastard, he's going to be offside. He's going to cost the team the win here." Then they went to the VR plan. And I just went, "No way, he's just what a play. He's something else." Yeah, like there's no one else chasing. Nah, no one does. No How many one. times do you think? I wish I'd. Ch it's happened before. I wish I chased that drop out. And yeah. You just stand there and you're like, just watching. But credit to him, mate. It's like what 80, 80 whatever minute. You know, he's yeah. played his game, and he's. It's just the picture with a bunker and. Every player except for Hughes, I think. And Hughes obviously has to be back there to mm -hmm. take it. I think it was Hughes rather than... Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. was. For, yeah, incredible moment. And, and the Eels, you know, I hate to say it, but our man Dylan Brown was outstanding. Yeah, love to say it. Outstanding. Uh, and he's just showing what he's all about. Uh, you know, a lot of people, even Vossi on the commentary was like, I only had two tries, three tries last year. It's like, bruh. No wonder fans keep saying it because commentators keep talking about his tries last year, and it's like, you know, he is the best defensive half in the game. That you know, that does count for something. He is. How yeah. good's his defence? Well, he, he he literally is. He's the only outside back last year to have over ninety percent tackle efficiency oh, bro, for he, the season. He like hits too. Yep. He's like he's Young. a strong defender physically. Like if you could build a six for today's game, he's got the great physique for today's game. Mm, I'm a big fan. Uh, I I really believe that he offers that extra oomph that the Eels need 
And I, I, th- I really like what I see of the Eels. I think that they've, they're looking the best they've looked probably since, probably in the last decade. I think they look the best. I know they've had better starts to the season, arguably, when it comes to points and that. But I just think they're so well-rounded now. You've got Papa Lee on one edge. Uh, you've got... Uh, on the other edge, oh my God, I can't forget his name, not Madison, um, Lane, Sean Lane, Lane yeah. who, if he gets the errors out of his game, you know, the kick, the charge down that yeah, he did was fantastic. That was unreal. You know, I think Mitch Moses playing great footy. I think, Gus, I just, RCG, Paolo, I think they're Mitch a well rounded team. He's, not, he's no longer inconsistent. Like, it's, mm. you know what you're going to get now, Absolutely. which I love. Yep. In, a, in a key position for the Eels, I think that's great. But yeah, as you, even to go back with Stone, who would have thought that, like, Ray Stone, the centres, and then even a Falcon, really, to. They no, scored the try before that, too. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah. right. Yeah, yeah like, he hit it who back. Thought that and was a Falcon, what was someone. Get it done. <laughs> yeah, just incredible. Uh, two try savers from Gutho. Uh, look, again, I think this is the most well-rounded the Eels have looked. What, what are your thoughts on the Eels? Well, you, you just mentioned their forward pack. Papali'i, Junior Paulo, Brown, Regan Campbell-Gillard, they all went for a hunt more than 150 metres and all went for more than 60 post-contact. Wow. To have four guys doing that, that's a pretty damn good effort. I, and I think Regan Campbell-Gillard off the dome was probably the pick of the bunch of them. He was... His stats were insane from that. Um, yeah, I loved in this game the clash of the five eights. Watching Brown and Munster yeah, go head to head, it was. I mean, I've got their stats here. Brown two tries, his 126 meters, six tackle breaks, one line break, one line break assist, two offloads, 36 tackles. Munster was two tries, his 180 meters, 12 tackle breaks, one line break, two line break assists, one offload, 22 tackles. So, this is why you know I think you both went Brown, your team of the week. I went Munster slightly, but. Crazy to think that we're picking the two five eights that played against each other yeah. for team did, of the week. Did Dill Brown and he didn't miss any tackles? Aid. Zero. Unreal. Like, what a game! Cracker defender. What a game! Uh, yeah, I thought this was a great game too. Um, you know, I think Storm at the moment just completions are really hurting them. Yeah. Uh, you know, Eels completing at seventy eight percent. Interesting. The Storm won most of the stats. Uh, they had more possession, uh, more meters, more post contact, more line breaks, more tackle breaks. So, I, th- I just I think it's a tremendous win by the Eels, mm, like huge. a real huge win of if they don't have confidence that they can win the comp now that they've beaten the Storm a third time, if the, if, it, if it's going to happen, it's got to be this year for the Eels. I think this is I'm not sure whether they will, but I think this year is the year they're going to make their, their their biggest push. It was a really interesting like end to that game. Um, you know, we spoke about Ray Stone. The ball came off his head. He scored the one before the play before that was. Jerome Hughes kicking out on the full. Mm. Yeah. He's 40. Very unlike Jerome Hughes. I've never really seen him come up with a play like that. In that he just moment. got injured, I think, didn't he? Didn't he like Did he? ribs yeah, right. or something? Ribs, yeah. Well, yeah. I was going to say, I wouldn't want to be playing Jerome Hughes this weekend because I'm sure he will take that personally mm. off the back of that moment. I thought the other one that was, you know, Parramatta, they won, but I, I, I struggled to understand it. I think it was the 75th minute. They were up 24-18. Moses was lined up on the right. They ended up going down Damn. the left to Sean Lane. It was, it was just, just a poorly oh. managed moment yeah. that they'll learn from. But, you know, champion moments, you need the ball in Moses' hands, not Sean yep. Lane's hands at pace. They're forwards, bro. Like, I, I was saying the Dragons, they're the most aggressive defensive team that I've seen. Yeah. For me, Parramatta in attack are the most def- like aggressive yeah. team. Like the way they're running Runs the ball so is ridiculous. Yeah, like just dominating teams purely through their own attack. Mm. I think uh, with that call, uh, you know, Brown getting the ball to Lane. I think that's a mixture of Brown should be aware of mm. what Moses is doing, mm. but I also think it's Reed's. Uh, if he was on, if it was someone else, I apologise. But that's where Reed needs to identify because he's the guy that makes the choice. Browns should. 
it's hard because Brown should be calling for the ball. Because if he's not, then that just, you know, it tees up. Everyone knows Mitch Moses is going to get it. So I think that's a decision-making thing by Reid. He should have been aware of what was going on. He's played enough footy with Moses. So I, I agree with you, though. Moses Moses would have pinged that over, and it's probably probably game over there. Yeah. And, and what under Sean Lane, too, after that moment, he came back for the charge down mm. a few minutes later, which was a huge play. It was like a big giraffe, just like... No, if, any, <laughs> if anyone's going to do it, it's him. Yeah. It was like, oh, what's his name? What a Mr. play. Mr. Gilmore's jacket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a play by Lane, though. You know, oh. he, he makes that error, and then he just, like... Like a giraffe, man. It was honestly in slow-mo. If he wasn't that tall, he wouldn't have got to it. There was, was a hesitation it? on that pass to Paps too. I've yeah. seen Cheese look back and just like that little bit of who am I going to because, you know, Paps probably puts it he over. He hit it too, too Paps. Yeah, he that probably puts it miss. over. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Gutho, again, solid. Uh, Paolo, I think the way you say the commentator started saying Paolo. Mm. So I think that's the way – I think Paolo, Paolo has reached uh, – Junior so has reached out. Oh, yeah, not and Paolo. said, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's Paolo, not Paolo. Yep. Yeah. Pretty sure. So – I'll just forget that wrong. Uh, Papa Lee is a fucking beast. <sighs> he is a just a big, scary animal. boy. Um, yeah, great. Just a fantastic game. Great win. Uh, I think that outside backs for the Eels probably could have did a little bit more. I thought mm-hmm. they were a little bit quiet. Like, you look at their numbers. Um, Bailey Simonson, 42 metres. Opacek, 71. Penasini, 67. And Wanga Blake, 99. Probably That's need a bit more. one of my concerns, I think. Mm. Um, going from having who they had with, you know, Fergo and... Um, Sivo. Yeah, so... When's he I back? When's Sivo back? Mid-season. Mid-season? But like, yeah. Wanga Blake, I was I thought I was impressed with him early, but then all those yeah. all those drop balls and errors, that, that makes it hard as well. And then, yeah, Simonson, Opacek, I just worry. I th- feel like it was a massive thing for them, their ability, uh, their back five to get out of trouble mm. and out of their own end. So maybe a little gap, but we'll mm. see, see how that plays out the next couple of weeks. Well, Eels are pretty aggressive in the market right now for an outside back. They went as Asako. Um, I think that you're probably fine. Like, for example, if I'm Eels, I'm going to Talon May and, like, trying to get him on board yeah. ASAP. Uh, Down the road for I sure. think the Eels actually have quite a bit of money in their cap too, which is really good. I, I just, uh, again, congrats. It's exciting times for them if Absolutely. you get, get that recruitment right. And the admin, you got, you've got a fair play to them. Obviously, losing Reed Marnie is, is a massive loss. I think he's been really good. But right now, they've got a great side with a bunch of salary cap space to go in the market next year. So you've got to give the raps to them. Mm, got to give agree, the raps to them. Uh, On to the storm. Uh I want to give raps to Ryan Papanusen because it's kind of like yeah. flown under the radar. Big game. He had the match-winning field goal against the, the Rabbitohs, but Latrell's massive boot obviously overshadowed that. But he actually had the match equalising try on the weekend as well. That was a good try too. It was a great <laughs> try. It was, was a great try. Brian uh, Smith goes through the yeah. line. There are all the boys supporting. Munster's there. We spoke about it a few weeks ago. Munster a few a year ago is not making that. You know, nah. physically he's not quick enough to get there. He's looking so good. And then Pappy, obviously, I mean, that's two weekends in a row. He has been there at the death to make a big play. Big game player. He yep. make, he, he's genuinely moving into that conversation around, you know, if you get the ball to him or thereabouts, he's going to decide a game. Like that's where yep. it's at. If not with the boot, he'll find a way to score a try. So I thought his impact was huge. And, mate, he's literally a jockey. So mm. he gets around. He gets, gets through so much work, has such an impact on the game. So he's massive for them. Yeah, that's why he was in my team of the week. He was a gun. Yeah, he's playing some really, really good footy. What, who, who impressed you for the Storm? Uh, we spoke about it last week, and I thought Nelson was great. Mm. But if you can just get those one or two errors out, God, it's going to make a difference for Melbourne. Thoughts it's on that head high? See it, bro. Thoughts on that head high? That yeah, was tough. Head high was very lucky to get away with. Oh it. my He's god, so lucky, bro. He only got a fine too. 
Yeah, oh, bro, that's him. like that's gonna come up. He's gonna wear the brunt of that for weeks because yeah. he's gonna be made reference to so many times. But yeah. I don't. Do you know what puts it into context? Those two are having a running battle, mm. right? So they're clearly going off at each other. Yeah. And then not long later, it comes through like it's like, oh, bro. So just for just for comparison, he got a grade one careless high tackle, and Jaden Sewell got a grade two. Mm. Yeah, there's already blow ups about that, and it's wait till the next one. Wait till the next grade two yeah. or grade one. Look, it's going to be. I, big lo- I love Big Nelson, but I actually think that was worse than the Sewell one because yeah. it was back of the head, yeah. swinging arm, and they were having that yeah. running battle. So you're kind of thinking like, is he going after him? Yeah. <laughs> so look, hey, you know what? You win some, you lose That's some, right. bro. You That's got right. to it. But if I'm a Dragons fan, I am filthy. I am filthy. And, and it's same, Makatoa, also lucky enough to get sent yeah. off as well. Also lucky enough to get sent but off. But I did, I did love the little uh, oh, I love the battle. battle. Mate, yeah. so good. When they, when Nelson was patting his head and then he came yeah, back, yeah, got in his good. face. Nick Meany was, was a gun on the yep. wing. He yep. was a, that was a great feeling for him. I thought he did a great job. That was a beautiful. What about that monster um, kick for Meany? Oh. Mate. And le- legit, he, only oh. he can do that. I'm yeah. telling you right now. Off the cuff, bang, picks it up off the floor, looks up. Pinpoint kick. Nails it. Ridiculous. Nails it. Like, there's oh, no bro, time to think stupid. about it. Boom, boom. Uh, Mini good for chasing. I thought Olam was really good. Yeah. Really good. He just, He's the he man. takes such tough carries, bro. man. Such tough He's carries. He's a freak. Um, look, Storm, it, it's, it's right there. I feel like it's just out of reach that when they click, we'll see. Because you see moments of it when Pappy, Munster, Hughes, uh, and Smith like all link up all of a sudden they just tear t- it just explodes team apart mm. and I think that it's going to take a few more weeks but eventually they'll click and I think they're going to go on a run well they've run. had a lot of changes in their squad yeah. early in this season like it's been a different third in every single week whether it's the spine missing or front rowers dropping out or whatever it is Jesse Bromwich had COVID week one Welsh got injured then Brandon Smith has been injured like there's been a lot of chopping and changing mm. and as much as they might have lost on the weekend, they didn't play poorly. Mm. Who they got next week, bro? I'm not what sure. About that? They. I'm. Lo- I just want. I just want to see the next game with. Wor- oh, uh, no, not worries. I want to see Cheese and Harry. Doggies. Doggies. I want to see Cheese and Harry getting in there yeah. together. That's, yeah. That's what oh. I want to see. Yeah, I mean, because that's yeah. Like Harry's what that when uh, Brandon broke the line to tear that game apart, like that was unreal. But oh, they both got those capabilities. Let's mm. have them both on the field. So they go Canterbury, Canberra, Cronulla. Choose that Cronulla game will be a cracker. Yeah, uh, won't it? And the Cronulla Storm is, you know, notoriously yes. a yeah. big game. Uh, just quietly though, Tigers are paying four bucks against the Titans. That's a fair. That's a value. A short uh, turnaround, no Hastings, no. Stefano, no, they can't. No. I'm not. I'm not. The Titans. You, you don't know what like the Titans. Yeah, they're they're, they're, they're going to score points though. You know they're going. Where's the game? Uh, it's Gold at Coast. Gold Coast. But you telling me that's not good value? Nah. Four bucks the Titans. I, I couldn't. Oh. Wow. I don't reckon they can get it done. Tough gig. Done Tough either. gig. <laughs> did you see the Titans second half? Yeah, I know, but did you Holy see their first? Heckers. Man, Tigers I, I, are way I off think, without. I just without Hastings. Mate, I, just, I think the Tigers, are, uh, Titans are so unpredictable that mm. I, they've got such good attack. They just anyway, we'll get we'll get into the Titans. Well, you don't think that's good? Let us know in the comment section. Titans, uh, Tigers four bucks against the Titans. If you think that's good value, well, I, I, while you're on next week, I just want to point out Friday night footy is one of the best. Like you'll see Sharks Knights oh followed by God. a grand final rematch. Oh wow. Rabbitohs paying three ten. Fuck. Isn't that Shark Sharks Knights a classic game that they would have scheduled six months ago? Thinking that it's gonna be an absolute dog shit. Yeah. But it's a massive clash. <laughs> massive clash. You know, you could even argue it's one of the best games that are around. Yeah. Um Yeah, okay. Well, let us know in the comment section if you Oh, the winner last year uh, so the winner last week of the case was 
Cameron Townsend. Yeah, that's it. Cameron Townsend won the uh, won the case. Oh, actually, nice we'll do it again. That. You put in your team of the week, and we'll give uh, a free case away to one player person's team of the week. So, in the comment section, not in the chat, in the comment section. Uh, if you're listening to this uh, on audio, go to our YouTube. It's Bloke and Bar YouTube. Subscribe. You must subscribe to be able to get the case, and then just put your team of the week in the comment section, and we will choose a winner. Each week, we're going to give away a case of beer. So, um, yeah, all you got to do is put in your team, subscribe, boom, you might get a case of beer. How good. Players uh, can play out of position as well. Players can play out of position this <laughs> week alone because these dogs started putting forwards everywhere. Fucking hell. Have some integrity, boys. Um, <laughs> now, uh, Back to the game. Yeah, Storm, I think when it clicks, it clicks well. And I think that they, I think there's going to be a run in them. I don't know when it's going to happen. I feel like I'm feeling a run is going to click together for them. Uh, now, on to the Raiders versus Titans. The Raiders equal one of their greatest comebacks ever. Uh, the takeaways, actually, I'll, I'll get your guys' takeaways first. Shandor, what was your takeaway on this match? Well, I just... I know we I know we speak about the youth of the Titans. Uh, it's just disappointing. I would have loved to have seen him just go on to get twenty two nil and lose a game. Like, do you know how hard that is? I'm not saying it's <laughs> it's, it's real hard for Raiders to get back. Do you yeah. know how hard that is to lose that? Cool. And I know I'm just I remember looking up and like as a Raider, like you go in there to Ricky, uh, nearly twenty two nil down, and just like <laughs> fuck, it's a morgue in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So for them to come back and react the way they did with some strong performances from a couple of key outside backs couple of young fellas um, it was good I was just I think I was I will leave the game more disappointed for the Titans um, yes the youth and the things like that but I just feel like these are these are this is a little progression you can't be giving up that mm. sort of lead you know what I mean you just can't we spoke about Raiders last week that this was going to be a statement game fuck when it was 22 nil I sent you a message I sent a curious message I said mate I might be speaking too early here but it is going to be a, an extremely long season for the Raiders. And they, I didn't push back at all. Yeah, you were like, maybe too early, but honestly, it's not looking that good. And then they came out and put on that performance. Yeah, I, you know, and I, I understand people disappointed in the Titans, but this is who the Titans are. They're a young, inexperienced side. It's going to take time. Fuck, I already got messages of people abusing Sexton. I was just like, oh. leave the kid alone. Just let him... Let him progress. He came up with a couple of poor decisions, but that's what you're meant to do when you're a 20-year-old halfback. It's yeah, going to take I, time. I, I, I think he's got this, this something gun. in him for sure. Mate, well, in the first half, he, I, I got written in my notes, Sexton looks mature in mm. the first half. Mm. Um, they're heading in the right direction. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. This is who I always thought the Titans were. Mm. They are going to have these moments where they're going to do things that they're going to win games. You've got no idea how they won. And they're going to lose games. You've got no idea how they're going to how mm. they lost it. Just not from twenty two nil. Yeah, look, I, I I wrote in my notes, Titans rookies crack under pressure, and and what I mean by that is we, you know, we all have games where experienced teams come and just just bash us out of game. That's that's a natural part of being a rookie. We've all experienced yeah. where. Just these these world beaters come and they just know how to they know how to get you in certain situations that you don't know how to get out of because they've, they're more experienced. If I had any advice for a guy like Sexton, and obviously I'm not a half, but as a footy player, when you are in a situation where you're under the pump and you feel the urge to make a big play, that's what they want you to think. Yes. And so what happened was is you were under the pump and you thought you needed to throw a cutout ball. And so you've just done exactly what they want. And so I think, and he's never gonna, he's not gonna watch this, but I guess just for fans or whatever, I'm assuming his coach is gonna sit him down and go, the moment you get that urge to need to do a big play when the scoreboard is 
in your favor or at least you're ahead squash it mm. you don't need to do that big play and you are actually playing into their hands they have created an environment in which you think you need to make that play and the perfect example of that is panthers versus rabbitos so it's not just rookies that it happens to but the, the panthers put cody walker in a situation where he felt he needed to throw that long ball to to win the game and the Panthers were basically saying to the Rabbitohs, we dare you to go for 80 minutes because we are willing to go for 80 minutes. And I think with the Titans, and don't get me wrong, Cody Walker has nailed that pass a million times, but the, the, the Panthers were clearly ready for it. They were ready for that big play. And so what I would look at the Titans, I would say you, they just have to be willing to sit down and go, if someone wants to play chicken with us and go 80 minutes of grind, we need to be willing to do that. And I think right now they aren't willing to go 80 minutes tit for tat win by two points and I think that's hurting them for mm. sure and you know just just on Sexton before we move off him I, I thought it was really interesting Benji sp- spoke after the game and his quote was I didn't learn how to close out a game until I was about 30 yeah 100% and that's the reality of rugby league it's yeah. hard you have these exceptions that come along like Nathan Cleary those sort of guys that we try to use as the example it's bloody tough Mate, mm, Cleary tough was getting gig. bagged when he was playing oh, Origin, yeah, saying he did fuck all and he didn't 100%. contribute anything. So even and when Cleary, you don't have other players to lean on, like Sexton, he, d- he doesn't have other experienced players to take that sort of game management on. Mm. But yeah. I like your point. I think it's I think it's great. Mm. Definitely, when you get that urge, try it's, try and harbour it it's because the wrong. last yeah. thing they want is to, you to get a good field position, kick pressure, mm. another set. You're in the arm wrestle. Yep. Take the edge off, potentially a high risk play. Mm. Boom. Yep. Uh, they played like it was a almost a masterclass by the Raiders and Whiten with his experience going, I've been in a situation before, all I need to do, and you saw it. First, what happens when the Raiders come out? They come out, Whiten gets the ball in the fourth, boots it downfield, and they sprint up the field, they tackle him in goal. Sets the tone. Whereas, like, the Titans were under pressure, and they didn't kick the ball in the fourth tackle, they went for a huge cutout pass, and that's just the difference with experience. And this is, this is a natural progression for Sexton. Every single great half has had a moment as a rookie where they've you know tried to make the big play because if, if it comes off we're all saying incredible what a great play but i think that the Titans just need to find that balance of willing to get in the grind because the issue i have with the titans is that this actually isn't this isn't a sexton issue this is a titans issue mm-hmm. that has been happening for probably 24 months now yeah. at least since holbrook's gotten there because he's such an attacking coach uh so i just think Really disappointing with Titans. They they need to they need to be willing to get in the grind and not be like, you know, we just want to score a bunch of points, win the game, fun. We need to go through our sets, get to our kick. We may lose field position for the next thirty minutes, but we're not going to be the ones to break. We're not going to be the ones to go for that crazy play. Um, outside of that, though, if you just look at the first half, the Titans looked incredible. Yep. Yeah, incredible. Okay, game of two halves. You yeah. watch it. You oh, go down. Man. What did you say? The fucking aliens come down and watch the Titans in the first <laughs> yeah, half. They're yeah. fucking going. Yes, just, just on the first half, like I don't like. It'd be unfair not to bring this up, but with two minutes to go, the uh, the refs only gave him four tackles. Um, after Tino's try off the off the kickoff, yeah. and then um, he had to kick, you know, in worse off field position, and then Valame scored the next set. Just thought I'd point the that out. The ref only gave them four tackles. Yeah, they're, they're, it's just come out. The NRL launching investigation. True. Wow, that's a huge. They lost by two points. Yeah. So, so what happened was Tino scored. Raiders kick off. Yeah. F- tackle four. Ref puts his hand up. Uh, Sexton is forty. Like they've made forty meters. Puts a kick in. Then Raiders start their set. They score a minute and a half later. Their first try of the game. Holy, wow. that's a bad error. That's a bad error. Because that is something that could that's two that could be two points. It's a no try. try before it's a try. Just before half time, 
They've been extra. Wow, that's a bad call. Um, and not ideal, but I, I think the Titans do need to focus on themselves more still. It's mm. a shit call. It's a shit mm. thing to happen. I get it. But I, yeah. It's not well lost in the game. That's yeah. For sure. It just highlights for me that what I'm seeing is, and I think we spoke about this last time with um, Did and Townsend. There's a couple of other combinations. Like early on, I was, I was thinking about how we're going to discuss Reynolds and um, Five Eight. Kelly, Kelly. that combination. But I'm seeing the need or the use of having a 5'8 who's a little bit off the cuff, but then a genuine halfback's halfback who controls the game, focuses on kicking, getting you to your like, touch yeah. points. That combination is working really well. So I feel like like Brimson's such a fucking gun. Yeah, he's a gun. If Sexton can just fall into it more of a role, little similar conversation we had with South, just come back into that genuine halfback role and focus on the fundamentals. Mm. I feel like maybe they can have some success, but that's got to be glorified, like you said. They've got to want to get into the Grindwood teams. Absolutely. I, I know, I know it would be a really dour place at the Titans right now, uh, but... Again, what, what is really the mission? The mission here is a young group of players mm. learning. So the only way, in my opinion, this will be a devastating loss for them is if they don't all take on board. Look at the game and say, boys, where did we fall apart? This is, you know, we didn't complete this set. We didn't complete this set. What do the best teams do? They get, every time they score points, they complete the next set. Yeah. Uh, and so although a shocking loss, obviously, they lost a 22-point lead, um, it's as you said earlier, this is a young side. This is going to happen. Stick to the process. Stick yep. to the process. Stick to the process. Yes. I would say that the Titans, I'm not sure who their defensive coach is now, but that's, that's the only part of their game they need to fix. In my, it really is, it is, is their yeah, defense. They yeah. fix their defense and they're a top six side minimum, in yep. my opinion. So if they can fit, that's the good thing. They know what to fix. Uh, it's funny, last year we, we, I was speaking you know, quite regularly about. Uh, the Titans' defence needs to be sorted. Otherwise, you know, rah, rah. And the amount of pushback is like that I got on that topic. And I was like, he's, he's watching the same game. But I think it's a, if it's happening again this year, it is really clear that their defence, if they can fix that, they're world beaters all of a sudden. And they're still so young. Yeah, still so young. Um, now, I, uh, outside of that, I thought Tino was fantastic. He's yeah. such a good yep. leader for the club. Unbelievable. Um, on to the Raiders, though. Uh, wow, what a comeback. Again, game of two halves. You look at the first half, <laughs> Titans, incredible. Look at the second half, uh, Raiders, incredible. I thought uh, that hit on... on Bro. Oh, wow. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Bro, his pants came off. <laughs> his pants, have you ever seen someone's pants get hit off? Jesus. He's got to, he had to be wearing pink pants too. <laughs> Gets absolutely pizzled. Good old Brimo got up, had a laugh about it, put it in his story, which is great. Uh, yeah, uh, look, I just think that this was a game where White and I thought was fantastic. I thought Starling was really good. I really like Schneider. I really like Schneider. I think Schneider and Sexton are two of the really good halves coming through. Mm. I thought Schneider had some uh, really good touches. He had two tries. Mm. Pretty incredible. Pretty impressive <coughs> in, a, in a game. You're 22 nil down. You need to get find a win, and he, he gets the job done like that. But it was in for me. It was the White and Show. He really put them on their oh, back and got so the job good, done. Man. He just he's he, so good. He's such a Ricky player. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's something Ricky would do. Just come out angry, aggressive, kick chase, tackle hard, you know, run hard, all that kind of stuff. Uh, what impressed you, Guru, for the, the Raiders? Mate, I thought Jordan Rapana, yeah. and the role that he's playing. Mm. Um, I mean, I, th- I said on Instagram this week, if I'm playing the Raiders and I know Rapana's just going to stay on his wing, I'm stoked. Yeah. 
knowing that he's going to come through the middle and do what he's doing. And yeah. you could see... It's almost annoying. Mate, to, it's, to, it's punishing. Because yeah. mm. he'll palm off four blokes. Yeah, he'll yeah. go sideways. He'll go nowhere. Yeah. But you have to chase him. Yes. Yeah. You have to chase him. And then he goes down. And then Jack just goes, beautiful. This yeah. is me now. And right. then Starling goes. And then all yeah. of a sudden... You've missed Jordan Rapana, you know, four times in six metres. He hasn't gone anywhere, but now they've made 30, 30 metres on the next yep. three plays. He's just – I love what, what Rapana was doing. In the first half, he, he, he dropped another one that probably should have been a try, mm. and you just stand there and go, why on earth is the right winger standing under the sticks a metre out? But that's yeah. – but, like, you say that because it's not orthodox. Yep. But when you've got it there, it's a pain in the ass to deal with. You yep. just I, – yeah, I, 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 I think it'll be interesting – and I said it a few weeks ago, Schneider, I really like him. I think he's going to get better as we go on. Now that they've lost Hodgson, I don't know if Starling's going to be an 80-minute guy. Is there a world where Fogarty returns at nine? Well, we spoke about this. Remember we were saying maybe Fogarty could be a nine? We were speaking about the Titans. Titans last but, year, But yeah. we were saying that he does have the build to play nine. He's, he's quite stocky, stocky, quite strong. Yeah. Um, I, no, I agree. I actually could, I like that. sort of move him to 13 mm. once Starling comes onto the field like they were doing with Josh Hodgson because I think Schneider... He's a goal kicker as well. They, they don't have another one. Let's be honest here. They're going to be in a lot of tight games this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's got legs to it. Oh, look, I think I think that'd be crazy to not leave Schneider in there. Yeah. When you're talking about the future of the club, when you're talking about having a guy that, you know, he's silky, man. Two yeah. tri-assists. Like, yeah. that's, that's not – he's a rookie. And he's, he's like sharp. third game or whatever. He's got great kicking. Um, he's only going to get better. I, I, I like that shout. I really do like – you bring – Fogarty on for nine to start the game, get through the thing, and then you bring Starling on to, to impact the game. Uh, another player who I thought really helped, especially they were struggling, the great Corey Hallsborough. Yeah. Put off a massive shot. Look at these, look at these stats. 33 He's minutes. Got it in him too, eh? Oh, mate. Loves it. And that's what you need. Yes. Uh, he just re-signed as well, so congratulations yeah. to the big fella. Look at this. 33 minutes, 11 runs, 127 metres, 51 post contact, 25 mm. tackles, only one missed in 33 minutes. That's a great knock. That's great. Great stats Great for 30 knock. minutes. Um, I thought Papali'i was good. I, I mean, to be honest, I thought most that, – that second half, they, they looked like the Raiders of old, the Raiders of old. So I actually – I think both teams probably take the same out of this. They've got a lot of lessons. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Even though the Raiders had this record comeback, you cannot afford to be giving that much points up. And even though the Titans got beaten, they showed signs of being a top-tier side, a yeah. real top-tier side. I think the Raiders – the, I think it was in the first 35 minutes they completed at 30%. I know, so bad. I think I have a good, what have the, uh, the note That here. is a fucking train wreck. It's bad. 50% completion for the first 30 minutes of the game. First, yeah, right. Wow. 50% completion, 30 minutes, and they somehow won the match. Could you imagine if they complete at just 75% how much that changes? Crazy. Um, so, yeah, great win. I love to see Jackie White and kill it. I think Jackie White, and I hope he resigns because, like, he's the club. I just yeah, he's, he's Canberra. He's yeah. I just don't ever want to see him leave. No, I, I agree. I agree. Um, Tomoko, Tomoko, yeah, Tomoko. I think Tomoko, so. Sensational. So I think how you pronounce it is Timoko. Yeah, not Moko. Timoko. Okay. Um, again, correct us in the fucking comment section. Could be wrong, but I think it. I think it's Tim, Timoko. But the commentators kept saying Timoko, and I saw a people, a few people commenting like, but. Got it all wrong. So, uh, yeah, mate, he's so like he good. He can play. He's special. He eh? became the go-to guy yep. in that second half. Absolutely. 
Uh, there was a moment there where you saw uh, Rapana and White and they sort of linked up through the middle and then he just came out and he just hit that hole. Yep. Just impossible to stop. Mm. He's, what's interesting is he's not actually that big. Nah, but, but so, he's so, so strong. You know? they're, they're the hardest guys to tackle. Mm. Those nuggets, like the, the top of stock to mm. like, uh, type build. Especially when you see him like on Instagram and stuff when he's around the other boys, like you really see he is not that big. No. Nah. There is no. not much to him yeah. at all. Just plays um, way above his weight. Yeah. yeah, he's like a terrier. Like he just keeps ripping and tearing. And also, we have to remember he was the one that offloaded to Young to win the game against the Sharks. Man, the Raiders are such a hard team to pick. They beat the Sharks. They have this first start. Like, yeah, at least they're getting the win. At least they're getting the win. Um, I think any team with Whiten going really well and with Schneider laying the platform, I think they might have a fair crack at the top eight this year. Yeah, and that's I hope so. Like, what I love about this year's uh, comp is there's, like, a bunch of teams that you could go, I think they're going to have a crack at the top eight. Uh, so, yeah, I think not negative signs for either side. Like, obviously negative signs in the halves. Yeah. But overall, you can take a lot of positives out of, out of that game for both sides. Now, uh, on to the next game, Broncos v Cowboys. Yikes. <laughs> you want to kick us off? Or? Fuck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> go on, mate. Um, uh, look. The way you lose is more important than the way you win. Yes. And my concern is not how, not the fact that we lost, it's how we lost. Uh, it was like the Broncos that we've seen the last two or three years. You know, they, had, they kept themselves in the game for a, a long period, uh, but then they just completely fell apart. Uh, really, really concerned with Stargs and Cobbo. Mm. Uh, got a crazy start that, you know, it's really... Stags and Cobo had seven errors combined. That's more than the entire team combined. The rest of the to- team's total was four. And I reckon if you did that same start against South, it would have been exactly the same. And so I just... Stags... Like, this is why, like, for example, a lot of people are like, we should put Cobo at fullback, we should... But, like, Cobo is a young rookie, and even though he has all the talent in the world, and I think he should be playing NRL for now... If this continues, it's probably going to be better for him development to get some time in reserve grade and just get some confidence. Because if this continues, he's going to become less confident. He's going to go into his shell. On top of that, if you've got a guy like Staggs and Cobbo on the same edge, plus I think Kelly is on their edge. Oh, no, Reynolds is on their edge defending. But that's a whole new combination. But you can't afford to have two players next to each other that tend to have errors or two in them. Uh, Staggs said before the game that he was going to go searching for it. Now, I'm not sure whether it's... Kevy Walters or Stags, but whatever the decision is, he has to have more than three runs in the first 60 or so minutes, especially when you look at his opposing centre who's on far less of a contract, going through, getting through tons of work and playing fantastic. Herbie, Herbie has been one of our best. Unreal. Unreal. And so with Stags, when you're on the big contract and you are a star player, you have to go looking for the ball and you have to have at least 15 runs a game. You look at his opposing, you know, Holmes on the other side went looking for the ball. So I think Stagg needs to be, you know, a bit honest with himself. And uh, because the concern is if Stagg keeps doing this, there may be a world where he does get moved, you know, he gets dropped maybe. I, I think it's a real possibility you know, because I don't think it would be a terrible thing for him. Yeah. It may be the best thing for him Yeah, because – Unfortunately, I'm a massive fan of Stags, but that was pretty poor, man. Pretty it's been poor. a pretty poor three weeks. And even if you, like, even if you take out the potential he has, 
even if he was just a normal first grader that you weren't expecting the world out of, it's been a poor three weeks. Yeah, it's been a very been unfortunate three weeks. Absolutely. And, and you want to see, you want to see, like, it's the energy, it's getting the there. attitude, yeah. you know. And it's not, I'm not saying his attitude, not not knowing him personally, but it's the attitude that you want to see from someone in a game. Mm. I just get that. Now, I I also worry, as as you would know, being a winger playing with a centre that you don't really know what you're going to get. Mm. I feel like that's gonna, having an effect on Cobo and going to continue to have an effect. His confidence looks shot. Mm. This is a big man that was just getting in poor positions, getting dominated essentially. Yep. Mm. So with Stags, you just want to be like, if we're going to judge him over the next couple of weeks. In, in uh, reflection to what you guys said You just want to see an attitude shift You want to see him evolved Because mm. he's he's a feared centre I know if you're coming up against Ags You're then for Holmes and not a centre Not a big guy, not a dominating force To come in and just like bath it was, yeah. It's crazy to see yeah. oh, That should have been a way different battle in that mm. game But yeah, hopefully Because he's, he's an integral part of that team when you're on a yeah, when you're on a big contract, you sign this deal that you you know you you got the deal that you wanted. I would rather Stags not have the big plays and make 15 runs a game. Mm. That like, it, it's just the message that you're sending that mm. you're not willing to come in and do 15 hit ups or at least 10, but like three. Mm. Uh, now I don't know, maybe Stags got some, some stuff going on personally. Like th- there could be a million reasons. This is more just I want to see the best Stags. Mm. I want to see the best Stags because, in my opinion, on his day he's at least the top five most exciting players in the competition. Yep. He can do things no one else. He's dangerous. But the, 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 the issue is, is that you can't, allow to, you can't allow yourself to fall in the comfort of waiting for the game to come to you to have that big play. You need to go in, take a bunch of – like, could you imagine scoots with, uh, Stags with 15 scoots a game? Hmm. Like, if, if he's not getting the ball, he has to go looking for it. Like, he, he gets paid too much. I think he's – what? In, in the outside backs, he'd be the highest paid player. Yeah, and yet right. he's having the least amount of runs. Yep. And so I just, yeah, I really hope Stags can bounce back from this. Uh, there were a few kick chases at the start of the game. Stags and Cobo, I was going like, there was no energy there. Mm. There was a kick chase where Reynolds kicked it and Reynolds beat them to the ball. They're like By a lot. By a lot. Yeah. And that's purely attitude. Mm. That's purely attitude. That's what I mean, yeah. Purely, that's purely want and, and grit. Now... Again, maybe there's something going on personally or maybe he's getting told to stay out or maybe Walters has said we want you to allow them to catch it and then tackle it. So it may be a, a game plan thing. And if that is the case, I disagree with that game plan. Yeah, but I, I'd I, be concerned with that. That's a, a concerning game plan. Whenever they were putting bombs into that corner, it, it looked like a game plan because they were so far off putting but pressure then on those. The problem is, but then the Reynolds one happened. Yeah. And I was like, what, why on earth wouldn't you be pressuring on that play there? It was very... But then after that, Selwyn started chasing hard. So yeah, it was right. like he got some a call from the touch. Yeah, well, good. Get, get up there. My concern is that a guy like Cobbo, again, known for his talent and potential game-breaking moments, Stags is probably similar. I'm pulling them back and going, hey, guys, before we get to all that, what's really important is, yep. Stags, you're a fucking feared centre by everyone in this competition. One of the most feared players in the game. I want you running and getting us a few quick play the balls. Yep. Maybe let's organise to get you a bit of early ball off Adam. Outside of that, Cobo, like you've got you got your juice to pay. You just need to rip in yep. and support Stags and be energetic and enthusiastic like you're a young guy. So 
I don't know what the coaching tactics is. I don't know whether they're tr- like sort of treading water around these guys and what they do and don't say. But I feel like just a hard conversation and just say, hey, this is what we need from you. Don't be glorifying the big moments, the big plays from those players because that's what we're all talking about. Yeah. Go away from that. And, oh, man, I hope we see just, just the attitude. In saying that, when you like, if you listen to the press conference after, Kevy didn't seem overly concerned. Well, I think he's just trying to protect... Just protect him, yeah. Yeah, protect okay. him. Because, like, it's only three games. Yep. You know, the last thing you want to do is be, like, publicly saying Stags need to be get better, Selwyn needs to be better. Because um, they, they wouldn't know that. They would know that. Again, I, I would rather see 15 hit-ups or 15 runs uh, with no big, big plays. I think Stags absolutely can bounce back. Maybe he's also coming back off a massive injury as mm. well. We have to give him that, you know, that credit as well. Uh, but it's also, it's the errors. Uh, I just want to see him in the ball more. Like you look at their, um, you know, he had six runs all up and Cobo had eight runs. Eight runs for 93 metres for Cobo, six runs for 74 metres for uh, Stags. So yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of Stags. I think that he's so incredible. If he reaches his peak, he would somehow find his way into that New South Wales side. Yeah. His talent's unbelievable. If we're sitting here for the next six weeks talking about him scoring a try every week, Mm. I won't be shocked. No, no way. Guy that he is, but Um, yeah. So look, tough, tough day for them. Uh, You know, maybe they consider splitting them up. Maybe you know that Selwyn goes to one edge with uh, with Herbie and Oates to the other, or whatever. I'm I'm not sure, Uh, but I do believe if this continues, they probably need to look at. to changing something because if Herbie's coming out, ten tackle breaks, hundred and thirty-five meters, two tries, uh, nine tackles, only one miss, and zero errors. Um, oh fuck, that's crazy. They actually had eight errors together after the game. Selwyn and Tony. And that's the thing, bro. If you want to look at attitude, mm. like just look across on the other side of the field. You've yeah. got a bloke who's just off his head, going crazy, like, crazy. We'll do anything faith. for that team. I got faith they can bounce back. Selwyn's incredible. Tony. Amazing player, uh, so ho- I, th- I think they can bounce back. I just think that maybe Tony is a bit tentative because of his knee. Maybe mm. fitness, maybe his match fitness is a bit down. And Selwyn just needs a bit of confidence. He'll bounce back for sure. Um, now onto the rest of the side. Uh, Payne has, you know, as always, yeah, as always, puts in a massive effort. Paddy Carrigan, as always, puts in a maf- mas- uh, massive effort. Um, I think losing Ricky early really hurt us. Um, I think Kurt Capewell could probably get more involved. I'm a bit surprised that, he, you know, I know that as an edge back row, it's really hard sometimes because you're told to keep your width, but I just would like to see his hands on the ball a bit more. Like I think that at Penrith, he, he probably got through more work. Again, he's trying to find his feet. Uh, Adam Reynolds, a few of his kicks were a bit off. Yeah. Out in the full twice. Started so well too. Yeah. I was like, this yeah. is going to be a great game for Reynolds, but then it's sort of, do you, do you put down that um, to the game plan or the amount of defense he's doing? Reynolds? No, um, Capewell. Yeah, I think it's more game plan because yeah. I don't think Kate was the kind of guy that would show, you know, getting in and doing it. But mm. I think if I'm Kevy, I'm probably telling him, mate, I need you to get in there and mm. get through a bunch of work. So or, like at the Penrith, like it's very role player vibes with yeah. a team like that. Like you've got a specific role. You don't, you're not having to carry the weight of maybe things around you or people yeah. around you. So there may be an adjustment in that way. But mm. I agree. He's got so much impact, changing oh. angles, his running yep. ability. It definitely needs to be spoken about. Hopefully it does. Yeah, so look, really, really disappointing day as a Broncos fan. Uh, I, I don't mind losing, but getting absolutely blown out like that in a derby at home. Well, in the last game. forty-three minutes, it was thirty to six. Yeah, yeah that's tough. Like yeah, that, that's that, that, that's the closest we've seen to back to last year's rugby league, realistically. Yeah. 
And that's what you said, Kemby. It was like there was a bit of – there was a little bit of give up. There, um, there just was. Yeah, I mean, it's 38 to 12, back, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and I think that we just need to come to a point where we refuse to drop our standards, even for a second. So, look, hopefully they learn from that. It's been – the good thing is, is we've got two games of footy where they have shown. Mm. Uh, you know, I always predicted that they probably would finish around the 10th. So I, I, I knew a game like this would come. I just didn't think that it would be this drastic. I mm. thought that – you know, it's okay if we lose 24 to 12 and we, we grind it out. It was just that last 20 minutes. So hopefully the boys can come back together. But, yeah, really disappointing. I hope it hurts them uh, because they've shown some real good footy this year. Real good footy. Penalty try, thoughts? Oh, I thought it was a penalty try. Yeah? Oh, what was interesting, though, the very tough 50-50 call of the he ran him back on yeah, side yeah, and that. Yeah. Um, that was <laughs> tough against the Cowboys. Uh, yeah, well, you, you, the, the kicker can run you back on side, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But I do believe that was a 50-50 call that mm. went the Broncos' way. If it had gone the, the Cowboys' way, I would have just been like, yeah, yeah, I get it. So, I was a big fan of the jerseys too. The only thing I would say is how many lads got uh, like raped by yeah. the collar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck, they look good though. They, they look, look so good. good. God, they look That's good. So sexy. So sexy. Do you, um, when you two were playing, if, yeah. if you had an away jersey or something that you didn't like, do you think it impacted you at all? Like if you were playing in a jersey that you did not like, you thought it was a shit look, Nah, not really. No, no. not at nah. all. Nah. You're just stuck to be there, really. Yeah. Have the <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Have the mad kit. Even when, when your team came out with a great kit, that you're like, this one looks unreal. Still no, no real impact, nah. you don't reckon? Nah. You're, just, you're just stoked to be running out like playing NRL. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I was looking at those jerseys yesterday thinking, fuck, they've got to perform in those. <laughs> like, they just looked unreal. Yeah. Like, they especially look so when you good. build that the history. The collar grab's a legit jersey. thing, though. Fuck yeah. that off. Mm. Yeah, it is go. a legit thing. They look fucking so sexy, though. I was wearing medium mid-rifters back when I was first <laughs> You know, and grabbing shit. Now, on to the Cowboys. Uh, what an incredible performance. Yeah. What an incredible... Holmes, back to his... Like, we're talking vintage Holmes. Unbeat. Tommy Dearden. Think about the journey of this bloke. He is touted as the next big thing at the Broncos. Mm. He's brought through in a period where the Broncos were lost at sea. You could argue he was treated really poorly. You know, you could argue that the Broncos um, probably didn't take care of him the way they should have taken care of a young half, maybe put too much pressure on him. Uh, there was also reports that they hadn't even offered him a contract to re-sign him, and that's why he went to the Cowboys. The, well, this is what Dearden's manager said. Now, mm -hmm. take it with a grain of salt, you don't know. But he came out and said that he actually wanted to say, but he didn't get an offer from the Broncos. The Broncos, the implication was that we would have offered, we just needed more time. That was what I read at the time. Anyway, so he, he, his confidence gets decimated at the Broncos, like absolutely decimated. Goes up to the Cowboys, has those lingering effects, also struggles that the whole year that he's up there to a, to a point where I was like, why are the Cowboys playing him? Just get him back in reserve grade, get him some confidence. He's been through so much. To come back to his own club in a derby, three tries, six to try, 68 running metres, 14 tackles, two tackle breaks, a line break, two line breaks, assist, one offload, zero errors. What a journey. All effort, unreal. Yeah, and I think you've got to put a lot of this down to the influence that Chad's having on him too. Massive, mm. absolutely. Yeah, you can see their, their combination is just, you know, my, my biggest worry of the entire preseason was that they were too similar. Mm. Um, I think you said it last week, it's their greatest strength. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and I it's sort of showing their differences as well. Like he's got he's he's a very big effort player, you know. Yeah. He's got a like I see him. He's got so much upside. I know yeah. JT was giving him big raps, but he's got a little bit in that in him. He gets around the game based purely on effort. He's mm. got the skills, but I feel like there is starting mm. to see that subtle differences between him and Townsend and how they can work together. But I love the effort, great attitude all the mm. time. So that was a great game for him. I can't see a world where Drinkwater gets into this side right now. Yeah. Injury. Not right now, bro. Which is crazy to think. And then hats off to Peyton. Yeah. Honestly, all last year I was like, I don't get what he's trying to do. Like, I don't – I can't see the vision that he has. Like, I'm not seeing, like, where is the direction? Where is he trying to get at? But we often say, if you're building for next year, keep the rookies in so they can learn. And so it was actually a masterstroke to keep Tommy Dearden in the side last year when they were struggling because now look at what they've Mm. got with, you know, Dearden playing so well – the recruitment of Chad Townsend, the amount of people that talk shit about Townsend when this happened, it's been a masterstroke yeah. by, by Toddy Payton. This is when you, he's not going to get the highlight reels, Chad Townsend. He's not going to get, you know, all the raps is this crazy uh, half. But if you want to look at a half and what they need to do to win a derby when it comes to all the one percenters, look at how Townsend played. Guess how much he kicked for, how many meters he kicked for? 632 meters. It's invaluable that stuff, and you can't. You, that's not those metrics aren't the ones that are going to be measured or glorified. But 100%. that's all we're talking. How many times have we reviewed games now, and we're like, if we just had someone who could focus on the game management, yep. kicking, getting to position, culturally, we know what he adds there. Yep. Like he's a stand-up bloke, so masterstroke, as you said, just Absolutely. bring someone in, experienced head who doesn't have the X factor like a drink water. You know what you're yep. going to get from him, but we need someone who can offer stability for the Cowboys, and Absolutely. that's clearly what Peyton wanted, and it was a fucking great and a, move. a good little play by Toddy during the week. I think uh, Matty can do all for us, but s- slipping in that quote about how he had Reynolds. And yeah, and he chose Townsend over him. He chose Townsend. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was uh, – he's, he's learning, definitely learning, Peyton. Uh, another interesting thing, you know, we, just to go back to the Sexton situation – so the game was in the balance pretty much for 60 minutes, Broncos versus Cowboys. But Chad Townsend was relentless. Like, he was just so relentless in, like, complete, complete. They completed at 91%. He kicked for 600 metres. And guess what? All the points came in the last 20 minutes. And that's what playing that chicken game with yes. a team is. It's going, we will grind you. And the points eventually, once someone's going to break. And the Broncos broke. And look what happened. They scored, like, 20 points in... 20 minutes pretty much, uh, 91% completion rate. Like if you wanted a blueprint of how to play a derby with a side that has some good players in it but isn't like top, top tier, that's it. 91% completion, 600 kicking metres. Cowboys look great. They look really, really good. Uh, they did. What about our boy, I know we spoke about him last year, but I didn't think he'd go this fucking well. Nanai. Bruh. Holy shit. Well. He's so good. He is so good. <laughs> he's got everything. Footwork, can ball play, can catch. And can he's off contract. Off contract too. Fuck. <laughs> what are you paying for him? Oh, well, just before we get to that, and shout out to him. Last week in defence, he was awful. Oh, yeah. He really sort of – he went from – I think he went from 11 missed tackles last week to two this week. Yeah, he was so, so bad. So as much as there was the three tries, which was incredible, no doubt about it, mm. the tough stuff as well, he didn't ignore that sort of shit. He mm. rolled his sleeves up, and it's a, a good reward for him. Um, <clears throat> might be one for random stats guy, but last time you saw a second row score three tries off kicks oh, in yeah. a game. Wow, true. I true. mean – He used to be really good at that. I'm trying to think – he used to get pinpointed for that. Mm. Sean Lane gets pinpointed a little bit because like, he's yeah, so tall. Gavin Cooper yeah. a little bit. Kick yeah, gets Cooper. a few as well. Yep. Chris, McQu- yep. Chris McQueen used to do it a bit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, it's dangerous because it's a perfect spot there on the half's head. Like if you can have a genuine second row who's a kicking option. Yep. Mate, well, it puts doubt in the head as well. Does the fullback take it? Does the winger? Does yeah. the centre? Does That's the half? That's what you, you always know. see. That they yep. get caught. Uh, yeah, Nanai was absolutely fantastic. How much? What? What I? What you can see in Nanai too is that, and this is going to be such a cliche. But he's a free player. Like he creates space that isn't usually there. He has seconds that you don't usually have. You can just see that he moves naturally on a footy field. It, it, it sounds cliche, but you know what I mean. Like even if he's not the strongest, even if he's not the fastest, he's going to put himself in positions that make it awkward for him to be tackled. Mm. And that's what he does so well. Every single time he runs the ball, there's there's danger around him. It's just like this air of danger. Yeah. It's it's bizarre. I don't know. I don't know. He's a footy player. He's yeah. got those attributes outside just his athleticism. Absolutely. Whereas mm. some ba- wide running forwards, they hit in crazy lines because they're big, strong athletes. Yep. Where he just, you can tell that you could probably put him in six and he'd go okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. How much are you, Nanai, on the open market right now? What are you paying for him? Yeah, I mean, you pay for uh, potential, don't you? So yeah, of the understanding of. Uh, we understand he hasn't done much, yeah. but potential, potential is paid for with clubs wanting what the next What are you talking, thing. sixes? I mean... It wouldn't, wouldn't shock me. Wouldn't shock me for clubs that are desperate for a... The right club would yeah. pay six. Yeah, I can see that. I'd probably land around the 455 mm-hmm. three-year deal. Four, four, I'd go like... But if you're yeah, going to pay 450, someone's willing to play Yeah, for sure. I for think sure. it goes yeah. from four to six. Even yeah. a decent side can, could be paying four to six over the three-year period. Fuck, 600 is so much money for a wide running forward. Would you pay that if you're the Cowboys? Let's no, I wouldn't personally. No. Yeah. What, what, what are you paying for him? Uh, I, I think if you can get him for fives, you've done okay there. Yeah, I what do you reckon, Shandor? Yeah, I'm, I'd, I'd lock him up for five. I I'd, think that's realistic too. Yeah, I'd try to land him at like 400 first year, 500 second year, and then like 500 third year with bonuses or something, you know, some mm-hmm. real incentive stuff. But he's I'm trying to get it done ASAP. Three tries oh, ain't helping any club, mate. He's not getting done <laughs> shit ASAP. He's sitting back, going, "Boys, hey come yo. on in." Yeah. Fuck. Um, he's also committed to Queensland. I'm pretty sure because uh, he's clearly a deep, true Queenslander. And anyone that says otherwise is a fucking joke. <laughs> you can tell he's passionate. See how passionate he was in the derby. That's a Queenslander's passion. <laughs> he must like. Very uh, passionate. Um, okay, so what we reckon what market value right now, what you would pay around the 500 mark, you reckon, what he's shown so far? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, without being negative, it was only a week ago we were saying, fuck, he missed 10 tackles. Oh, for sure. You know? for so sure. you, you got to go both ways on it. But, yeah, I mean, there's not many second rolls that are capable of doing what he did on the weekend. Yeah, and, and he's shown a little bit last year as well. What do you got there? Oh, no, nothing. Um, yeah, and you can see it going terribly wrong where, you know, you sign him on a three-year massive deal, you know, and then he turns out he has a bunch of errors and he doesn't reach the potential that you thought he would. Uh, he, again, contracts are all about timing. Mm, and this motherfucker, this lucky <laughs> motherfucker has hit crazy form and he hasn't signed a contract yet. Uh, Cowboys are quietly confident, or sorry, cautiously optimistic was the word that Peyton used. Uh, but yeah, what an incredible win. I thought, uh, is it green, grain? Off the bench was really good. Is that Griffin? Uh, name, Griffin, name. Griffin, yeah. name. Yeah. Ruben Cotter was fantastic. Yeah. He's a, a dog. Work, didn't he? He's a dog. I think he, he needs to just warm into that yeah. and just be that guy who's just going to be a workhorse for the Cowboys because it suited him well. His body just needs to hold in there. That's been his biggest yeah. problem. He's, mm. he's had a lot of injuries. That's essentially because he's too tough for his own good. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. 
I thought like outside of his, you know, a few missed tackles or whatever, Tamalolo is so fucking dangerous, man. Mm. Every time he runs a ball, it's like, please God, please God, don't do something. So that crazy. little TA, is that oh. are we looking at that going, is there an evolution opportunity for Tamalolo? Yeah. Given the game and given what how they're using him, do we now look at him and go, We know that he takes fucking he gets a heap of interest every time he runs the ball, yeah. but rather than just his own hit-ups and a bit of late footwork, do we start using him off-ball? Do we start giving him the ball to play? We, we've spoken about the success of the Murrays and the other yep. ball-playing forwards. I think it's time to give him a bit of a licence or at least set up the pieces around him. No, I agree. I think it's a great, great, uh, great shout because you're right. If he can develop ball-playing, it'd be impossible to stop because right. you'd be shitting – like there's literally – when he runs a ball, there's – at least four blokes shitting themselves mm. whereas usually it's like two blokes yeah all good but he's just so dangerous and we saw with the try that yeah. he did set up yeah. if you go and watch that try and if you just watch the defensive players and you just watch their eyes yeah. none, of them, none of them are even looking at me not yeah. a single one of them and he also hits the no looker too yeah. he, goes, he looks yeah. at the back and hits it forward that's a 120 kilo bloke <laughs> like that's so good so good what, the attention he attracts mm. is ridiculous so if I'm running off him, I'm stoked. So I'm definitely bringing that way more into his game. Mm. I, th I just think they should look at evolving him a little bit more, especially yep. in a time where they're maybe thinking, what's the best way of using him? Yeah, for sure. Totally agree. Uh, I thought Gilbert was probably had his career mm. best game, in my opinion. Uh, I thought that when you've got two young packs with a lot of hype, well, not a lot of hype. Cowboys probably don't have that much hype. The Cowboys' young pack won the battle. They won the battle. And it's, sure. it's really that simple. Um, uh, the, the Broncos boys, unfortunately, for 60 minutes, they were really good. Again, Paddy and Haas were great. But at some stage, the players around Paddy and um, Haas have to take ownership of their role and also, I guess, ownership of their ability to at least get close to their standard of footy. Now, obviously, they're not going to be as good as Haas and Carrigan. But, um, yeah, they just didn't seem to hunt as a pack the way the Cowboys did. The Cowboys looked like they were all working together and they were in on this together, whereas... The Broncos, for a period there, they did really well. And a period there, even when they were losing, I was really proud. I was like, the boys are hanging in, they're hanging in. It was just that last 20 that was a bit disappointing. Yeah, that's so true, bro. Cowboys, it was a real reflection of like, it looks like a team. Yeah. It really did. It looks like you're inspired by that. They're all working yeah. hard for each other. They look you know like they're really chatty. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, he does have that personality. He's for got sure, that yeah. personality. He's so professional. He knew he was coming there to be that guy. Mm. And they're all going to get behind mm. him. You know, when you compare. Look at their halves last year. It was Dearden and Drinkwater. I guarantee you there's a lot of people right now, last year, that would have, would sign Drinkwater and Dearden over Townsend. 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now you look at it and you go, the intangibles at Townsend, yes, like even little exactly. things. Like, so uh, Dearden kicked it, like, not out or anything, but it just wasn't the best kick. You see Townsend sprint over to him and he, like, pats his head and he's, like, talking to him, like, blah, 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 and he's just bringing him back down, bringing him back down, like, all these little things. So... I think, uh, yeah, Peyton deserves a lot of credit. The Cowboys absolutely deserve a lot of credit, and they look fantastic yesterday. Valentine Holmes, stoked for him. Bro, that Holmes um, uh, near try, that would have gone down as, like, oh. one of the most lethal tries, and on stage, just like... Boss, boss, left foot, right bro. foot, see you fucking later. The only Thanks shit for thing about that was the next play, they go right yeah. with a massive overlap uh, and just butcher it. I was like, yeah. fuck, I was filthy about that. In a That was in a crucial time yeah. where I'm watching the game, trying to make judgments on yeah. both teams. I'm like... Shit. Yeah. But Holmes, mate, that was off its head. Yeah. That footwork <laughs> and that just the way he beat. Um, I, he beat, he I, shouldn't I, have beaten you either. No, like, no way. He, he, he turned no him inside right. out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, on that play as well, as much as we have, you know, we, we've been pretty honest about him. Credit to Stakes for getting back there and making that tackle. For sure. Yeah. He was the one that did get back on Val yeah. Holmes. So credit to him on that play. Oh, to be really clear, like, I think, 
I think Stags is going to come out next week and have a fucking blinder. Yep. Love to see it. I Love just to. think that if you mix in things not going right for you, plus a bit hesitant to come in and, and do some scoots, mm. it just hasn't worked out for him. But I think Staggs is going to have a massive game next yeah, week. Yeah, I agree. I think we'll see um, a big reaction. I think, as you just said, it's good how the Cowboys, they're playing like a team. Mm. I look at them and I think Newcastle are the same. Yep. Isn't it good? Like, I felt like the NRL last year was getting a bit like the NBA. You were looking at who had the most superstars yep. and that team would win. Now you're you're looking at individual matchups mm. across one I love it, and it's yeah. so good. How good's that? If you, who do you think, do you think the Knights are going better than the Cowboys? Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Interesting. Let's see. Well, uh, yeah, I, I don't. I think. I think. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I just like what I'm seeing, and yeah, it's okay. all like, as you said, intangible stuff. But mm. I just, I think they're 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 on the right way to something. And with Holmes coming up, like that's I didn't see that coming. Mm. He's like all of a sudden this freak out in the centres. Yep. Yep. Two halves that are gelling, going well, and mm. just forward pack that's playing for each other. I think they've they've they're uh, they got something brewing. Yeah. In saying that, that's exactly how I would describe <laughs> Newcastle. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. Like I, it is I think they're both um they're both looking like the biggest movers yeah, this year. For sure. Um, I want to see the KP injection. I want to see yeah, what that the effect positive Once negative they get their whatever three front it is. Back into, that's why I yeah. land in Newcastle. And yeah, Braley yeah, yeah, as well. Braley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've yeah. got a lot more to gain still. Yeah. But you know, you look at you look at a guy like uh, Townsend. You know, he's got a lot more experience at that seven role. Won a premiership. Yeah, interesting. Really interesting. Uh, great. So massive congratulations to Cowboys. Yes. Broncos. I believe they'll bounce back. Uh, very disappointing afternoon. But for sixty minutes, they look good. And uh, I think Stags is going to come out. I, I'm back in Stags man of the match next week. Back in Stags man of the match. I think he's not a he's a fighter. He's yeah. a fighter. He'll fucking bounce back for sure. And Reynolds. If a couple of kicks stay in and, and all that kind of stuff, we might be talking about a different kind of game. So mm. uh, I've got faith in the boys. The boys will bounce back. Well, the boys will bounce back. Uh, now, the last game of the round. 13-12, Sea Eagles against the Doggies. Uh, torrential rain. Mm. Tough Doggy, game. Tough, tough game. You know, credit to DCE. He's probably the best field goal kicker in the comp. He just nails them nearly every yes. single time. Very rarely do you see him miss him. Uh, and although sometimes I feel like he's two hands on and he needs to release a little bit, like, for example, the trial they scored with Foran, I thought that it's really good to see Foran taking that ownership mm. and doing that. Yeah, I thought there was a mark stand-up yep. improvement for him. Uh, at the end of the day, in, the, big, in the, the clutch kind of situations when it comes to just field goals specifically, not, you know, I'm talking big games, DC always delivers, man. Like, yep. Always delivers. Ugly but effective. Yeah, yep. always. Uh, look, this was not... I, I don't think there's actually that much to come out of this game for the Bulldogs. We knew they were tough. We knew they were gritty. Manly, uh, great to get the win, but still nowhere near where they should be as a team right now, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I, I thought they looked more like the Manly we saw last year. I just thought the conditions made it tough, but still they're not where they should be. Not for, like They were a premiership. Yeah. Threat. Um, I I love Travoyevich's uh, performance. Yeah. It was yeah. such a like gritty, such a part of his game that often gets overlooked. But he got those two hundred meters just from one out hit ups. Yeah. And when we talk about some players with all the talent, and we're saying, look, we just need you to get more work, get more work. Look to Travoyevich. He just took that game and said, I need to do something to make a change here. Wasn't pretty. Wasn't no, glamorous. Trying so hard. And yet, boom. If he doesn't make that great hit up. DC doesn't have the same time to make that field goal. I think he just, yeah, he's such an incredible player, Trump Dubovic, too. Like, he finds different ways to get involved. It's yeah. crazy. Um, 
And it, it might be the sort of win Manly needed just to actually get like... Well, look at last year. Yep. The exact same thing happened. Yep. They, they haven't had a game where they've had to get in, into the trenches like that and win ugly in, what, two years, realistically? Yeah. And it's a bit of a two-part thing with that Trebojevic. I was watching, just watching his movements, where he is, what he's doing, and, like, credit to him. He just rolled up the sleeves. And, like, you think about, we've spoken around today, having some of those teams have a player like that who just goes, follow me, like yeah. how advantageous that would be to some of those teams. But to see him do that, but I also seen him getting involved a lot in, like, poor, like, poorly effects and just the introduction, him going to first receiver. I know he's trying to do his best, but really I look at it as just an unorganised, unstructured manly. I just don't understand. At, at no point did I really see a set play or a variation. I was like, oh, yeah, right, that looks mm. – it was just – it was outside either hit-ups. Outside yeah, of the foreign try. Outside of that, it was either hit-ups or Travojevic would get involved. Like the amount of times they ran a pretty similar play with no effect. Mm. Um, I feel like second row is a mess, missing link for manly as well. Mm. I just don't feel like they're having the impact uh, with the plays and connection with foreign. Vintage foreign, yeah. he needs a second rower. He needs someone who's going to punch lines. You need someone to take the heat off so Trebojevic can come around. But that play, that block play, they ran consistently. Aaron Chop was just doing doing his job. Um, How good he was Chop? I thought yeah, Chop was really he good. He did a number. He did really well. And he got tested heaps. Mm. Um, yeah, look, I think Ola Kawatu's been really good, but they definitely miss Schuster. Mm. So Schuster's mm. so creative on the edge mm. there. And he actually sometimes plays a bit of footy, like as in ball plays a little bit, yeah, which is just kind of like Wade Graham when he mm, plays yeah, a bit of uh, footy. Um, I'm still concerned about – I agree with you. Like, There's just something missing with Manly. Like, they don't look like the same fluid machine that they looked like last year. I still think that they need to work with some plays around the ruck um, just to just – to, uh, to mix things up a little bit so defences don't become too predictable. And that, that's what's crazy is like a lot of, um, you know, a lot of uh, Tom Travojevic just taking hit-ups pretty much was around the ruck and yes. it got them to win. So, um, yeah, int really interesting game, eh? Like, because it's hard. To, they got the win. It, that's, that's all you could ask for in torrential rain. But at the same time, they, they weren't – they didn't set the world alight, you know? What about um, Canterbury's halves? We saw Avarillo was uh, dropped – for this game, we saw Wakeham come in at seven. Um, I thought he scored one of probably the luckier tries to start the game. Yep. Uh, you make your own luck, but mm. I think he was a, one of the. He was a bit of a shining light for them. I though. thought he. Well, I thought yeah. they looked like they had more direction, which is sort of what we've been saying for a long time. Just get a half back in there, whether it's Wakeham, whether it's Flanagan, whatever it might be. Mm. Um, fuck, I feel sorry for Avrilo though, because. <sighs> Hit yeah. re replay on what we've been saying for yeah. three months now. Yeah, I like. just yeah, hit replay ad nauseum. He's been forced into that seven position, and now he gets like dropped. It's just like out of the team altogether. Yeah, like not even moved to the fourteen, and and it's not his attitude. You know, like it's not. Yeah. So it's kind of like, bro, like mm. I don't know, like what, what message does that send? He's been forced into that seven role. He's not a seven, and he isn't really even given an opportunity to. You know, move to, you know, maybe even put him like on the sting even or at fourteen. Who who was there fourteen? Mate, you watched him in the trials. It was um, beyond Iodo, and in the trials, it looked like he was the next choice at seven. So Wakeham's gone back and played two games of reserve grade, and has apparently done enough to jump in front of Beyond Iodo and Avarillo. Mm. It just doesn't. I, and look, once again, I thought they did look better with him, but. Like you've got to feel for Avrilo. He's got to be shattered. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's the whole – I'd understand if, like, he was playing his preferred position and, you know, he's playing poorly, gets dropped. But 
I feel like he's kind of been pushed into that seven role and there's no one that can say that he doesn't have a crack every single mm. week. Like he rips and tears, he tries his hardest. Yeah, I, I thought it was really rough, really rough on Avarillo. And right now, like it's a long year, but it kind of seems like maybe Avarillo needs just a fresh start somewhere, somewhere that has just a fresh eyes on him, mm. puts him in the right position. I think he's an NRL player. I think yeah. he's a really good young yeah. player. Uh, to expect him to just come in and play seven, I, I don't know. I just thought it was a, a pretty big ask. You know, we saw the difference. Like Wakeham, you know, he just looked like a, a seven. He looked like he'd played seven before. Yeah. He'd, he'd caught the runs on the board. Um, so, yeah, really tough. Look, I think positives for the dogs is I think like Naden and Burns are actually adding quite a bit. I think yep. their outside backs are doing quite well. I thought Dufty was really good. Yeah. Playing I think, some of his yeah, I thought Dufty was great. Dufty yeah. was great. Yeah. And, and, and he was good in things that he probably isn't known for being good at. Like he's getting through work. Mm. He's defending really well. He's, he's having a go. He's sure. having a go. All the one percenters. Mm. Um, so I think he's been really good. This As is where we've just gone through the whole back ones and how good they are. How the hell does Avrilo get into this side now? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I thought Beyond Iota was really good when he came on as well. It's tough. He's just been – he's in this weird position now. Like is he a seven? Is he an outside back? It, it's just – then, yeah, you know, it's not a good place to get caught, is yeah, it? Yeah, like what? But sometimes a fresh, uh, fresh start, a move can actually be the best mm. thing. You yeah. get a new chance to make first impressions, reinvent mm. yourself. So I wouldn't be opposed to it. But yeah, when you get caught in that what position am I? It's never good. Yeah, absolutely. At a club that is you know not doing too well, um, even though I still think the start of the season has been much better than probably expected. I think they've shown a lot of grit, mm. a lot of determination. A, a lot of their games are, are low-scoring games. Mm. Um, you know, relatively low scoring games. I thought Burton had moments of, of good quality footy. There were there were a few moments where you could see he's a little bit, you know, rookie. Just on Still. that low scoring game thing, um, I just checked. This is the Bulldogs' best defensive start to the season, rounds one to three, since the NRL started in 98. Yeah. And that's wow. including oh, like go. all the, you know, the mad teams in the early 2000s. Wow. They're competing. Yeah. So that's, that's great signs for the Doggies. Mm. Great signs. In a, a game that promotes attacking footy so much. Mm. So the, the answer's there. They're almost just... There are seven away. Yeah. <laughs> they, you know, like if Wakeham can find his form or, you know, he who shall not be named, Kyle Flanagan gets a crack. Holy shit. <laughs> that poor bloke, man. It's so rough. Like, it's just... Far out. I don't know what to... It's almost like Barrett, as this week said, I was wrong, but I'm not that wrong. Like, yeah. I've gone... Like, I just... I don't... Yeah. What's I, 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 I really like Wakeham, but I mean, Flano is a guy that has played in good systems. Yeah. He's played finals footy. If you need a seven. <laughs> yeah, just, Wakeham's a worker. He's not a genuine yeah, seven that we've been like, talking about that can impact the game. And when you look at guys that have runs on the ball between Wakeham and Flano, it's got to be Flano. It's, mate, whatever's happened there, like, <laughs> what is holy it? shit. <laughs> like, it was 18 months ago, the Roosters said, yeah, we think he can replace Kronk. Yeah. And he was solid at the Roosters. He was solid, they, yeah. They, would they come fourth? Yeah. Like, he was solid at the Roosters. Uh, I just – it's the most bizarre thing. Maybe, you know, the thing is, is that the Bulldogs see – and Flanagan, like, they see each other day in, day out. So there's so much information we aren't aware of. Mm. We can only go off what we, mm. you know, have seen him play or whatever. But, yeah, you're right. I thought Wakeman was one of their better players. But you when know? you go back and watch that – you know, as, as we said on the weekend, when you go back and watch those cup highlights <laughs> – he's got, he's got, got two Flanagan's tries. playing good football. <laughs> Yeah, if any, yeah, I'd, I'd urge anyone to go back and look at, I think, like two weeks ago, New South Wales Cup highlights. Flanagan looks pretty good. Um, but who knows? I'm sure there's Bulldog fans that have watched, you know, more Q Cup, uh, New South Wales Cup games, so they've got a better understanding. I, again, to have the best defensive start to the year, I think that's positive signs for the Doggies. They've yeah, just yeah. got to sort the attack out, you know? Just got to sort the attack out. Um, 
I thought... Uh, and I would also say with the attack, they have played a lot of games in the wet so far. Mm, like true. Round one was torrential. Round three, well, I can't remember who, who they played in round two off the top of my head. But, I mean, it's that makes it tough when you are trying to work out new combinations and everything. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, Tavita Pangai Jr. on the 82 metres. You just with, with Tavita, you just really want... You want those big performances week in, week out, or at least like close to them. Uh, I thought Paul Vaughan was pretty good. Yeah, he yeah, was. Great. I thought he had a lot. red hot crack. Got to a lot of work. Um, and I guess really justified why they purchased him. You know, he's going to get you 150 meters, going to get through the shittest work. You know, those shit hit ups no one wants to take. 29 tackles, zero misses, 144 meters run, 16 yeah, runs. Solid, man. You know, that's a good hit out. Yeah. It's a great hit out from Paul Vaughan. Um, I think he might have uh, seen Max King the last few weeks. So yeah, for sure. A little bit of a... For sure. Uh, I, I personally believe the Bulldogs look like a much better side um, with a lot of upside yep. in them. So I wouldn't take this as too negative a thing. Yes, it's the second loss, but I can see them definitely winning more games than they won last year for mm. sure. Their, their side is a much more potent side. Oh, yeah. They're giving, they're giving other sides much more trouble than they did you know, last year. Their recruitment reflects where they're at. Just how, how much can they progress during the season as yep. a team? That'll be, that'll be the question. Yeah, yep. definitely, definitely. Um, but so, look, solid game by the dogs, not, not two dice straights. Manly, a win's a win. Yeah, you just take um, it, aren't you? You, just, you take it. You get, and, and this is what kicks – like last year when they lost that first four – they just got that win and then it changed everything. So maybe this is the win they needed. What do you got there, mate? Looks like Hetherington's out for the season too. Wow, what with? With the shoulder. Uh, shoulder. It wow. popped in and out so and did a bit of damage needs a full Rico. Yeah, wow. Damn. That sucks. Yeah, that, Poor that, that bloke. does suck. I thought he was great on the edge. I thought he was going to offer a lot on the edge. Um, I'll tell you who else has been really good for them. Corey Waddell. Yeah, yeah, he's been great. He's solid. He looks, he looks, like, he looks confident. He yeah. looks comfortable with where he's at in the club, in the team. Yeah, solid. Do we are we close to seeing cooler? Do we think for Manly? Yeah, I think so. I think. Um, so when Schuster back? They reckon five or six round oh, five right. or six. Mm. So. Well, cooler's been eighteenth man, and and I know mm. we, we we called it quite early on. I said that he probably would be starting to put pressure on the Harper and the the uh, Parker. I think um, you know Harper. What's really interesting about the Harper situation is I, he was one of my favourite centres for the season last year. I thought he had a great yeah, season. And then we year. got into finals footy and I thought he struggled a little bit with mm. decision-making, a few errors, whatever. And this year, just everything that can go wrong for him seems to be yeah. going wrong. Because, um, you know, he, he has a crack. He, he always runs hard. He always gets through his work. But I do believe that he's very close to giving a shot to a young, young hot cooler that is, you know, nipping at his heels. If it's this week uh, or next week, I think it's close. So... I think Desi's probably having conversations with Harper of like Harper of like we need you to really pick up here. Otherwise, unfortunately, the young fellow's <laughs> going to get a crack. And Cool is not a guy you want to give a crack. Um, so yeah, maybe this week. Unfortunately, like Harper had five errors. Like, yeah, that's, that's and uh, like for, from what we saw in those trials too. Yes, Cooler, he's lightning, but in defence he's good too. Pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, going to be interesting. I, like, I really like Harper, so I'd probably give him another crack. Yeah. But I probably would be having conversations with him this week, mate. I need something from you. Like, yeah. I want to keep you in the side, mate. You've worked your ass off. I need a little bit more from you. Uh, DCE, again, what, what a great performance. You can't ask much more from him. He's your, he's your man, and he got the job done. Yeah. He got the job done. So now it's a matter of Manly taking that win and, you know, progressing to, you know, beating the, top of t the, the better sides. Um, but I think they can. I think to your uh, point, though, there was that 
little bit more balance in the game, which was nice. I think yeah. whether that's been a conversation that's been had or not, uh, I think DCE was definitely an improver. But well, four and one hundred and forty meters run needs to be that balance. Yeah. And that's the best way forward for Manly. Yeah. And so, like, Kieran Four in 140 metres run, that's probably the most metres he's run in years. A long time. Sure. And, yeah. and, and you're right. Like, I believe that showed the bit more balance that mm. they need where you want DC with his hands on the ball, but you don't want it so much where defences just predict, like, oh, well, there's DC, there, he's getting the ball. Uh, what a great weekend of footy. What a great weekend of footy. Um, don't be too – there wasn't – outside what the Tigers are going through, uh, there wasn't too many teams where I was like – Wow, warning signs. Um, but even the Tigers, they've got a few shining lights. It's going to be a tough few weeks though with the injuries. So, yeah, great great start to the season. Uh, I believe Stags is going to have the, the bounce back of the year. Broncos to win 15-plus next week. It's, it's no denying it, guys. Come on, let's get real here. We all know the Broncos bounce back. We all know that. So you can lie to yourself all you want. Uh, I also think Ethan Bullemeyer has been pretty good for the, the Manly Seagulls at periods. He brings a lot of energy. Anyway, you got anything, any announcements, Guru? No, mate, uh, if you haven't had enough of me, come and have a listen to the Rugby League Guru podcast. Yep. But other Hello. than that, I'm all good. Beers and break even? Yeah, I think we're back tomorrow night. I'll let you know on Instagram what's yep. going on there. But Shandor, what do you got going on? Mate, uh, if you haven't tried Altitude Training. <laughs> <laughs> mate, give it a try. No, 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 definitely give it a try, check it out. But uh, no, nah, other than that, mate, just plugging along, doing my thing and uh, looking forward to another week of footy. It's been good fun. Mate, how it, boys. good. Yeah, good. Uh, make sure to grab a case of Bloke and a Bar. If you enjoy these long uh, marathons, the best way to support it is grabbing a case of Bloke and Bar. It's the official beer of sport. Or grab a Bloke shirt. We've got the OG original Bloke shirts in black, uh, brown, and grey on the website, www.bloke.shop. And as usual, I'll go and fuck myself. Thank you. <laughs>